participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, September 11th, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the program. And my, oh my, oh my, do we have a lot to discuss? Do we have a lot to discuss or what? Holy smokes holy smokes i am still somewhat in a state of disbelief i still can't quite believe what we saw on saturday night in sydney sunday morning over in sydney at that arena on pay-per-view main event ufc 293 israel desanya middleweight title fight sean strickland we start today's show on monday september 11 2023 with sean freaking Strickland as the undisputed UFC middleweight champion. It still doesn't feel real. The fight was 
one for the history books, arguably one of the biggest and most shocking upsets in the history of the sport. Stunning is the word that keeps coming to mind. Just a stunning result. And a reminder once and uh, and again as to why we love the sport so much, the, the, the unpredictability, the improbability of this sport and the results and the matchups, it's, it's unlike anything. And, you know, we talk about MMA math and we talk about, um, you know, y- you can never kind of make sense of a matchup based on a previous matchup. I mean, this is exhibit A, right? Uh, this is absolutely exhibit A. And to everyone out there who is saying, oh, you know, you were picking against this guy, you thought that no one thought this was happening especially not like this. No one called this. I didn't see anyone call it of note. I'm sure there's someone out there who called it, but like this was an absolute stunner, a shocker, and we have so much to discuss about this new reality that we're living in, in which Sean Strickland is deservedly so the undisputed UFC middleweight champion. I can't wait to get into this. I can't wait to talk about all of this. A reminder why we love this sport so much, a reminder as to why this sport is so freaking special. We are going to get into all of that and more, and I'll be honest, a large portion of today's show will be dedicated to that fight and that win and the future of the middleweight division because there's just so many different angles to attack. Now, back into the show, always we talk to the guys. You'll hear from them in this first hour. Stay tuned for that. Prior to that, we're going to be joined by Casey O'Neill. Casey O'Neill, of course, trains at Extreme Couture with Sean Strickland, with Eric Nixick, so she is intimately, you know, involved and, and, and has great knowledge of, you know, the, the road to this point. But she's also Australian and she also wanted to fight on this card and unfortunately couldn't fight on this card. And we haven't talked to her since her last fight, which unfortunately for her was a loss. There's a lot to get to with Casey O'Neill. And oh, by the way, the train rolls along because on Saturday we have Noche UFC where Alexa Grasso, who pulled off another shocker earlier this year, we thought maybe that would be the upset of the year. Now it seems like it happened five years ago when she beat Valentina Shevchenko. They're running it back on Saturday at T-Mobile Arena on Mexican Independence Day weekend, which historically has been reserved for the likes of Canelo Alvarez. This time the UFC, much like Sean Strickland on Saturday, beat their opponent, in this case Canelo, to the punch and got that date, got that venue, and now Canelo is fighting in a massive fight against Charlo on September the 30th, UFC has T-Mobile Arena on Saturday for a non-pay-per-view title fight. Tremendous. So she's going to have a lot to say. That's her division, 125. Prior to that, we'll be joined by Ian Gary. I'm sure he has some things to say about the middleweight division. We last saw him, of course, in action in Boston. Haven't talked to him since that fight was away. All that stuff and more. He wants Wonder Boy. We'll get his thoughts on the division, on Izzy, on Strickland, where he goes from here, all that. Stay tuned. Prior to that, we like to talk usually to Chael Sonnen on a post-pay-per-view Monday. It's a post-pay-per-view Monday. It's his division. I'll be honest, watching UFC 293 on Saturday, I had deja vu of UFC 117 when Chael, Str- uh, Chael Strickland, when Chael Sonnen, what, what did I just do? I just combined the two. Chael Sonnen was en route to pulling off at the time one of the biggest upsets in the history of the sport against Anderson Silva, but then in the closing seconds faltered via triangle choke and I was wondering if the same would happen. It didn't, but there were a lot of similarities there. I can't wait to talk to him about what transpired on Saturday. And then prior to that, one of Sean Strickland's best friends and training partners and podcast co-hosts, the action man, Chris Curtis, will stop by to talk about uh, the win for his friend, his emotions, his reaction, whether he saw this coming, all that and more. I see a lot of people saying, where's this guy? Where's that guy? Two ninety three. Just want to let you know it is currently 3 a.m. 
in Sydney, A. B, it's a long flight home. All right, so no one is available who is in Sydney on Saturday. Some of them will be on Wednesday's show. I'll tell you more about Wednesday's show. Wednesday's show is going to be super interesting later in the program as well. But just trust, all right? Trust, you psychopaths. Now, uh, as always, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of not only this program, but the UFC as well. Do me a favor. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. If you're a first-time user, put in the code Hour and smash... Moneyline, Buffalo Bills walking into the Meadowlands in Jersey this evening, and we will remind everyone who the beasts of the East are. So do yourself a favor and get in on that now before it is too late. Congratulations, by the way, to my Team Canada on the big win on Sunday morning. Unfortunately, I was sleeping because I went to bed like an hour prior, but that was very exciting. And I would be remiss if I don't start today's show acknowledging that today is September 11th. And uh, some unbelievable, I mean, I can't even believe it's been 22 years, but yes, 22 years ago, one of the darkest days, if not the darkest day in the history of this country uh, transpired, not too far from where we are right now. We are, uh, you know, we're in the Wall Street region, the financial district of lower Manhattan, and uh, we will never forget, and uh, we can never forget, and uh, on this September 11, 2023, to anyone out there who was affected who had family members, loved ones, friends um, pass away on that day or were affected by that day, not only here in New York, but in Pennsylvania and D.C. as well. Our hearts go out to you, and we remember you, and we will never forget. And we try not to, as time goes on, uh, let this day just pass without any kind of acknowledgement. There's all kinds of signs all over the city today sitting here in this amazing city, one-of-a-kind city. We must acknowledge this off the top. I also do want to acknowledge the one-year anniversary of the passing of Elias Theodoru. I can't believe it has been a year. Um, time has flown, and uh, our friend Aaron Bronstetter of TSN, who uh, worked with him up in Canada, put together a great audio documentary about his passing. Uh, please do check that out as well, uh, as we remember uh, the great Elias Theodoru as well. So, uh, a lot to get to, like I said, on today's program. Can't wait to talk to all of today's guests. Can't wait to talk to the guys in the back. But first, I, I do have a few things to say about Saturday night. Like I said at the very, very, very top of the show, just a couple of minutes ago, uh, to me, the, the, the big takeaway was, like as, as I went to bed on Saturday, you're reminded there's so much MMA. There's so much UFC. There's, you know, by, by Thursday, we're going to be talking about Grasso and, and Shevchenko and, you know, in, in a few weeks' time, we'll be talking about Abu Dhabi, and then it'll be New York, and this will feel like, you know, ages ago. But you have to take a second and, and just recognize a few things off the top. Let us recognize just the timeline. The timeline of events, the things that had to break in order for not only this result to happen, but in order for this fight to actually happen. Number one, Israel Adesanya has to go on a long streak as UFC middleweight champion. And to everyone out there who's trying to use this result to shape his legacy or his resume, miss me with that talk because all you have to do is look at the resume and look at the people he beat. And not only did he beat them, he lapped the majority of the division. You know, in baseball, there is something where there's like a theory out there when, when, a, when a pitcher goes through the lineup once, twice, and then gets to the third time, 
people start to catch up to him. And he was in that position. He was fighting guys twice. And now people were talking about him fighting Robert Whitaker a third time. So what happened on Saturday doesn't take anything away from that. But what it does is we got to a position come this summer because of his activity, which we'll get to more uh, on that in a second, but because of his title defenses and because he loses the belt and then comes back and regains the title, where you go down the line one through five and he has fought everyone once, if not twice. He has, you know, obviously Drickus was there and Drickus was the guy who was supposed to fight more on him in a second as well. But Whitaker, two wins, Cannonier win, Vittori, two wins. Um, after Strickland, you have Costa win, Derek Brunson win. So here we are in a position where they're coming to Sydney, they sell the card out, but they need a main event and no one is available. They want to do DDP versus Israel on September 9th. DDP beats Robert Whitaker. He has stamped his ticket. He deserves that shot, but he's, a, he's, he's, he's not ready to go. Two months time, not enough time to get ready for Izzy. Now I can't, you know, I can't wait to talk to him at some point. I would love to talk to him and ask him how he was feeling watching that because I wonder if in the back of his mind, he was thinking I should have just taken this fight given what we saw from Izzy on, uh, on Saturday. UFC, don't let them tell you. Like I saw Dana White at the press conference on Saturday saying like, this is why I say you can't judge a fight. First of all, he says that when people rag on the cards, not, not the specific main events or specifically how lopsided a main event may be odds-wise. It's when people talk about like the depth of cards. Judging a fight and predicting a fight are two different things, in my opinion. Judging a fight card is much different than saying this is going to be a one-sided fight. And everyone was saying this was going to be a one-sided fight. And oh, by the way, at the top of that list was the UFC who told Izzy's team that they didn't want to book this fight because they felt like it was too one-sided and they couldn't in good conscience sell this fight to the public. They tried to book Yuri versus Alex instead. They tried to book DDP versus Izzy first and foremost. Then they went to Yuri versus Alex. Then they talked about other title fights as well of the guys who are available. And in the end, no one was available, so they went with Strickland. Just go to Strickland's Twitter over the last month, and you'll see that he was losing hope. He was losing patience, and it seemed as though the opportunity may pass him by. But in the end, they went with the sure thing, which was Izzy fighting close to home, and Strickland was developing a fan base and a following. And if you go back, I think I said it on this show, when the fight was announced, I remember it was on a Wednesday night, in late July, when the fight was announced, the majority of the replies that I saw on Twitter weren't, this is a one-sided fight, this is a bullshit fight, this is going to be a beatdown. It was, let's go, Sean. Sean's the champion we, we, we deserve. Sean's the champion for our generate. Whatever it was, there was a lot of support. I was personally surprised. I didn't think that Sean had necessarily haters, but I didn't know that so many people were trying to back him. And, and we're feeling some sort of way, in a positive way, about him. And so the fight gets booked, and now here we have this short runway to the fight, and it's, you know, it's, 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 it's getting booked in like early August, I think it was. It was like a month out, and the fight happens in early September. And so then we get to fight week. It creeps up on us after all the, the hoopla in, in Boston, and it just felt like from the beginning, Sean Strickland owned the week. From his performance on Embedded, where he's, you know, just loving life. He's saying, you know, all these things about, you know, this, you know, this is just a fight. If I lose, no big deal. I go back. Oh, it's just a belt. It's a metal thing. He's with a girlfriend. 
Sean Strickland, who like, you know, you wouldn't think would be the guy walking around hiking on fight week, holding hands and doing like, you know, the, the, the schmoopy sounds and, you know, doing the, the, the nose thing and the kiss. Like he's like, he's like an, a regular guy in love. It's a beautiful thing. And I mentioned on Saturday night, like, oh, wow, I didn't think that Sean would be the guy walking into the arena, you know, holding hands with the girlfriend or walking with the girlfriend. It was like, don't you watch Embedded? Just because you're on fucking Embedded with the girlfriend doesn't mean you're walking into the arena. Two different things. Yes, I was aware that he has a girlfriend. I saw it all week long, but it just, it just, it surprised. It was, it was a bit of a change. We have not seen this from him before, but he felt comfortable. He felt happy. He felt at peace. But then throughout the week, you start to see like, Sean Strickland's the fan favorite in Australia. And I know Israel isn't from Australia. I know he's from New Zealand. And I know that there are people who don't like him. And I know that there's a bit of a rivalry, a sporting rivalry. They're not the same country. But it wasn't just like they were like, oh, let's just pick Sean. Like, he was getting massive pops, massive reactions, positive reactions. And he was eating it up and he was showing up with the hat. So you start to think like, wow, Sean's really owning the moment. He's really rising to the occasion. The moment isn't getting to him. That's what everyone said prior to the Alex Pereira fight, right? Like, oh, he, he crumbled, he froze. No, he was cool as can be, calm as can be, seemed to, you know, enjoy the press conference, seemed to enjoy the spotlight, and, uh, and he showed up. And I saw some people saying like, oh, the walkout, he looked nervous. In retrospect, that was just a focused guy, ready to shock the world. No distractions, no issues, nothing like that. And so, so, we, so we see that, that side of things and Sean Strickland going in there to shock the world, even though despite all that, no one was really giving him a chance. And then you start, and, and this is all with the benefit of hindsight. I, I, I fully acknowledge that. Then you start to look at Izzy. And I think there are a few things at play here. And let me be very clear as I bring these up, this is not taking away from anything that happened in the fight because I'll get to the fight in a second. But there's no denying Israel has been very active. Dare I say, in retrospect, too active. That was his fourth fight since July of last year, since the Cannoneer fight. Cannoneer in July, Pereira in November, Pereira in April, and then this one. This fourth fight, big-time fights. And oh, by the way, in that stretch, he got knocked out, lost, had to build himself back up. So a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, a lot of miles on those tires. That's number one. Number two, is it possible that he took Sean Strickland too lightly? It's possible. He asked for this fight. It was supposed to be DDP. DDP couldn't take the fight. He wanted Sean Strickland. And everyone around him was saying, you know, the fans, the media, we were all saying that this was going to be one of his easier title defenses. We were talking about the Hamzat fight. We were talking about, oh, this is the bridge to get to UFC 300 where Hamzat's going to fight Izzy for the belt. Strickland had other plans. Paulo Costa may have other plans as well. But is it possible that he took him too lightly? I know this. I was talking to a member of his team and apparently Izzy has like one guy on his team, his name escapes me, and he's like the video guru. He's the guy that watches all the tape. He's the guy that breaks everything down. And that person was saying to the whole team, like, this is not a fight you can sleep on. This guy is going to be dangerous. This guy is not someone that we can just like, you know, go half-assed, 50%. This is a serious threat. And that guy, whoever he may be, I will get his name. That guy was right. I wonder if he was a little too distracted all weekend. There was a lot going on. I see him on Twitter. He's responding to everyone. That's par for the course when it comes to Israel. But you do wonder just what was going on, right? A lot of title defenses, a lot going on, a lot of distractions. And then you get to the fight, and the fight is like, all right, it's starting off first round. You're not quite sure who wins. And then with about 30 to 40 seconds left, Sean Strickland 
throws the right hand of one's dreams. And, and what Sean did, and this was talked about a lot throughout the fight, it was nothing flashy. It was nothing spectacular. It was just freaking effective. It was perfect. One twos, one twos. It was clear Izzy was trying to counter strike, but what he was doing was he was throwing the two before Izzy was able to throw his counter strike. And so that's how he caught him with that right hand. He throws the jab and then he throws the right before Izzy is able. You saw Izzy trying to load up and he catches him. It was quick, it was crisp. And when he rocked him, you thought there for a second it might be over. <laughs> up against the cage, he ran out of time. And I wondered if he tired himself out. In my opinion, and according to the three judges who got it perfect, Izzy wins the second round. But that might have been as much about Sean just trying to, like, you know, fill up the gas tank again because you saw three, four, and five were completely different rounds in the second as opposed to Izzy doing something spectacularly different in that second round. This was a one-sided victory for Sean Strickland. And that's why I do believe this is one of, if not the biggest upsets in the history of the UFC. If Sean Strickland would have knocked out Israel in the first round, I would have felt less strongly about that because you can always chalk a knockout victory like Matt Serra versus GSP, which up until Saturday night, I thought was number one as like, holy shit, he caught him. The guy never recovered. And that's that if they fight again, as those two did, the world, the universe will rectify itself. This was a systematic drubbing, five rounds. It was never close. It was never close. Even in the last 30 seconds, Strickland is yelling at Izzy in his face, almost begging him to hit him, and there's nothing coming. Even going into the fifth round, you think, okay, now he's going to pour it on. Now he's going to pour it on. He's going he's to step on that gas, and he's going to freaking give him everything he's got. He's the better striker. He's the kickboxer. He's the longtime champion, and there was nothing really there, and it was all simple striking. Who would have thought without a single takedown defense? He didn't shoot once. Strickland did not shoot once. He beat Israel Destiny at his own game with striking and defense. A lot was, sa was said of the, uh, the Philly shell stance that he had, which is essentially like he's, he's walking him down. He's walking Izzy down the entire fight. The entire fight. It's just Sean hunting down Izzy. The entire fight. Izzy's back is towards the cage, and he's walking him down like this. Left hand just... You know, on his on on his stomach, right hand cocked here, and then he's he's throwing jabs, and then he's throwing rights, and that's it. Shoulder in front, and he's defending himself perfectly. He's beating Izzy to the punch. He was like freaking Bernard Hopkins out there, Sean Strickland, who let's be honest is a solid middleweight, fifth rank, sixth rank, but no one saw this coming. Dana White even said it himself. He didn't say. I don't even think Sean Strickland saw this coming. He alluded to that as well. Stunning, an absolute shocker because it wasn't just a flash knockout, because he didn't just drop him with that big right. He kept coming. He didn't stray away. Now, I say he stuck to the game plan. It did seem like Eric Nixick, who was one of the stars of the evening as well. Eric Nixick deserves all the flowers in the world. And then if, if, if he leads Francis Ngannou to victory next month in Riyadh, I mean, put, put him down as coach of the decade, let alone coach of the year. Both he and Sean are the front runners for coach and fighter of the year and maybe even more upset of the year, most improved, all that stuff. But what a performance out of Nixick, right? I mean, you have to know how to speak to your fighter, speak his language, get him going, get him riled up. You don't talk to Francis the way in which you talk to, 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 to Sean, 
but you saw that. Those snippets were gold. The one thing he did say that Sean didn't really do was like, let's get some takedowns in there. He didn't need them. He didn't need the takedowns. It was it was unbelievable to watch because I don't think truly anyone saw this coming. They thought, all right, maybe he could pull this off. He could knock him out. He could do something spectacular if the stars align. But to win, you know, the vast majority, four out of five rounds, and the second round, it wasn't like that was super one-sided against them. It was... Uh, it was shocking. And then to see him own everything and to see the reaction, like when they announced him as the winner, the place exploded. And then even when he shows up to the press conference, you know, he's joking, he's making light of the situation. And what I thought was so fascinating was he was telling Izzy what to do from like a marketing standpoint. I don't know if you guys saw, but he's like, all he had to do was embrace the Australians. All he had to do was say X, Y, and Z. And you're like, wow, Sean Strickland isn't as, you know, He's not as dense as he sometimes makes it out to be. Now, of course, is he rough around the edges? Does he say things that go too far? Absolutely. Can he be offensive? But I'll tell you guys this. Sean Strickland speaks to the UFC fan of today. And it's not just in Australia, and it's not just here in the United States. You're on the wrong side of the debate if you are saying that this is the worst thing possible for the UFC, that this is a nightmare for the UFC. You may think that from afar, if you're just some regular guy being like, wait a second, the guy who's talking about women should be in the kitchen, that's the new UFC middleweight champion. That's good for the business. Let me tell you what, this is the best nightmare. This is a beautiful nightmare for the UFC. This is not their worst nightmare. Number one, company guy. He's going to take whatever fight they give him. He's not going to push back, at least not now. He, he like This is perfect. This is a soldier through and through. So from a business standpoint, not bad. He's not going to push. He's not going to negotiate. He's not going to fight. He's not going to command massive dollars. You see him talking about his Hyundai and, and, and oh, I'll just fight whomever they want, etc. But number two, say what you will, he clearly speaks to the audience. They are clearly behind him. They believe that this is the kind of athlete that we want in 2023. He tells it like it is. He's unfiltered. He isn't, he, he isn't someone who speaks in cliche. He, he, he's not part of the machine. He's not, and they freaking love him. It's an unbelievable thing. And he says things like, this thing doesn't make me happy. I don't know what makes me happy. And he has these moments of vulnerability. It reminds me of the first time that we had him on the show. I think it was October. I think it was two years ago when we had him on. I think he's been on twice. Could be three times. The first time, I enjoyed that conversation thoroughly. That's when we talked about his upbringing, the, 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 the trials and tribulations, the stuff that you would say like, wow, this is a little intense, but I, I, I appreciated him opening. The second time, it got a little crazy and, and, you know, a little uncomfortable and offensive and all that stuff. And I was like, eh, I don't really enjoy this as much. The first, if, if we could go back to the first guy, and even the guy that we saw at the press conference where he's talking about, I'm just happy that the, the universe has a place for people like me. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people out there that relate to this. The misfits out there, they, they, people are like, this guy speaks to me. This guy's one of us. If he could do it, I could do it. And for whatever reason, at least online, it seems like Izzy wasn't connecting with the people like that. And so then you see this, you know, this, uh, this reaction, not only in the arena, but online. And it's, uh, it's, 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 it's an unbelievable reality that we're now living in. But this is the sport. Something for everyone, highs and lows, good guys and bad guys. And I'm just blown away by not only the performance, but the amount of things that had to happen for this to become a reality.
And so now you talk about what's next. I mean, what's next is just as fascinating. Immediate rematch, time off, Drickus out there, Robert out there, Jared out there, Hamzat out there, Paolo out there. I mean, and there's probably two or three more guys that I'm forgetting about. It is wide open. I can't wait to see how this whole middleweight picture, the next six to 12 months at 185 are going to be fascinating. Absolutely fascinating to watch. Let's get the temperature of the guys in the back. GC was on the uh, the watch party. New York Rick as well. New York Rick. Sean Strickland is the UFC middleweight champion. You've had almost two days to digest this. Not only digest that reality, but again, it was a one-sided beatdown. Yeah, it was never rubbish. close. It was yep. never close. Your your feelings on this Monday afternoon. I still can't believe it. Um but while you were speaking and, and talking about how he connects with people, it 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 sunk in, it kind of hit home and, and it's how I feel is like this felt like the outcome that MMA fans kind of wanted. This felt like what what the majority of the fan base was looking for, um, some kind of shakeup, and and now it's here. Um, and there's exciting times ahead for the middleweight division. There's a lot of different options for both Sean Strickland and Israel Adesanya and other contenders. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm just uh, I, the the performance was amazing. Sean Strickland deserves all the credit in the world. Coach Eric Nixick deserves all the credit in the world. But I can't help but already start thinking about the future. I can't help but already start thinking about like what's going to be ahead. Um, and I'm excited about it. GC? Yeah, shocked. Can't like still having a hard time processing just how crazy it is just because of the way that he won. Uh, I mean, you said it. Like, ha- had he just finished him in the first round, it would be like, damn, man, yeah, that's the sport. Like, he caught him, he he did what he had to do, and he finished him in the first round. Like, in- insane stuff still would have been, you know, jaw-dropping, shocking. But the way that he did that over 25 minutes, not going for a single takedown, just a strictly striking match, uh, is just insane, man. It's It's insane. It's one of the most... Um, like I said, it's one of the most shocking, one of the most stunning results in UFC history. And and the more I think about it, I, I never thought that we'd be able to trump, in my opinion, Matt Serra GSP. But I really do feel like this is bigger because Dude. of two reasons. Number one, GSP was a new champion at the time. He didn't have the longevity. He didn't have the title defenses. He didn't have the clout in the sport just yet. Number two... That happened in a flash. He rocked him. He stopped him. The fight was over. Flip side of things, Izzy has the longevity. Izzy has the defenses. He's been. Do- I don't care about anyone who's talking. Like, just go to the resume. There hasn't. There was not. A, there was. Everyone there is still a top tenner. The only guy who isn't is Rob Wilkinson, who just won the PFL championship a year ago. All right, that's the only like lesser guy or the only guy that's outside of the UFC off the top of my head. And then not only that, it wasn't a flash knockdown. It wasn't a knockout. It wasn't a first-round finish. It was a five-round beatdown. And he was, what, a 7-1 to one underdog? And I thought it should have been six bigger. 6-1. to yeah. one, I thought it should have been bigger. And he goes in there, and he out, He didn't out-wrestle him like Chael out-wrestled Anderson at UFC 117. He beat him at his own game. I think this might be bigger. I like think when, this I, might I, be bigger. At the end, in, in the fifth round, when some people you know, could have had it 2-2. I, I had it 3-1 going into the fifth round. Like, While there was still a fight alive, him to come out and just continue to just dominate in that fifth round, and then at the end when he's screaming at Adesanya, he's just like, you want your chance, you got it right now. Go for it, go for it. And Adesanya just kept moving and just kind of laughed and, and just let, the, let it go to the horn. Like I was like, wow, like 
he really just dismantled this dude. It it's just like I I really am having a hard hard time wrapping my head around it. It's it's crazy. I, I disagree from the perspective that who Matt Serra and GSP were at the time and who Matt Serra and GSP ultimately ended up to become. I can't I cannot put it ahead. Um is it fair to do the become thing? Because you have to like we don't know how the story plays out for Izzy and Sean. Sean can lose his next. But fight. I have the I have the benefit of hindsight for that one. Mm-hmm. If this ages differently, sure, great. We can rehab this conversation. But for now, it is not for me. Close. Um, in addition to, I think there's a bit of a fallacy happening with the idea that the decision is more definitive than a finish. It's not. I get I get the logic. I get the idea like dominating from bell to bell. But no, a, a, a knockout is still supreme. And Matt Serra knocking out GSP is still the number one for me. Now, I'll have a conversation about it topping home over Rousey. I'll definitely, I'll definitely put it in that caliber. Well, that one, have that combo. I mean, that one over time, like it was. We were and also, all completely wrong on that one. And also, Holly Holm heading in, I think was was considered by many, even though the odds wouldn't reflect it, considered by many to be a very dangerous opponent for um, Ronda Rousey. So I will, I will. Say it's in that combo. It's definitely up there. It does not become number one for me. But the fact that it's even discussed in this conversation tells what what happened on Saturday night. That is unassailably one of the craziest knockouts, one of the greatest upsets in sports history. Let alone just MMA. Let alone just UFC specifically. So you also, I was just going to say, you also talked about the the activity of Adesanya lately. I mean, Strickland actually has won more fights since July of last year, and two of those he lost. Like, the fact that just less than nine months ago, he was losing a split decision to Jared Cannonier in the Apex, and now he's strung off three wins in 2023, and he's the middleweight champion of the world is, is mind-blowing. Mind-boggling, can't even... If you had told me on December 18th, no, the day great. after he lost to Jared Cannonier, I'd be like, not happening. You would have told me on January 18th after he beat uh, Nasruddin Imabov. And, you know, at light heavyweight. At light heavyweight, too. Um, it's a good point, but also I don't think you can compare like the level of preparation and stress that goes into fighting the Pereiras and the Cannoneers on internet. Like He's not, just not, fighting massive fights during that stretch. I get what you're saying. The wear and tear is all the same. Yeah. But, but Izzy's schedule as a champion, I mean, he's been the most active champion over the last couple of years. I personally think he needs time off, and I want to ask you guys about the future in a moment, but I brought up four things that I think came into play here, and I know if people listen to this, they're saying, like, you're taking, I'm not taking any, there is nothing that can be said or done to take anything away from Strickland and his performance and, and his team's performance in, in terms of getting him prepared, but I do think four things were at play. Um, whether or not you want to use those to break down the fight or make sense of the fight is to your discretion. I want to ask you guys, if you agree with any of these things, number one, the activity, did that come into play on Saturday? Number two, did he take him lightly? Did that come into play on Saturday? Number three, distractions. Was Did he seem distracted last week? Did that come into play? And number four, I wonder if he ever recovered from the first round. I, I, I feel like the first round changed everything and he didn't quite recover. Are any of those, and again, if you want to use those as reasons for the law, I, I think even if he didn't recover, Sean was the better fighter on the night, a thousand percent. But in talking about this fight and this result, can we point to any of those four things? Or was it just Sean was the better fighter and then that was it? I'm going to zag a little bit. I, I would not factor in any of those. And here's why. 
because of who Israel Adesanya is and because of who Israel Adesanya has shown to be, I don't think those are viable explanations or excuses for him. And, and let me explain further. So you could you could make those kind of He's talked about times where he's gone into the cage at less than 100% but still performed. He's talked about the mental hurdles he has to overcome uh, to fight somebody like Alex Pereira who has two wins in kickboxing and a win over him in MMA to come back. Um, and people might say, hey, he came back too soon for, for that rematch and he was able to get it done in the most impressive fashion you possibly can. He is the type of fighter who remains active and I think it's one of his weapons. I think it's one of his skills. He remains sharp. And so I can't, I, I don't think he would make those excuses. So I I have to think that because those are the things that he's been able to weaponize and use in a positive direction, I can't now, because the outcome has been different, point to them and say that they, they were the, the detriment to him. Um, his activity is something that makes him dangerous. His, his sharpness and being in there and getting But at some rounds, point that was going to catch up to him. Maybe. And maybe this was the one. But I... I can't see it as a plus, which I have to this point, and now all of a sudden turn the turn the the gun and turn the sword and say, actually, that's what what ends up harming him. It is it has allowed him to get in these championship moments and allowed him to build up these rounds and allowed him to have that experience that was something that we were counting on in the fight against Sean Strickland. The last one, the one the one that you mentioned about, did he recover from round one? That's the one where I don't know the answer to, but be would be willing to give some stock to. Right. If he comes out and says, look, after round one, I was completely different. I you have to kind of trust that without hearing from Izzy. It's so it's so difficult. And he and as we saw in his press conference, he kind of made no excuses, which is is very much his way, made no excuses, passed the baton to Eugene and then kind of moved on from there. So I'm just I thought heading into this on Israel Adesanya's worst night and Sean Strickland's best night, Israel Adesanya still wins that fight. I was wrong. Many people were wrong. Even Israel Adesanya perhaps himself was wrong. I can't. I can't even get to that level where I'm gonna where I'm gonna look at what Izzy did wrong as opposed to what what uh, Sean Strickland did right, which was everything. Just incredible for performance. I'm blown away. But yeah, I, mean, I do think it is fair, GC, to to say like it, Izzy had to play a part in this. Right? Like even even Sean himself at the press conference was saying like sometimes I was sitting there wondering. Yeah, who is yeah, this that guy? he was fighting an amateur. Yeah, like, that's what he said. He was like, I can't believe what's happening here. The only one that I would use, I would not use the activity just because I know he's living the champ life and, and that's more difficult preparing for the prayers and everything, like you said. But this was Strickland's fifth fight since July of last year. And he also fought just two months ago uh, in July, had to fly across the world to do this one. Like, I, I wouldn't use that one. The only one I would use would be the last one. Uh, did he ever recover? I don't know if he if he fully recovered or not, but I think that changed the way Adesanya viewed the fight. He may have not respected Sean's power, but to get dropped like that and then have 27 uh, head strikes as as the round's ending, I, I think it changed the way Adesanya was viewing the fight because, I mean, that was like... It really was like an, an Adesanya we've like never seen before. Like, it, it he was having ne- next to no success, uh, especially when it came to the championship rounds. So. Yeah, the, he, was, he, was, he was attacking the leg, the leg... Kicks were getting checked. Like there was nothing going on. Sean had a counter for everything he did. This is the po- this is the part where I will be critical, and I think it happened within the fight. We've seen Israel Adesanya circling. We've seen Israel Adesanya uh, on the back foot, and and he's been good 
in that capacity. Sean Strickland was the was the aggressor, and Israel Sanya was circling, looking for his opportunities. And we've seen him be successful at that style. He did it in the first fight with Alex Pereira for four rounds until ultimately it kind of uh, came apart. There were points in that fight, in a first fight against Alex Pereira. There were points in the second fight against Alex Pereira where he was backed up to the cage and he decided that he was going to exchange in that firefight. He was going to plant his feet. Um, and he was going to let the the outcome be what the outcome was. He was going to get into a firefight with Alex Pereira, who is some of the best power we've ever seen in MMA in that middleweight division, and throw back. And he never quite did that in this fight. There wasn't a moment where he planted his feet and thought that he was going to get the better of a of a fiery fight with Sean Strickland, which I was stunned by. I was absolutely stunned, especially in round five when all the chips were on the on the table. Israel Adesanya in the fifth round was still circling. Like Sean Strickland had him on the back foot and Israel Adesanya was still circling, perhaps looking for an opportunity in a different capacity. But there wasn't a moment where he sat down, bit on the mouthpiece and thought that he had had more skills than Sean Strickland in a technical firefight. And I was surprised to see it because uh, because we know that Israel Adesanya can win that against some of the guys who throw the heaviest leather that we've ever seen. I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know really what was going on in round five. Now, you could say that that could have happened earlier, but round five was was the real definitive moment to me where I thought, wow, he just does not have answers. He does not have answers for what Sean Strickland is bringing to him. Uh, and all due respect and credit uh, to Sean Strickland. What what an absolute masterclass. And, and the amazing thing is, like, look at the guys that Izzy has beaten. You know, Alex recently, Robert twice, Vittori, Derek Brunson... Um, Paulo Costa, Paulo Costa, Kelvin Gastelum, Kelvin Gastelum, and like just based on his resume alone, what is what is Strickland in his last seven, four and three? Like based on his resume alone, you say that Sean Strickland is the undisputed middleweight champion of the world. That's the craziest part about it. like Sean Strickland versus Whitaker. How does that fight go? Sean Strickland. I'm interested versus, in it now. Yeah, have been but you wouldn't have been Saturday. We saw Sean Strickland versus yeah. Jared Cannonier in December. And and we know how that fight went. And so it's just an amazing reality that we're now living in. What about this reality? The fan reaction to him all week in Australia, the reaction to the end new, the reaction online, the, like you look at the U, UFC's YouTube channel and the comments and stuff like that. He was the baby face in this fight in Australia and around the world. Surprised, New York, Rick? I was surprised. Um, I did not... Not that I didn't think Sean Strickland was popular. Not that I didn't. Um, not that I didn't believe that he had a, a vocal fan base. I just, I just couldn't believe that as a champion as accomplished as Israel Adesanya was now like the the B side to this title fight. Um, and we have talked, you know, many times on on this show about like star power and who's a draw and who's this and who's that. Sean Strickland was carrying that card. Like Sean Strickland's attention. Sean Strickland. Uh, the things that he was saying in the press conferences, the things he was saying at media day, the open workout where he's sparring a fan, it was Sean Strickland who people were coming to see. Um, And I can't say that I expected that, to be so vocal and to be so obvious that this was a Sean Strickland fight more so than an Israel Adesanya fight. Um, But yeah, just a perfect storm. I think Israel Adesanya and Sean Strickland are perfect foils for each other. And we saw what happened um, in terms of how they, they... engaged in the press conference and trash talk, and then we saw what happened in the fight. It was the perfect storm and and couldn't have gone better for Sean Strickland. Just A-plus aces across the board. JC, you have your finger on the pulse. You're younger than us. You're a little less jaded than us. Are you surprised by this reaction? 
Uh, yeah, I would, I would actually say no. Like, I mean, he has a, a pretty big backing. Like if you, if you're going on the online, in the online space and then, yeah, I guess like Izzy isn't a hero in, in Australia. I mean, if you go back to the Whitaker fight, uh, and it just felt like Strickland was, was there to uh, embrace the Australians and, and kind of sell his side of the fight. Have to give him a, a tip of the hat for the crocodile Dundee hat all week. I mean, getting a little local merch. That's, that's class right there. Uh, so yeah, I really wouldn't say that I, I'm that surprised. Also- I would, I would say I am surprised that like the the excitement for Sean Strickland because like we talked about it like it it almost felt like at the beginning of the year I remember people being like oh great another when when he filled in on short notice against Imovov they were like oh great another apex main event with Sean Strickland like it's just going to be a twenty five minute uh, you know jab fest and everything and now here he is like. Uh, almost like a hero in the MMA world right Crazy. now. Crazy. Because I think he taps into something and I think he speaks a certain he language. S- he says whatever he wants, man. Yeah, but like, like he's he's speaking a certain language. Like I, I I joked last week that he's a walking for you column on 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 Twitter. Like he's just like this this mess of all the and, and I don't say that in a disparaging way, but you go on the for you timeline on Twitter and it's like street fight, politics crazy cat video like he's just like all over the place like you watch the press conference he's talking about shooting a dog and he's talking about uh, american he's he's wearing a shirt that says my pronouns are sean strickland like he's tapping into everything that maybe young people are feeling in this country and around the world about the state of things about the state of society about the state of politics he's tapping into it perfectly and some might say he goes over the line at times. Some might say he doesn't go over the line enough, that he doesn't say enough things. And so there are enough people out there who are like, fuck yeah, Sean Strickland, who shows up on this show <laughs> with a with a with a AK forty seven or whatever that was and talks about like gender and 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 the roles of women and 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 politics and race and all this stuff. And he's like and I think that's the biggest thing is a lot of people just say, Fuck yeah, Sean Strickland. Yeah. Like I feel like that's just like an all encompassing view. Like it, it's it, a it, wild it kind thing. of feels like it actually kind of feels like both these fighters are like sort of like you love them or you hate them type thing. Like I feel like there's not really many lukewarm takes on on either of no, these guys in the main that's, event. That's a great call. That's a great call. Very polarizing. I think there's something obvious that we're kind of not um, acknowledging enough, in my opinion, which is him being a huge underdog, right? Oh, Most yeah, of these of other course. fights against other competitors, we expect them to be closer. Now, do we expect Israel Adesanya to win most of them? Yes. But him being a huge underdog to steal from the ringer's Bill Simmons, there's a nobody believes in us at play here, right? Mm. Sean Strickland and his fans were counted out by everybody except for them. Like, conventional wisdom said Sean Strickland does not win this fight. The betting lines say Sean Strickland does not win this fight. The experts... Sean Strickland does not win this fight. They had something to rally behind. They had something to believe in, which was Sean Strickland is going to win this fight. And nobody believed it. Nobody believed it but them. It's You can see it in Chris Curtis's tweet after the fight, right? Like, he told everybody to shove it because nobody believed. And that is powerful. That is powerful in rallying people behind. So That's, that's a great point by you. Yeah, it's like the massive underdog mentality and going against the guy like Adesanya who... As popular as he is, he does have a strong contingent of haters. There are a lot of people out there that do not like Israel Adesanya. So when you combine that massive, massive underdog story, not not just for this fight, but it, but all of Sean Strickland's life with him going against a guy like Adesanya, 
uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like a perfect storm for for a big backing and and people being super stoked that he won. He's he's the poster boy for people who may feel like they are being um, crapped on, who aren't getting opportunities. Like I said, misfits. Like when he talks about these things, yeah, when he talks about these things at the press conference, like I'm just happy that there is a place for people like me in this world. And if it wasn't for the sport, I would have done some random act of violence. People can connect to that, and so it's a fascinating thing to watch. And what will also be fascinating is where do we go from here at 185? Dana White at the press conference was asked about an immediate rematch, and he said yes. And it feels like they always go back to the well with the rematches. And I don't know if that is the smartest thing to do for not only the UFC, but for Israel as well. Like, I was surprised Eugene Berriman at the post-fight press conference said, like, I would do the fight next weekend. And he's been on this show, remember, before the second Pereira fight, saying, I wish there was a little bit more time. And so... Izzy has had a lot on his plate. He's been fighting a lot. He was rocked in the first round. I thought maybe he would come out and maybe he was protecting him to a degree and saying what Izzy wanted to be said in that moment. But I thought he would say like, let's give us a little bit more time. I don't think it's crazy to think that Israel's next fight will be for the belt, but I don't know if Sean's next fight will be against Izzy. And if I was managing Izzy, I would say, let's just chill, man. Let's chill. Like, Take seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven months off. Take twelve months off, um, and come back as focused and uh, as on point as ever. I, I don't know if going back to the well right off the bat is the answer. And then the question is, well, then who is it? You have Hamzat and Paulo coming up. Before I, before we go to that, can I ask mm, one thing? Sure. Would many people, including you, I believe, have said the same thing after the Alex Pereira fight, the first one? Going back to the well right away, or that soon? That soon. I mean, same, I, same opponent, run it right back. I, I I had reservations. I'm the one that and always showed. Talks, I'm the showed. one who always talks about when when you do the immediate rematch and the guy who lost, like it's very rare that the person who lost comes back and win. In in recent memory, it's him and Amanda Nunes. But historically, that person loses. It goes very well, uh, very poorly. Yes. usually. But he has shown he is that guy, right? And to me, I think it's it's him. That determines that in in the perspective that like if you're managing Izzy, are you are you campaigning for a February or March rematch? That's probably if, the timeline, right? If I'm if I'm managing Izzy, he tells me which which he wants, and and I support it. If you're Izzy, what do you do, man? I would rather see how it plays out. I would uh, rather yeah. see what happen what what shakes out. What, what happens? Do, what, do you mean? With, what happens with pa- Costa and Hamzat? What happens with DDP? Is are they in a in a rush to get Sean Strickland booked right away? I would I would let it simmer a little bit to kind of see the landscape. But if ultimately it does shake out where it's Sean Strickland sometime early next year, only Israel Adesanya knows. But I would have full faith if I he seems to be the guy that has the faith in himself that he can hop right back in there. The the biggest difference right here though is. The fight against Pereira, you know, he was up going into the fifth round and then he ends up getting knocked out. And it's just like he this was the, his first loss at middleweight, too, in, in the UFC, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So it's just like the no, rematch, the, the Pereira fight is his first loss. At yeah, that's what I'm saying. His oh, first oh. loss at middleweight in the UFC was the Pereira fight. He got knocked out in the fifth round after leading on the scorecards going into that one. It felt more warranted to have the immediate rematch. In this case, like I mean, now he's one and two in his last three fights, and he's coming off like a, a five round drubbing. Essentially, I, I don't know. I to me, I feel like you you go with someone else right off the bat. Here's the other thing: maybe you don't get another crack at Sean Strickland. 
if you wait, right? I know, but maybe you don't. Personally, get I would like for him to take some time off. My thing is like, if I'm DDP is getting screwed, like I, I think you beat Rod, yeah. Robert Whitaker. He lost. He lost in this scenario. DDP, unfortunately. I, I think you beat Robert Whitaker. That's a title fight. Like Agreed. That, that's yes, the result. A thousand percent. Agreed. And thousand percent. and and if they didn't have a show scheduled on September 9th in Sydney, if it was November 9th, he was getting the title fight. Yes. Fortunately, yep. he gets banged up. Now, should he suffer as a result of Sean winning? I mean, sometimes them's the breaks where they they run it back and now you have to wait. But if it comes down to this scenario, Izzy takes time off, Hamzad Paolo winner, DDP. Shouldn't DDP get the nod over the Hamzad Paolo winner? The word should always always yeah. pops up in MMA. I mean, but then you say, like, if Paolo knocks out Hamzat on October 21st, yeah, we're going to be sitting here on the 23rd hard. and being like, Paolo Costa yeah, versus Sean Strickland. Be the, title be the fucking most insane title fight buildup <laughs> of all time. Or if Hamzat in his middleweight debut, absolutely, uh, UFC. No, actually, it's not even his middleweight debut. But but going to middleweight yeah. just absolutely a, a smokes uh, Paolo Costa. That momentum... That momentum is going to be hard to top. Uh, DDP un- is unfortunate in the timing. Look, he was very fortunate in the timing when he beat Robert Whitaker, and there was going to be the opportunity to fight in Sydney. He was going to have to fight compromised if he wanted to do it, but he was fortunate in that that was there for him. That was that was his if he wanted it. Now he might be unfortunate in the timing that it may have evaporated. There may just not be the the runway. He may be at the back of the queue. There may be an opportunity where Israel is ahead of him. There may be an opportunity where the Hamza Apollo uh, winner is ahead of him. It's unfortunate, but I think no matter what, he does he should not have to fight again to get a title shot. Beating Robert Whitaker the way he beat Robert Whitaker with Man. Israel coming into the cage, there should be no world where he has to fight again to he get a title shot. He might wait a while. Even Dana White at the press conference before and after the fight said, this is why you don't turn down fights, right? Like, I know. You can tell he's a little salty. Yeah, he they're could, not happy. Okay, so but look at Colby. Look at Colby, right? Uh, you can sit. You can sit. No, no. Yeah. I'm not saying the, the circumstances. What I'm saying is sometimes you can wait and you can get your opportunity. And that's that's what I would I would want to see. If if EDP what do you think the UFC does? Hamzat Shamayev will fight uh, for the title. I don't think you can so blow it. So you're saying Hamzat's winning? Hamzat wins and fights for the title. I don't think you can blow it. Like, he fought a year ago. And that was a not competitive fight. It wasn't going to be competitive. Uh, actually, I don't know anything about MMA anymore. Yeah. I would have have assumed that it wasn't going to be actually, a competitive I'm fight. I'm actually surprised that you're so definitive in your take on that fight, on Paulo. By the way, Francis is winning on October 28th. I just want to let you know, yeah. based on the universe that we're living in. <laughs> He's knocking him out. No, but Either one of those options is a very, very good option, especially with the character that Paulo Costa has turned into. But I think if Hamzat wins, you cannot pass on another opportunity. He sat out for a year, and before that the, was the Gilbert Burns fight. I believe it was in April yeah. of, of last year. He's been very inactive. You take advantage of that as quickly as you possibly can. That's what I would look to do if I were the UFC. And the same if Paulo wins. If Paulo wins, you have to kind of ride the, the, the train there. But I think there's a conversation between DDP and, and then and when Paolo does there. when does he, Izzy factor in? Man, I don't know. And you and like talk about screwing up some plans. He he was talking last week at some of those press conferences about like how bad he wants to fight at UFC three hundred. Uh, Sean Strickland is he rematch UFC three hundred? That's gonna be like April, late March of next year. By the way, could you imagine a while where Sean Strickland is headlining UFC three hundred as champion? If <laughs> if we've Weez, that's crazy to think about. If it's, we've learned anything from insane. this event, he would be the A side of that. 
if we've learned anything from this event, he would be the one that people are coming to see, which is absolutely crazy, absolutely mind blowing. Oh, I know, but could you imagine saying this two months ago? It'd be mass, uh, yeah, but it would be a massive, massive, massive fight. What was it? Bre- Brennan Fitzgerald said first title defense in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital. Yeah, sure. Uh, what? Yeah. I mean, really, it, it, it's insane to think about. It's also insane to think about, like, imagine if Izzy doesn't get a title shot off this. Like, do you book him as the headliner of a pay-per-view still? Is he the co-main event now? Is it, or Do we see Adesanya in a three-round fight? Fuck. Like, you can't put him as the main event Middle on a fight night. Such a mess. And what about Jared Cannonier? No, no. He just flew all the way to Australia. Oh, yeah, yeah, to be the backup fighter. Yeah, and not get anything. He has a win. He has a win over Sean Yes. Uh, 85, he just got... Shaken up, man. It's crazy. What, uh, imagine how Robert Whitaker feels right now. Oh my gosh. Well, Whitaker's probably very happy. He's got new life, right? Like oh, that DDP loss. He's got, was... he's got new life, but yeah, he got he got his clock cleaned by DDP. Yes, That's but brutal. but he was looking at a scenario where Israel was still champion, and he was never getting back anywhere. Now, with Sean Strickland as champion, now he's got life at least. Now he's he's in the game again, but because he was on the sidelines, he was out of the game at this point. Um. Is he losing reopens many options for him, uh, even though DDP won. I feel like for everyone at 85, it, it reopens. Yeah, a lot. Oh, my God. Unless they go right back to the well, and it's almost like sometimes they try to correct the universe, and sometimes I think it's fun to just see how, you know, how, how far the underdog could go with the belt, right? Like, yeah. like, Like, imagine if Juliana had a couple other title defenses against... You know what I mean? And then I feel like it makes the the rematch. Now, there are some people that deserve at, it, right? Look at Leon Usman. I mean, Leon beat him. Like, what, what yeah. if they go back out there and Strickland beats him again like that? Here's what you have um, to Here's what you have to consider, though. From the USC's business perspective, is Strickland versus DDP a bigger fight than Strickland versus no. Adesanya? No. Versus Strickland versus Hamzat? That no, Strickland pe- versus Hamzat is pretty damn big. People don't versus Hamzat is huge. People don't think about the business of this, and that is what the UFC's primary. We we know this at this point. The UFC's primary objective is to sell pay per views. It is not to make there. There is no more meritocracy. There is no more should. There is no more earned. It is about what can we sell, and I just don't think DDP is the highest selling one. Now I think it would be. I think it can sell. I think it would be a very good pay per view. I think that's a very good fight. But it might not be their first option, right? That might be the one they go to next. That might be the one that they go to third. But I think it's a great fight. I think these are there's no bad options. Wh- whoever here. wins that that Costa Hamza fight is going to be calling for the belt. No Absolutely. doubt about it. Like they're not gonna want to take another fight before getting the belt. I think there's some people that are licking their chops at the thought of fighting Sean Strickland for the title. Some people. Lots all of people. people. All people. Alex Pereira might be going back to 185. No, they're friends now. They're yeah, friends now. Yeah, they're what a strange now. what a strange story arc that is as well. <laughs> they might be holding two, yeah, two are they friends? Might be holding. Are they friends, really? It, didn't he, they trained together for a week in Connecticut. But, but didn't he I mean, tweet? He, gave, he showed him some love afterwards. Sure. He, he, you don't he think tweet? he takes that fight? Uh, but didn't he tweet he's not coming to 85 he, now no, because of that? He's getting the 205 belt. Yeah. Whew. Remember what when a, we were talking about a scenario in which Alex Pereira could be double champ? Who would have thought it would be like this route, right? Where he goes up to 205, wins the belt, and then comes back to 185, as opposed to winning the 85 belt initially back in November and then going up to 205 after all the craziness there. It's just uh, it's just a crazy thing to process. It's yeah. a crazy thing to process. It, well, the parody in this sport is unmatched. We can do all the planning we want. What will ultimately happen is not dissimilar to how the end of this year has shaken out, not dissimilar to how the Sydney card has shaken out in the main event of it. Timing is everything. 
whatever whatever works for the timing is what the UFC is ultimately going to do. They're going to keep their schedule, and whoever's ready at that time, they're going to go to option one. If they're not ready, they're going to go to option two, and if they're not ready, they're going to go to option three, and we're going to get a great fight no matter what because there are no bad options at the top. By the way, you know why you're 1,000% right with that take? Because that's just what happened on Saturday. That's it was exactly all, what happened. The reason why this fight happened was because of timing, because there was a pay-per-view in Sydney that needed a main event. This is what will happen. It's crazy, though. It's crazy. Like, in what other world, in what other sports world does it go down this way, right? None. Sean Strickland's life has changed because Izzy had fought the top five guys, the next guy was injured, and they needed a main event in two months. And Izzy Stars went aligned. to bat for him to get it. Yeah. And he took advantage of an opportunity. <laughs> crazy. And now he's forever. Yeah, forever. UFC you can never take that champion. belt away from forever. him. Forever. Forever. He'll take the belt, but he'll still be former UFC champion Sean Strickland. <laughs> that is crazy. Forever. Forever. Yeah. Forever. Forever. For, uh, Think about Michael Bisping. Think about Michael Bisping yes, and how his yes, career changed. Right. He he beca- he entered a different crazy. stratosphere. Sean Strickland is now there. Sean Strickland is in that is in that combo, which is when when Sean major. Strickland goes and does his podcast with our with our next guest, the uh, the man dance on the table will be the belt, and it's just like, yep, here he is, Sean Strickland, UFC champion forever. Well, let us talk to that uh, next guest. I can't imagine how he was feeling. He's been uh, a very vocal supporter and a very loyal friend and training partner of one Sean Strickland for many, many years. A lot of people thought, like, how are these guys friends? But uh, they are clearly good friends, and now they are they are podcast co-hosts, as GC uh, just said. He was uh, emotional, dare I say, and obviously elated on Saturday. He is the action man, Chris Curtis, kind enough to join <coughs> us to talk about what transpired on Saturday, can you? We're sitting here, Chris, saying like, "I can't believe it." How do you put this into world? How do you put this into words? Have you even digested this yet? Like, is this real to you? It was. It was weird because I was like, for like two days, I'm just having waking up. Like, man, we're in a world where Sean's champion. And baby, I woke up today and it hit me. I was like, Bro, I'm never going to hear the end of this. <laughs> like, it hit me today. Like, I am never going to hear the end of this. Like, anytime we have an argument, he's just sit the belt down. I'm like, well, Kurt, let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's. I'm never going to hear the freaking end of this, but uh, you know what? He, he, he earned it. He, he freaking earned that right. And uh, it's, just, it's, it's crazy, man. It's really cool to see. Like, I think he's, he should be landing here sometime uh, this evening. So I'm looking forward to that. But like, what a crazy, you know what? Thank you, Drekus. Drekus broke the timeline by beating Robert Whitaker and everything has gone crazy since then. So good job, Drekus. He like snapped his fingers. The timeline broke and now here we are. Okay, so I, I, I'm just curious, like going into the fight, now you could tell us in retrospect, your level of confidence, did you think he could get this done? I don't like when he talks about it, I don't even know if he thought that he could do it like this, right? Like this one-sided beatdown. What were you thinking and feeling going into the fight? I knew, like, here's the thing, I've, I've always said, like Sean is probably the toughest human being that I've met, like when it comes to fighting. Like I've, I love fighting. Like he's probably the only person I genuinely know who enjoys fighting more than I do. I knew he could win this fight. I didn't think he would make it look that easy. I don't think he thought he would make it look that easy. Like I, I we knew, we all knew he could win. We're like Sean's, you know, he's tough as nails. He's patient. He's you know he's aggressive. He's you know he's strong. He can he can do this. He's got to make it an ugly war and get Izzy to you know like fight a dumb fight. No one ever thought that he would like out kickbox Izzy. And like, I'm watching, and I'm like, this is not what you trained, but oh my God. But, like, you know, 
Uh, hats off, guys, to uh, Danny Davis uh, from Extreme Couture. Is uh, one of the fighters there. He's kind of stepped into a coaching role a lot lately. Big, tall, lanky guy. He put a lot of time and effort into getting Sean to like check low kicks finally and uh, hand fight a little bit more. And man, that paid off. So like, shout out to Danny. Like a big part of that, like smarter Sean Strickland was Danny Davis uh, putting time and effort in. So like that paid off so well. That that is great insight. I appreciate that. You you said that um, when you were watching, you're like, man, this isn't what you trained for, but you're pulling it off. What were they training for? Um, uh, honestly, like the pressure, yeah. But like, we really hoped you would wrestle. Yes. <laughs> Not one takedown, Chris. Not I mean, one. Really? I mean, look at Sean. Like watching Sean spar, like whatever. He was just like he would shoot, but he was still just kickboxing people, fighting like Sean. So, like, you knew that was going to be a part of it, but you're hoping, like, okay, he'd mix in wrestling, make it, you know, hard, drag him down, wear him out. And uh, everybody's like, is he going to wrestle? I was like, he's trained to wrestle, but, like, it's Sean, so he's going to get in there. And I said it a while ago somewhere. i got to find it. I was like, he's probably going there and like, have a kickboxing match. And lo and behold, he went in there, and he freaking won a kickboxing match against Izzy. Like, I don't think anyone saw that coming. What was his vibe like? You know, it wasn't a long training camp, right? I mean, the fight was announced a month before, and then he gets to Australia, and I was saying, like, I was blown away at how he owned the week. He seemed so comfortable. The fans were showering him with praise. He was the babyface going into the fight. Who saw that coming? He's walking around on a bed with a girlfriend. He's entering the arena with a girl. Where, who was this guy? Like, what, what, what was your take on his demeanor going into the fight? Sean, I mean, he was going to win or lose. He knew that. Yeah, uh, he. You, I mean, we all know that you go yeah. to the fight, you're gonna win or lose. But honest to God, like knowing Sean, like he, as much as he, res- I know he has respect for Izzy as a fighter. He knew that like I could go in here and get beat up, but as like a person and a man, I don't think Sean has any respect for Izzy. And you see like that kind of come out during the week to where he's like, I'm fighting a man who's not as tough as me. One of the best things about in fighting, especially when you get in there and you know you're fighting a dude who's like not as hard as a person as you, you're like, okay, like you can be good, but like when I beat on you, how long are you going to be good? So it was kind of cool to see that week. Uh, KJ was there with him, and you know she she's a uh, people always give people always give me credit like, oh, you helped change Sean. Like, nah, man, like she she's a uh, turned Sean to a different animal. It's not even bad, but she's like definitely uh, made him kind of step up the person he was, which is really cool. And uh, I'm glad she was there during this week. And it's just, he, he he knew this was his time and he treated the week like it was his time and he fought like it was his time. So sometimes things just come together and you're in your moment. And I think he found his moment. By the way, you know, I was talking about all the theories as to why he performed so well, why Izzy didn't, et cetera. I feel like the unsung hero of the week is this woman. Can you tell us about, like, his last fight? Was he dating this? I feel like she's the missing link. You see him, <laughs> he's doing the, he's holding hands with her. He's doing like the nose thingy with her. He's like in love. Maybe that's there, what he needed. He needed to soften up a little bit. She, she's been around for a while now. And uh, no, nah, man, she's, she's probably the greatest thing that's happened to him since I've known him. Like I, I've known Sean. I've seen him uh, date a few times. It's never been anything quite like this. So uh, uh, as, as uh, trite as it is, you know, there's nothing changes a man like quite like a woman. So uh, there's that motivation. So hey, you got the woman you love on your arm, and you got the UFC belt on the other. Like he's uh, he's winning life right now. <laughs> Were you surprised at how much the Australian fans loved him? 
no, it's Australia. Like, this is a country that was formed like a colony of criminals who were like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to go build our own thing. Or we're going to like, everybody threw us out. We're going to say, screw you guys. We're going to go build our own shit. I have no, there's no surprise in my mind that they loved him so much. I'm like, this is the super Australian story. Like, people kind of counted you out. And you said, screw it. And you went and did something great. So I have no, I was like, not people like, oh, I can't believe Australia loves him. I'm like, bro, like, he's probably the most Australian dude there. <laughs> like, you know, you, you guys don't think I'm anything, but why, watch what I do. So I have no, no surprise at all. I saw you were doing the stream with uh, Jens Pulver and, and the crew over there on UFC Fight Pass. And your reaction that first round when he dropped Izzy oh, man. was amazing. Somebody sent me that today. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Can you describe what was going on in your mind when you saw that unfold? It's so, like, here's the thing, man. Like, people don't realize, like, Sean actually hits hard. It's not like he's going <laughs> to knock you out one punch hard. But, like, it's it's enough thudding to where it stuns you. So when he went when Izzy went down, I'm like, okay, he's down. He's landing shots. And I'm like, part of me is like, oh my god, if you finish easy in one round, like the it, the world's gonna implode. And like, you know, it's you're, you're excited and it's crazy, but then I'm like, you know, you gotta remember the Pereira fight, and I'm like, kind of like, bro, like don't don't take a bad risk here. So it, it's it's really you're, you're kind of like going like win the fight, win the fight, but man, please don't screw up here, like don't screw up here. And it's crazy because. I've never seen one someone bat a thousand like that. He just did everything right. I don't think he made a mistake that fight. The only thing that you could say is I heard Eric Nixick say like, yo, can we get some takedowns? That's the only thing he didn't listen to. The rest was phenomenal. Well, once again, Eric Nixick being like the freaking one of the greatest coaches I've ever witnessed, man. Uh, you ever hear him say, like, you know, even Laura Senko pointed out, we've, I've gotten trouble for this as well. He's telling us, like, hey, man, like, don't don't look at the state charmer. Like, you, you, you can't fall for the state charmer. Izzy's one of those guys where he'll use a lot of movement and feints to kind of lure you into that, like, what? Uh, well, I don't want to go. Do you go? And Eric called him on it. He's like, hey, man, like, we didn't come here to lose the decision. Like, don't don't fall for the state charmer. Like, keep doing you. Sean listened. He reacted. And, like, you know, Eric Eric's freaking great. Eric's one of the best coaches I've ever met in my entire life. I'm glad he's getting the shine that uh, he is now because – fighting's hard especially when you think you're doing well you, you're, even when you're doing well you can be doing something better you just don't see it sometimes and eric's got a really good way to motivate you to like hey man like this is the fight we need and you're like okay yes sir let's go Does so he hats off to eric oh, i was beautiful to watch him work and, and i said like a great coach needs to know how to speak to all his students fighters play if you know if it's a different sport like differently right like you need to speak in yeah. their language. Like, he maybe doesn't speak to Francis the way in which he would speak to Sean, right? How, does he speak to you like he speaks to Sean? Because we, 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 they kept going back to him in between rounds, and I was like, this is... I was getting fired up listening to him. I can't imagine how Sean so, was feeling. Eric has a universal ability to fire you up. Like, he, I mean, so, Eric comes from a football background, yeah. initially. And you can tell, like, even, even in your quarter, he kind of has that football mentality still, which... Honestly, like if anybody that's played football, like you understand, like you understand that fire up, that coaches fire up. But he did, you know, he'll he'll talk to everybody differently. But through all of that, the common thread is Eric is that guy in your corner who's going to make you want to fight harder. Like he'll be calm, he'll talk, he'll laugh. But when it's time to go, Eric will tell you it's time to go. So he's really learned how to like approach everyone in the way that works for them. But at the same time, like Eric's always 100% energy. He's he's having fun in the corner. As much fun as you're having fighting, he's having that much fun in the corner watching it. Like, uh, don't let Eric fool you guys. Eric enjoys fighting. He likes the violence. And when he's in the corner, he's having 
he's probably having the time of his life more than most people there. You know, it's always hard to to gauge these things. Like, was the performance because of what Mr. X did or what Mr. Y didn't do? How much of that fight was Izzy not showing up in your opinion? Was it all Sean? Is that not fair to Izzy? Is that not fair to Sean? Like, so, what, what is your take on that? Because clearly you could say, like, that wasn't the Izzy that we've seen in the last few fights, no, right? That that was that was the same Izzy. Here's the thing, guys. Okay. Like, uh, guys, sound like Sean. Now. I know. You, thought, you guys. <laughs> oh you guys. Here's, here's the thing, guys. So, let me shout for a second. If you watch Sean spar anybody, it goes very similar to that. Especially like I've, I've been, I've, we've been chilling like it's like seven years now. I've seen him fight a bunch of people, like spar a bunch of people. You can get better fighting against Sean, but every time someone has their first like rounds with Sean, it goes exactly this way, where people are like, "What the hell is going on?" So to everybody's like, "Oh, Izzy looked off." I've seen this a thousand times. Like Sean's that you can get better at fighting him, but when you initially run into him, you are just confused because I always laugh. Everything he does is like on paper wrong. <laughs> like you're just like, it's not the way you're supposed to move it. But like he moves weird. He throws weird. He goes from like, he, he Kung Fu blocks. He shuts it. Like he's really good at shutting down the things you're supposed to be good at. But you hear at one point Izzy say, I can't find my jab. It's hard to find your jab against Sean because he creates so much random traffic with his jab. Or when you start jabbing, he's parrying weird. He's kung fu blocking. In most combat sports, especially like kickboxing, boxing, everything's predated off of what? Your jab, right? Everything sets up with your jab. So when he just takes that away from you, like, no, it's not there. You can't out-jab Sean. Like, he's going to win that battle. He's either going to counter you or just make your jab pointless. And look at Izzy. Izzy's throwing jabs. He's getting his arm blocked up high. A few times he throws, and Sean just bats his arm like, up and away. It makes you second guess because, like, most people aren't great at – once. You know, say I go 1-1-2. One, one, once I go 1-1-2, one, one, I've touched with the jab-jab. I know I can touch my cross, right? If I go jab and you just parry my jab away, a lot of people stop the combo. Mm. I just had this talk with people a few days ago. People aren't great at continuing combos once they've been interrupted. And Sean interrupts everything. So I've seen people have this same, like, what the hell's going on every time they start, they squash on at first. I've seen it happen for years. So all the bullshit about Izzy look different. Like, no. You look confused. Like, I look confused. And, like, everyone else looks confused when they spar Sean because you're like, what are you doing? So, like, no, that's – it's always going to be whatever. But, like, no, that's bullshit. I've seen this happen for seven years. And, like, no, it, it, this is what he does. Okay. So, like, people want to take his flowers from him. Like, no, man, give the man his flowers. He went out there and he fought like him. Who would you like to see him fight in his first title defense? Not Izzy. Like, how many times can you get a – instant rematches like holy shit uh fuck i don't know i dude i even thought about it like you've got drickus out I there you've got the winner of hamzad paulo you've got izzy jared Kennanier flew all the way there honestly i want to see him fight paulo because i know they had beef yeah. and like i know him and paulo had beef and i know sean really wanted to fight paulo so i think that would be fun i think sean would really enjoy that fight like he really wanted to beat up paulo like there was some uh talk going on there and Paulo found a reason not to fight. So I think he really won. I think it'd be fun to fight Paulo, but I don't know, man. I haven't even thought about it yet. Like right now, I'm still kind of digesting the fact that we live in a timeline where Sean Strickland's welterweight, cha- uh, middleweight champion. 
How do you think Sean will celebrate? Like, what, like, what are the plans? What are you guys doing? He said, like, I'm just going to show up to the gym and everyone's going to be kick like, bucks. hey, kickball. I bet, bet you 10 bucks he goes in and out on his way back. He's going to stop in and out. He's going to get burgers. Like, we've had our in and out's not great. I don't know why he loves it. He's going to get in and out. He's going to have a table full of cookies. She'll probably make him sweets because, like, they do – after he fights, he has, like, the biggest sweet tooth ever. So it's in and out and, like, sugar. That's it. That's a celebration. Have, no clubs. No. No partying. No nothing. I've never seen Sean go. To, I've never seen Sean party. Never. Really. It's not his thing. Uh, hats off to him. He's well aware of his limitations as a human and his limitations with people. <laughs> so like, if, if if you put him in a situation where Sean doesn't drink, you put him in a situation where other people are drinking and acting stupid, you can kind of see his patience. Like, where, you can visibly see his patience wear down. So instead of going to jail, he doesn't put himself in that situation. So he knows himself really well. So yeah, I, uh, I can't imagine Sean partying. Imagine a, to maybe maybe go boat, get on a boat and go somewhere. I don't know. Imagine a world where Sean Strickland is defending his title at UFC 300 in the main event. You know what? It's hard to like picture, but it's freaking badass to see, man. Like what? It's 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 just great, man. Like the entire world counted him out. And uh, we knew he could do it. And I think, you know, he had doubt. But I think in his heart, I think he knew that he can do this. Is he's just a man. Uh, and, you know, he caught a lot of shit after the Pereira fight. But hats off to Sean. He didn't change who he was. He didn't change, you know. That's why I say, like, uh, can, can I cuss? I can cuss. Sure, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, fuck a lot of you people. Because a lot of you people gave him so much shit for the Pereira fight. Like, oh, he can't do this. He can't do this. His style sucks. Fuck all of you because he went out and once again the easier way would have been the smart way would have been to wrestle right and he fucking went out and he did it his way so like somebody edit this that fucking video of Sean in that fight I want Frank Sinatra in the background my way <laughs> somebody do that for me please because fuck all of you guys that told him he doesn't know what he's doing like he went out and he did it his way yeah he absolutely did uh you think he actually spars tomorrow yes <laughs> yes he will <laughs> well I know he jacked his toe up so we'll see how his toe's doing but uh I've 90% sure he'll spar tomorrow. Like, it's because what else is he going to do? Have you talked to him? Uh, I, I talked to him right after the fight. Yeah, I, I talked to him, Eric, everybody. We talked after the fight, and uh, he should be flying, but he should be landing tonight at some point. What was that yeah, conversation but, uh, like when you first talked to him? <laughs> he was a, he was kind of like, all right, man. Like, like it's kind of, I, don't, I don't think it's set in yet that, like, he was, like, champions. He's just kind of, like, lackadaisical. Like, yeah, man, it's weird. And uh, I'm guessing like once he woke up Sunday or I guess today for him, that uh, it probably set in a little bit more. So I'll talk to him uh, when he gets back. But like, crazy. He he seemed just kind of like out, not out of it, but it hadn't settled in yet. Yeah, you know, like bro, you're the best guy in the world right now. Unbelievable. Like, you are undeniably the best guy in the world right now. What about you? Unfortunately, you uh, you got injured recently. Ian Gary, I think, responsible somewhat. Oh, yeah. Well, so was it wasn't so <laughs> just clear something out. Okay. Ian Gary got I know he got a lot of shit for it. Ian wasn't the like the main one responsible guys. Like the like the day before that I had wrestled and I had taken uh I took somebody down. I took a knee to the chest when I took him down, he just landed weird. So it was kind of weird. It felt kind of odd. And I was like, whatever, I'll deal with it. So Ian happened to land a kick. We were sparring, it bounced off my elbow and it just hit that bottom rib that I'd heard earlier. And it just completely it separated the rib and it like tore all the cartilage in my chest. 
So like, wasn't Ian's fault. Like, I probably shouldn't have sparred, but I wanted to be. I wanted to help out, and that was not Ian's fault, guys. Like, he was really like, dude, the guy's good at sparring, really controlled. It was just a freak accident. That's probably already a little hurt. Wasn't Ian's fault. Okay, like, he got some shit over that. Wasn't Ian. Um, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm better, man. Uh, UFC insurance plan. Uh, I got like, stem cells in the chest like twice a week for like three weeks, so I'm feeling better. Been sitting around on my ass for like six weeks, just kind of resting. So it's the first time I'm really like in a few years I've just kind of had time off. So I feel good, man. I'm gonna start practice again today. I've been sparring a little bit here and there. I can't. I've been afraid to grapple. So today we're gonna grapple for the first time. Uh, see how it feels. Hopefully I'm good to get back into it because my life is really empty when I can't train. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's not great for my mental health. So hopefully, uh, I get to get back into it today. Does, does something like Saturday's result, like, does that give you newfound, I don't know, confidence, adrenaline? Like you feel like that, like, fuck, why can't it happen to me? Right? Like why I'm not too far away from this a year confidence, ago. <laughs> confidence. No. So for me, like I'm like, I'm happy as I am. I'm like, well, now I've got to do more because I can't let the gap keep widening because at one point I felt like I could fight him on even ground. And now I'm like, the gap's widening. So I'm like, well, I can't, uh, I don't want to be Artem Lobov. <laughs> like, I don't want to be Artem Lobov to Connor. So, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not my goal in life. So for me, it's, you know, it definitely really lights a fire under my ass to where like, okay, I've got to make some changes and get things different because, uh, as much as I love him, I refuse to be Artem Lobov. I, I, I can't do that. So, uh, you know, we're, we're making some changes. Uh, what do you mean by year, changes? You know, uh, we're, we've, we've been looking at maybe 170 next year, going oh. back to welterweight. I'm not a, I've never been a middleweight. And uh, it's, it's, it's hard, man. It's, it's really hard fighting just giants to where I've always been shorter. But, like, now when you get close to somebody, everyone's, like, got 30 pounds on me. So I'm like, oh, this sucks. So. Maybe uh maybe go back to 170 or uh, maybe make some changes to 85. I'm just not sure yet. So, but yeah, man, it's it's a uh, I prob I may fight in December. Hope maybe, but we've got a kid on the way, so it's kind of like oh, schedule's nice. kind of uh, yeah October. So schedule's kind of uh congrats tricky right now. Oh, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. It's a uh, it's interesting. Like I waited 17 years uh 16 years between kids. So I'm like all right, what what a time to start over. I was almost done. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, right. What a time. Yeah, I was almost done. Yeah, my son's 16. Yeah. Now you're rewinding so, the tape. My mom laughs at me, like, what were you thinking? I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I wasn't bad. I don't, I don't know. But uh, it'll, it'll be fun. I'm excited. So maybe I'll fight in December if all goes well. And then uh, next year, we start looking at making some big changes. Okay. Wow. And uh, what about the next uh, episode of the podcast? I mean, now. Oh, my God. I... <laughs> this is going to be. I can't. <laughs> I can't. You guys, so like waking up today, my like one of my first thoughts was like, man, we have no idea the hell that's gonna be unleashed upon us, because Sean's always been like a, a cocky dick, but now he has the irrefutable proof that his cockiness and like Sean, he's like, so even the way he trains, like we we argue about the way he trains, but now he's gonna be like, well, the way I trained has got me a yeah. world championship, so now I'm like. I have no leg to stand on right now. And I'm like, oh, I'm just like, I woke up rubbing my eyes. Like, God damn it. Uh, <laughs> yep, so this podcast should be fun. Um, you know, whenever he's up for it, we'll do that. That should be interesting. But like, uh, yeah, I'm never going to hit the end of this. And yeah, now you guys won't either. So congratulations. Welcome to my house. I love that you keep saying you guys like uh, like he does. It's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, you speak like him. <laughs> 
We uh, it, it's weird. I, I think we've slowly like have begun to bleed into the same person. I don't know if that's good for me or bad, but uh, but um, I don't know. He lives across. He lives next door to me, so you spend that much time around somebody interacting, you kind of pick up on habits. Do you believe? Uh, do you believe him when he says this doesn't make me happy? He said that at the press conference. Oh, I entirely believe it. And so, <clears throat> God, God, yeah, I almost say here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I'm gonna argue that was mine before he took it from me. But when you look at it, I, I've lost. I, when I've lost fights before, like my losing a fight is very different than Sean losing a fight. When I lose a fight, it's like somebody you know it, it, it's like somebody killed a family member for me like i am distraught like i'm, I'm going through everything trying to figure it out <clears throat> sean is not that way sean will be salty for a little bit and then he completely moves on and we've had talks about this and he's like your one of your problems is is that you don't accept it it's just a, it's just a job it's just a fight there's he's someone who firmly believes as much as he loves fighting sean as even as much as he loves fighting, he loves his life outside of fighting. And that's something that he's get, he's gotten on me about is like, I need to have a better life outside of fighting. And I, I think he's entirely being honest about that. Like, I think it's a validation for him, but I don't think that's going to be like something that truly, you know, defines happiness for him. Like, no, does it validate him? Yeah. Happiness. Dude, I think Sean's happiness is like with his lady on a boat eating burgers. Like that's what makes him happy. Like shooting guns into the air. Like that's that's Sean's happiness. So as much as people think he's an idiot, I think he's done a better job than most at figuring out life as a fighter. Tremendous insight. Really appreciate this, Chris. Uh, get well soon. Hopefully we'll see you back in there. Congrats to you and the team. Thank you for coming on. As always, appreciate it and uh, enjoy. If, I appreciate it, guys. If you'll be in, 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 in uh, if you'll be partaking with the in and out, enjoy that later. I don't uh, know. If, <laughs> I, don't I appreciate know. it, guys. And uh, I just want to say, welcome to the Sean Strickland era. Fucking uh, hell. Enjoy the fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chris. All the best to you. There he is, Chris Curtis. Welcome to the Sean Strickland era. We had the Machida era. We have the O'Malley era. Now we have the uh, Sean Strickland. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. 
uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Um, all right, let's get to our next guest. I mean, he used to actually come, you know, a few minutes early. Now he's coming a few minutes late. I guess that's just what, you know, life is like when you're on the worldwide leader. He's my old friend. He's your pal and mine. One half of Ariel and the bad guy? Chael P? There he is. Hey, Chael, how are you? A little tardy? I mean, you know, poor Curtis. Curtis came in there. He's doing his little segment. You're doing the best he can. He knows he's got to follow Uncle Chael. You rushed him, Errol. You basically said, here's your hat. What's your hurry? And you know what? You did the right thing. Curtis, when I show up, your mouth goes silent. Glad to be here, partner. Can I? It's okay, there's a few things that we need to address off the top. I'm going to blow by the uh, the tardiness because it's very unlike you, but, you know, it's Monday and you probably were busy. What's going I mean, Chael, I'm on vacation. I'm trying to enjoy my time with my family. And then I see like harass. I was going to report to your Twitter because I thought it was uh, an impersonator just harassing me on Twitter. It's like, I don't know where we stand. Are we friends? Are we not friends? Are we like, you know, it's just like a lot of. Yeah, yeah. I am aware that it is very hard to make money and to get business discussing MMA right now. I'm aware that the leadership in certain positions have gone ahead and tr- done everything they could do to make this one of the most boring sports to discuss. And it's been like a five-year plan, but they're really getting there. However, as I watch you hedge your bet and try to pretend that you watch basketball, which there's no way that you do, you even extended it into darts. Now, there's five people in the world that know anything about darts or want to watch. So it's not like the world's biggest scam. But now you're getting into soccer as though you possibly care. Love it. It's not true. When you were on vacation, to your own point, you were right there on Twitter. You weren't over there watching a football game. I just called you out on it. I mean, it's just, it's a its a tough thing. You're welcome in our community. You're loved by our community. You're a 15-time, I said 15-time journalist of the year. You're going to win it a 16th time again because the people love you. The darts people don't care. And neither do the soccer people or the football people or the basketball player. Quit the act. You're our guy. Just be our guy. It's not. And by, by the way, don't be afraid to go heel. The fact that there is no promoter in any promotion that has anything of interest to discuss with us, like that's really not you and I's fault. I think that we should do a whole topic on that. MMA is around me. I'm looking for other things to do. I went through a Taco Bell drive-thru with my entire production team, filmed my order, put that up, and beat anything that I did MMA-related by twofold. Okay, well, that is a fascinating take. Are your feelings the same after Saturday? Well, no, not from my perspective. I love it, Errol. I think there's two stories coming out of Saturday. Number one, of course, is that Sean Strickland's a champion of the world. But the number two story, and it rivals at heart, Dubricus Duplisi is not the number one contender, will not be next for the belt, and missed a massive opportunity. I think that those two, hand in hand, are equally a fascination. Okay, let's start with Sean. I actually had a bit of deja vu watching that fight. I was I was back in 2010. Oakland, California, UFC 117. This felt a lot like Chael Sonnen versus Anderson Silva. The fight was different, right? Like the, the actual action was different. There was a lot of wrestling and takedowns and ground upon your fight, but it was like, holy shit. You just watched this thing round by round by round. Unfortunately, at the very last second, everything changed. It didn't happen, but I was wondering in the back of my head, like, are we going to see the same thing? Did that thought ever cross your mind as you were watching the fight on Saturday? I had a little bit of a different experience, Errol. I was at the Roseland Theater. I had just, I had just married. I, I was the, I or uh, the minister. I had wow. just married Brittany's brother. So my brother-in-law and Miss Kimmy got married. I leave that, and I try to put in an appropriate amount of time. You know, there's dancing, a little after affair. 
I race across town. I got the whole family with me. So I got to stop at Joe's drive through I got to get burgers and fries for the kids. I, I race then to the Roseland Theater for an amateur event of which I'm taking in and I'm hosting. And I'm also sitting there with my phone open trying to watch Sean Strickland and Izzy. But the reason I give you all that background is I really do think this is a fascinating way to go about it because, Errol, I saw the knockdown in the first round. I saw Sean try to swarm him. There was a rule in fighting. If you go for the finish, you will not win a decision. And I really did think that that was Sean using all of his energy. And Sean is not going to be able to continue if this fight doesn't get stopped. Instead, he recomposed himself. Now, I'm looking down. I got five other things going on, but I'm looking down at my phone over the course of the next uh, 20 minutes, which constitutes four rounds. They were on the feet the whole time. They never were anywhere but the feet. So in my mind, okay, Izzy must be beating him. Izzy must have beat him four rounds to, to the one. I got to give him the one because he had the knockdown. That's what I thought from not watching it closely. I had no idea that Sean not only was whipping him, he was beating him at his own game. That's amazing, Errol. That's what dreams are made of. Right. Sean would have not had this experience. He would not have had this approach. He would not have this confidence had he not taken that ass kicking from Alex Piera. As tough as that was for him to swallow in that moment, it looked like a number one contendership lost. The things that he learned that I need to respect against a superior striker, it's that match is what led him to be able to do that to Adesanya on Saturday night. Can you elaborate on that? What do you mean by that? Well, Sean goes out there, and, and you know, when I talk about Sean, I talk from a very personal standpoint because I sparred with this guy every single day. He keeps his hands down, not where you want him. He, he does this with his hands. Now, you'll see this stance a lot in boxing. You've only seen it twice in MMA that's gone well. Chuck Liddell and Sean Strickland. Guys are not supposed to hand, hold their hands like this unless you have a 16-ounce glove on that changes uh, all the opportunities. So he then puts himself right in the fire at all times. He'll throw kicks at you at all times and stand. If you throw a kick, you got to get up line. More importantly, you throw something, the kick is the last thing to go as a distraction. Sean makes these little tiny mistakes because he likes it. He likes to dare the opponent the whole time. I dare you to hit me. I dare you to take me down. He really learned and he fought a lot smarter fight. He gained confidence as that Izzy fight went on. The strategy that his coach had laid out for him, right? And coach uh, Nick said even made this public, but it was to make it dirty. And that means get your get your hands on the guy. Old school Randy Couture, dirty boxing. Have your hands on him nonstop, pushing him, chasing him down. Sean let all of that go. And even as I'm watching it, I'm going back doing my life and I'm watching it, I'm coming back to my regular life. I knew that Sean was getting away from the game plan. I knew that somewhere in there, he put him down. He liked that feeling so much. He wanted to put him down one more time. And I thought that he was getting careless. Now it turns out that I had all of that wrong. There's a reason that you need to watch the fight and really pay close attention. If you want to give an analysis since I have gone back and rewatched the fight, I got to stick with that though. Sean did throw the game plan out the window, which makes it all the more impressive. Right. Okay. So let me ask you your thoughts going into the fight. How did you actually think this fight would play out? Well, I'm, I'm going to go back and quote Eric Nixick, who was the coach. And he just said, this matchup is a effing nightmare for Sean. And there's so much truth to that era. Like, I could really brag to you about what a good wrestler that Sean is. But I'd have to finish the thought, which is defensively. From a wrestling standpoint, he is so incredibly difficult to get down. He's so incredibly difficult to hold down. So what Jose Aldo did, just by example, Jose was an excellent wrestler, but he never used it for offense. This is what... Uh, Sean has, and now you got to look at Israel Adesanya. You see that professional kickboxing wrestler record? What was it? It was like 29 and two. It's off the top of my head, but it was just beautiful and it was decorated. He does things on his feet. He does things in the standup, which is where Sean is going to be forced to face him. It was an awful matchup. It was one that when DraftKings said it was a six to one spread, Adesanya's favor, I saw it the same way. Okay. So you thought it was a horrible match. You thought Izzy would win. Now that the fight actually plays out the way in which it did, in your opinion, 
Was that all Sean Strickland on Saturday? Or I think there's four things that you could say. I'm not saying I'm subscribing. I'm still not even quite sure what to make of all of it, to be honest. But number one, do you subscribe to the notion that Izzy has been fighting too much? Fourth fight since, you know, July of 2022 when he fought Jared Cannonier. Did he take him lightly? Did he just kind of look past Sean with the big fights against the likes of Hamzat or Drikas coming up next? Uh, did he perhaps, yeah, I don't know, was he distracted all week? There was a lot going on. He's tweeting a storm. He's, you know, he's battling all kinds of different factors. Or maybe it was just the punch in the first round that changed the course of the fight. Are any of those things at play here? Or was it just Sean and Eric Nixick and the team showing up and fighting better? Well, all four of the, the things that you said are going to need to be built into the story. If we're going to do a rematch for a match that showed us no reason to do it again, like we didn't need a sixth round, we didn't need a tenth round, there was nothing about what you saw that screams rematch other than one of the biggest draws in the sport just took the biggest upset of 2023. And the reason I say that, Ariel, if what you said is true, and it, it very well may be, that's all mental. And you'll always get some jerk every 10 years that writes a, a mental side book, think this way and, and achieve, your, achieve your dreams, and it'll put it on Amazon for 20 bucks. There's nothing about the sport that is mental. If you told me this physically, physically, Izzy had a bad shin, so he couldn't throw that kick. And that kick is what sets up the uppercut. If it had anything to do with physicality, I would listen. But the sport is all physical. The judges will never look to see, how did you feel? There's no criteria for, did this guy get enough sleep last night? The, no judges are going to sit down and, and and barter back and forth on, did he tweet too often? This is his fourth fight since July. It's this guy's fifth fight since July, but we're going to leave that detail out. Like, the whole thing gets really weird. If it has anything to do with the mental game, it's fake. If it has to do with the physical game, which is what the guy really should be writing a book to put on Amazon for, I'll listen. I mean, Aaron, but I, I take the time to make that point because – History says we're going into an immediate rematch. I mean, the last time somebody took a belt away from Adesanya, we get him right back in there, even though it meant that Izzy had lost three times uh, consistently to this guy, two of them by finish, whatever it took to get the belt back around Izzy. So I think that we're going to do the rematch with Sean. But you do have to be able to answer one question, what's going to be different? Why are we rematching them? And based on what I saw, I mean, Sean came out of that ring and said, I don't think he was trying. Sean, this is Sean's quote. He said, I don't even think he tried. He was worse than my bad training partners. And those are the kind of things that are going to fire Israel Sonia up. Izzy is going to want this rematch. He's going to be ready to go. He's not going to use any of those excuses that other people are trying to give him. But guys like you and I, if we're going to do a rematch, do have to wonder what's going to be different this time. I mean, Sean fought him with the wrong game plan, not the game plan that his coach gave him, fought him in his realm and beat him four rounds to one. If you were Dana White, Hunter Campbell, you were the decision maker. Are you doing the immediate rematch or are you going in a different direction? I'm doing an immediate rematch for sure because, hey, the big, the bigger thing lost there, like getting these two back together, I'm sure they did a fine piece of business and I'm sure next time will be even better, right? The sequel generally does better than the original. But none of them will do what Duplisi and Izzy had building. I mean, they had this entire nation to the point that you were having to review interviews. If you got to review interviews, your fight is going to be very hot. And it just seems like that was the one to try to preserve. I don't think we have a smart 85-pounder out there. If you had a smart 85-pounder, he'd be calling out Duplices with everything that he's got. Right, Bo Nickel is not going to get an opportunity to fight Schick, Strickland or Izzy for the title next, but he could do everything he's got, and he could get that Duplisi fight. And Duplisi is obviously next. Even if it's next from the next, it's still got next next to it. They should all be going after him. They should all see what has been lost and what opportunity there is. I predict for you they don't do any of those things, but I think at 105 is very interesting right now. And no matter what happens, I mean, if they go into a rematch, as you buy yourself a little bit of time to exhale and get the plans together, 
Shemayev versus Paulo Costa just became the number one contenders match. It wasn't originally. It was a number one contenders match for Shemayev if Shemayev wins. And they were going to yank that rug and, and reveal that to us right after the fight in case Paulo Costa won. But now, because you got a new champion at top, Strickland versus Paulo works all day long. Strickland versus Shemayev, plus they've trained together. It works all day long. That's going to be a couple, number one contenders match. And Duplices is going to get forgot yet again. Oh, my God. He, I mean, he, he is truly getting screwed here. Do you think in retrospect, and uh, I may have a chance to talk to him later in the week, he's watching that fight on Saturday and says, like, I, I screwed up. Do you think he will regret that decision? I think I think so. That that isn't what he's saying so far. He's right. saying, "Hey, you're lucky it wasn't me in there." Right. He hasn't actually called for the fight. I mean, if Duplisi really wanted to do the smart move, he calls for Adesanya. He's not going to get Adesanya, but he calls for Adesanya as a way of letting the world know this is personal between he and I. All that Africa stuff that's real. No, it's not. It's all about the belt participation points becoming a millionaire. He needs to convince the world otherwise, and right now is his opportunity to do it. Interesting. Okay, so. If I'm if I'm reading this correctly, you're saying UFC should do Sean versus Izzy two immediately, Paulo versus Hamza winner gets the winner of that fight, and then what happens to Drickus? Because I actually disagree with you, but I just want, I'm curious what happens to Drickus. Is he just shit out of luck? Like what what is he doing? You curse over here? Why oh, you curse over you here? Curse up a storm. You don't like that, eh? You're not a big really. Cursor. Yeah, that disappoints me. Why? You? I just think that you're above it. No, not anymore. You're an intelligent guy. You dress nice. You know, you're down there in your little, your little cave. Heel, I don't know. I didn't know. Where have you been the last two years? Independent Hilwani is, well, is. No, I've actually heard people say that about you. That you got somebody said you'll say the f word sometimes. I said there's no way that's true, but here I am. Now I'm confronted with it. Wow. How do you feel? Anyway, we can move on. Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, Arrow. By the way, one thing I, 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 I only—I only got the—I only got the curse words from watching you in the Mojave Desert dropping f bombs galore, nonstop. I right? mean, it was unbelievable. I was blushing. F diamond is what that was called. Yeah. Well, what is uh, what, what what does Miss Brittany and the kids say about that? I mean, I can't even imagine what they said. They must have been embarrassed. It actually it actually bothered the kids. They didn't understand it. And then there was a scene where I was supposed to kiss a woman. I refused to do it, but they mm-hmm. read it in the screen. So in the script, they thought it was coming the whole time. They didn't know that I refute and did not do it until we watched it. So that was they were relieved about that. Well done. Well done. Back to me. Yeah. Enough about enough about that. And back to me, Ariel. Sure, sure. I do not want my tone to sound as though I am taking a joy in uh, removing Duplicy. I'm just sharing the history of the sport, and sometimes we need reminders. I mean, Sean Strickland gave us one. The history of the sport tells us anything can happen in there. Absolutely anything. Everybody's got a shot. Nobody is invincible. But we need reminded of it. Sean gave us that reminder. But another reminder is it's not a great idea to sit around and wait. And Duplisi just needed a little bit more time. Whatever it was that happened, he just needed one. He needed that, that, that one match. I don't know that he's the number one contender. I do think that's a beautiful fight. But I'm just sharing for you, if we go and do the rematch, which I'm sure that we're going to do, so we do Strickland and Izzy. Well, let's say that they get it right. The oddsmakers get it right, and Izzy beats him. Are you telling me we're not going to go to the trilogy? We're, we're, we're going to make it so known that we don't want Sean as our champion. We're, we're not even going to hide it. We're going to get the belt, and we're just not given an opportunity. I don't know that I believe that. So then if you do do a trilogy, I just I just ate up the next 12 months. But even if I don't eat up those 12 months, while Chemayev and Paulo Costa is only to the hardcores, likely an elim- elimination bout, I think as that fight gets closer, that's going to be revealed to the world, I think we're all going to know that's an elimination bout. And so now you really have the uh, quite pre- 
What do you do with Duplicy? Why are you interrupting me? I feel like I'm, I'm stuttering over here because well, you keep on making faces at me, Helwani. I don't know what you do with Duplicy. I think that that's a really hard spot. I'm not saying And Duplicy, who once had this great attitude, right? I mean, he's got the great attitude. Don't put me on the undercard. I'll fight anybody. And he actually proved it. he went up front Robert Whitaker. Nobody not, not named Izzy Adesanya could get the jump on Whitaker. And then he did. I mean, Duplicy's is awesome, but he's got to know what time it is. He's got to be looking around. He's got to be aware. He's got to know he's got to go after somebody else. I'm being a little coy here when I say this, but like, can you explain to me the 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 thought process behind immediate rematches or not? Like, why does Izzy get the immediate rematch but Aljamain doesn't? Oh yes, no, it's it, it, it's draw power for for sure. It seems to only happen when it's the star. Like, and as much as Aljo's a good one, Aljo did not call for it. I think that that really hurt him. I think history was on his side. I did the post show. I remember John Anik and I both were, were kind of trying to team up and, and, and repair what Aljo had not said, because historically speaking, he would get the rematch. But when you don't ask for it and then you allow uh, Sugar Sean to call out a guy who happens to be in the building that night named Cheeto Vera, right? It's, it's one of those spots. It's very hard to unfry an egg. I will share this with you. I mean, you want to talk about bad rematches. When Thug Rose stopped Joanna. There was nothing competitive about that. There was nothing that said we should do a rematch, but we did do one. It was a totally different fight, but Rose won anyway. When Thug Rose beat Wei Li, Wei Li had not touched her. The ref didn't even bring them in and say, if you if you like to shake hands now. She They never touched in the octagon. She wasn't touching, slipping, chasing her down, grab her, nothing. Rose knocked her out. There is nothing about that match that says rematch. There's no history behind it. This wasn't a huge draw. The buildings weren't packed. For, there was nothing about the competition. They rematched it. And Rose went out and beat her again anyway. And I, I just share that with you. Like, there are times where you get rematched, and, and you and I can be coy, but we don't have to lie about it, right? When the top guy comes down, he gets replaced by somebody who is not the top guy or shows potential to match that kind of fire. You do the best you can to correct the deck. And I realize that people can't say, aren't going to come out and say that candidly, but you and I know that to be true, and that is the situation here. Okay, but let's be honest. The babyface on Saturday was Sean Strickland. The babyface all week was Sean Strickland. Like, he is beloved. The pop, when Bruce Buffer said, and knew, the reaction online, why do you think he is so popular, and are you surprised that he is so popular all of a sudden? Well, it's very hard to overbully a bully, and I don't accuse Adesanya of that, but but Adesanya is the 800-pound elephant in the room. I mean, he is the greatest of all time for, for uh, middleweight. He's not afraid to leave middleweight. He's not afraid to go get himself into John Jones's business. He doesn't say sorry to anybody. He makes no apologies whatsoever. I'm just saying, when you have a guy like that, it's very hard to be the bad guy against that. When you have a guy that pops into an interview, uses the N-word repeatedly to the point that Dana White, that's the number one thing Dana gets asked about the press conference. It had nothing to do with the fight. It had to be words that were used. I'm just sharing. It's very hard to outdo that. Anybody that is willing to step to him, particularly as a six-to-one dog, is going to be looked at a babyface. Then anybody that can shake the world or inspire the world. I found Sean Strickland to be inspiring. And there's not bigger words that I think you can put onto a guy. But that, of course, is going to give you a little bit of shine. Now, Sean's going to keep doing Sean, and he might go, he might put a little rust on those nice shiny wheels. We'll we'll see what happens. But as far as who you're going to cheer for, and are you going to tip your hat, acknowledge the winner? I mean, Izzy himself did it. I, Izzy lost with tremendous grace. So you just said something that uh, stuck with me there. Izzy's the greatest middleweight champion of all time. Not your your longtime foe, Anderson Silva. You put Izzy above Anderson. 
Well, you have like respect factors for a lot of reasons that I would put Anderson or, or that other people did, but you can never get around the fact that they fought. And I think the bigger thing that frustrates me on that whole thing is they fought, but then people attempt to say Anderson wasn't in his prime. Neither was Izzy. Mm-hmm. I mean, not for nothing. You got two guys at the same time. They fight. You got to live with the result or you're, you're just being silly. If you're not willing to live with the result, you got to start bringing in prime and judges and this happened in the night's sleep uh you know prior to the event like you just start to get weird they fought head to head here's who won the end yeah but what about title defenses longevity things like that like comparing the resume well, you're talking about career yeah a c- career is very different than than, than being goat really? and, and i hear your point on that i mean whoever the greatest is in my opinion is whoever made the most money but there is something, well, something totally when you're talking different. about skill we're talking about dynamic we're talking about who can deal with what and hey don't forget and i really i my days of putting Anderson are long behind me. That's not what this is. But don't don't forget, Errol. There was a big piece of the Anderson story. It was pulling teeth to get him in that ring. Hmm. I mean, it was so much back and forth. I had to fly to Brazil just so Dana could meet with him. The only reason I was on that airplane and did that press conference is Dana was going to Brazil to meet with him, trying to get him to do the fight. Thought if we were face-to-face, he would agree. I'm just sharing. When you have somebody like Adesanya, now we're having an argument that he's fought too many times. There's no such thing as too many times. You have that willingness, that spirit, that attitude. Those things need to make sure you get credit for. Wow. So that infamous press conference in uh, Brazil, he had yet to agree when you got on the plane? He had not agreed. That fight was not happening when we got on that plane. Nope. Wow. And then and then, how did he agree? Like, were you there in the room when he said yes? No. No. We, we were separate. And I, I asked Dana about it. And he Dana did not say much. He, he said, uh, I said some nice things to him. And then I said some not so nice things to him. That was all that he said. <laughs> that was that was it and then yeah that agreement done and then we went to the press card the press cards were still going to happen but dana did not know if he was going to announce the fight or if he was going to get there and say i can't get the fight because of this guy i don't know i, I don't know what would have happened after that did you have a lot of security with you that time yeah we had four guys but they were they were like the right looking guys you know you're, you're private security there's a look you know one guy's got this scar they don't smile much even when you make jokes i mean you could tell they were on the clock this was serious the way you're in traffic and their their head is never sitting still their eyes are always looking they're looking at the rear view mirror they're looking who came behind them they're looking at the speeds of people passing them they were uh, they were four intense individuals were you Loved nervous them. no not for a moment I wasn't nervous. I had, you know, I had Miss Brittany with me. So now I've, I've got a job. They're there to protect me, but I, my, she's mine. I'm, I'm there to protect her. But you know, we were in a bulletproof car. I've never been in one of those before. And and they, and they gave us a breakdown before we got in. You can't really even pop the tires and talk wow. to us about the metal and the glass, like how it became bulletproof. I, I didn't know any of those things. I thought that was only in the movies, but. It did make us feel secure. They didn't want us in traffic jams, and there's a lot of traffic in Brazil. So they took us to a different place. We ran out, jumped in a, a helicopter, just so we didn't weren't sitting sitting ducks, as they put it in, in traffic. Yeah, it was intense. Wow, it was. That's actually a fun story for me to tell. It was it was very intense, and then and this is a different one. But when I did Ultimate Fighter, there. So that was the press conference. But fast forward to when I did Ultimate Fighter. There's some kind of a move, like the move's actually got a name where somebody pulls in front of you, hits your brakes, and now you have to stop, and they've got somebody behind you. It's called like the 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 swooping, the the, the swish and swoop, or what. Anyway, we were that was happening. Somebody had done all the things of, of this move where they then box you in, run up to your car, and rob you. And so our two guys start speaking in Portuguese, and uh, Rodrigo pulls his gun. What? And Brittany was in the back sleeping. Her her head's in my lap. I'm like, you know, r- rubbing her face and brushing the hair out of her way as a way of soothing her. And uh, 
So I don't wake her, but I'm paying attention to what's happening. And whatever bravado you think you have or that you would have in that situation, when the gun comes out and two guys are now speaking in Portuguese, like things are different. You, you will find out just how brave you actually are in a moment like that. Wow. And 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 how are you feeling? At that time, oh, yes. it was very intense. But but more, I don't have a piece. Like if if I, if I would have had a piece and I understood what was going on, I think it would have been an, a, a little bit different cover level. But my, I am completely depending on them. And you know, my father trained me with guns, everything. I mean, from from a twenty two to to Smith and Wesson revolvers, all the way up to Uzis. We even got the gun, the preferred gun of the Russian military, which is known as an AK forty seven. We have the preferred gun of the United States military, which is known as an M sixteen. So I am pretty good with these things. But I don't know who's the good guys and who's the bad guys. I don't fully understand because of the language bearer. And I'm just hoping Miss Brittany doesn't wake up. And fortunately, she never did. Wow. Turned out those guys were just bad drivers. They weren't. They weren't setting it on us at all. Oh, wow. What a turn of events. Yeah, they were lost. The whole reason that he had to slam the brakes on a weight so another car could pass is he had, he had to slip over to get to the exit. Oh, my God. Why would you bring Miss Brittany? I don't think you were married at the time, but why would you bring her into the eye of the storm for that press conference? What was the point of that? So we were going to go out to Atlanta for UFC. It was Rashad versus John Jones. But then there was three days. There was three days, and we're already at this part. There was three days. And so Dana said, we're just going to do a vacation. So... I had never been anywhere with Dana. He still thought my name was Kale, Kale, Kale Sonnen. But I know that I'm about to get a billionaire's vacation. And I, and I told my wife, I'm like, hey, we got to do this. Because we were engaged. We we're getting married. We didn't have a honeymoon plan. I told her, whatever I do on the honeymoon, it won't be as cool as this. So if I get you in on this, it counts. Do you agree? And she's like, absolutely. Pack my bags tonight. Oh, my God. That is incredible. By the way, uh, did she pack your bags for that trip, too? Because I know she likes to do that. Yeah. You don't pack your own bags, right? She laid this outfit out today Oh wow. for Errol when she saw Errol in the, yeah. What, I mean, I know it looks like just like a simple shirt, but you know, she ironed it and whatnot. Wow. She she wanted to show respect to the MMA hour. Uh, d does she look at your calendar and say, okay, you have this going on today. Let me pick out the right outfit. Is that how it goes? Yes. Wow. Yes. And if she doesn't know, she'll make a call. Like she'll call Leah or she'll, she'll send a text to Glenn or Cheyenne. Like, yeah, try to figure out specifically what you're supposed to do. I am colorblind. I mean, that is spoiled. I'm also a very spoiled husband, but um, it's it's really helpful. When you got to match ties or something like this, or yeah. I don't know what they call this, the kerchief. I don't know what they call yeah, it. That pocket goes square. Pocket square. Yeah, yeah. Shoes and belts are supposed to be the same color. Socks can't throw you off. Like there's rules to attire that nobody ever taught me for one. And two, I would have a hard time seeing anyway. But yeah, she does do that. Back to the fight. How does a rematch go in your opinion? Well, so what do you think? Hmm. Hmm. what a fascinating question right because in an absolute worst case scenario this is according to eric nixon but you and i know it we don't have to be the insiders there we don't have to be the head coach you and i know izzy's team know everybody knows a worst possible case for sean strickland is that he can't take him down or he gets frustrated and doesn't try, either way leads you to the same conclusion, which is a 25-minute kickboxing match, Sean Strickland versus Israel Adesanya. That is the worst-case scenario. There is nothing you could lay out that would be worse of a strategy or worse design for Sean, and that's what happened. He went and did it. That's what happened. He had him four rounds to one, and he almost finished him in the first. It, it seems like one of these scenarios, you know, <clears throat> there was a boxer, his, his last name's Ruiz, he goes over and he beats up that good-looking guy. Guy can't box, but he's real Anthony handsome Joshua. over in England. Anthony, Anthony Joshua. Yeah. 
He beats him up, and so they, they go to a rematch, and Ruiz shows up. I mean, it, I don't know how much more he weighed, but just, just seeing the picture, and you're stunned. Your jaw drops. We go, my goodness, how could he not take this opportunity seriously? Sean is a human being, and I know it's being heavily predicted that he will never fall into that. But there's going to be a lot of people coming at him. He's had a lot of vultures coming at him that look like vultures off the street. Now he's going to have vultures coming at him wearing three-piece suits. The old vultures used to drop off McDonald's at his door. These vultures are going to take him to a five-course meal. They're all the same scumbag. They just dress differently. If he falls into something like that, and we all have seen that Izzy will not, that is really the only thing that could change the trajectory of this match. I mean, it, there was nothing close about it. Adesanya got walked down for 25 straight minutes. I think he can fix that. I think that Izzy could come and stand his ground, back him up, do some lateral movement, give you some of those X's and O's, but it's it's very tough to imagine what's going to be different. And with that said, partner, it's very tough to imagine that Sean Strickland smooshes Israel Adesanya twice in a row. Right. Right. Like they're both very fascinating things. I would love to see what the odds at DraftKings when they come out. I remember the night that Chris Weidman beat Anderson Silva. It was not competitive. But the ending was a little goofy when Anderson had his hands down. There were seven and a half minutes done, but the ending was goofy. They, Weidman was a two and a half to one underdog. They rematched it. Weidman was a two and a half to one underdog. And so you kind of tip your head and go, what are you talking about? Well, this time there was a six point spread with Izzy and Sean. I'll be curious if they rematch him. I think Izzy's still going to be a favorite. Maybe not that big, but I'm will, very confident in telling you he will be the favorite regardless of what you just saw. Well, uh, you're actually right. DraftKings didn't come out with the uh, with the odds, but I did get an email while the show was going on that as of right now, Izzy, according to one sports book here, is a minus 120 and Strickland's a plus 100. So close, way wow. closer, but Izzy is the favorite. That's damn near, for the way I talk, that's damn near even money. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Uh, by the way, uh, when did you first meet Sean Strickland? I met Sean Strickland... The year would have been 2014. I moved out to California. Uh, well, I went training camp, moved out to California to go to the Rain Training Center. Mm. And it was the side of the mat. Sean had a very sweet young lady with him. And, you know, there's a lot to do to get your gear, you get your shin pads, and you got to wrap your hands, and you got to put your hands in a glove. I mean, there, there, there's several minutes, and this is what uh, this is what time would be allotted for conversation. So I happen to be getting dressed right next to this guy, Sean Strickland, and we're visiting. And he's telling me these whoppers of stories. And the only reason I let him go is he's got this girl with him. He obviously told her, so now I need to play along. But he told me that he was 21 years old. He was the king of the gate champion. And he had a record of 17 and 0. The highest he had ever fought for was 1500 bucks. And he doesn't do any of this braggadocious, by the way. Like, it actually came up organically. The problem with telling me this I am such a fan. I am such a historian on the sport. We're the same weight class. I know anybody that has ever sneezed and made it sound like MMA. I mean, I watch it, and I don't know who this is. Not to mention, you can't get a pro license in the state of California until you're 18 years old. He's 21. So now he's saying he's had six fights a year. It is so difficult to get a fight if you don't have a trainer or a manager, but you can't have a trainer or a manager when your biggest payday is 1500 bucks. So we had to go do all of this on his own. I mean... This is a whopper. Then we go out and we work out together. And I remember coming off the mat and telling Miss Brittany, that dude claims he's 17 and 0. He might be 17 and 0. 
And she goes, yeah, he looks really good. Well, he just he just was. You know, when, when I met him at Trey of the Marrow, he just was really good. He could wrestle like a son of a gun, but never offensively. You didn't have to worry that he was going to come and try to take you down. But getting him to the ground is going to use a ton of energy. And he also was a gentleman about being a uh, training partner. He would bring it down. If he saw that you were tired or something, we did shark bait in there. That's where one guy stays in and fresh guys rotate on. It's a very hard thing to do, but you're vulnerable. If the guys coming in aren't trustworthy or they want to go make a clip for their Instagram, like this is the time to do it. He would always take care. I mean, I just remember he would always say, hey, you're good. You can do one more. Come on. I got you. And he would push it. We would work so hard. But he was such a nice person. I put him in the category as gentleman. There's not a lot of times you get a call. We all want to be gentlemen. He actually was a gentleman. And so then when he got a microphone in his hand, he started building that brand. He went in a direction that that wasn't the guy that I knew. That was just a great performer. And maybe there was a little bit of counseling session. Maybe he did have some stuff to release the pain. He wanted to get it public. But it was a surprise to see. And, uh, yeah, I could tell you, man, he's a world champion now. I'm not sure back in 2014 there was anybody that could beat him. If he was given the opportunity, I'm not sure there was anybody that could beat him. Have you stayed in touch with him? Yeah. Sean Strickland came out and did a submission underground. Mm. He, Do you know about this? Mm, I don't think so. He's doing a submission underground with Andy Varela. And Sean was talking to Varela, but don't forget, this is in COVID times. There is nobody in the building or the floor. The cameras themselves were ran on remote control. So you just got the referee, there is a doctor, but then you just have the two athletes. So Sean's pushing and pulling. He's doing whatever he does. He's pushing and pulling. He came out to do this whole thing because he thought he was going to fight Jack Hermanson and he wanted to work on his grappling. At some point in daring Andy Varela, who is as good as they come. Like Varela is a threat for an Abu Dhabi medal. Sean turns his back to him, turns his back, and then he yells something to him. Will you just attack me? You, you know, he he calls him, he heckles him. Andy Varela jumped through the air like a spider, jumped through the air, locked on, locked on a body triangle and a choke all in one motion. And all you see is Sean Strickland. Go, and they fall <laughs> with Sean tapping. <laughs> he was a doofus. He looked like such a doofus. He... He had never done grappling before like this. He must not have known who Andy Varela was. Andy Varela done all sorts of it and has been in overtime with the best of the best. At any rate, Andy jumped. There must have been 10 feet behind between him, and Andy just jumps and latches on in one motion. His legs go and his arms go, and you just watch you just watch Sean like a trip. Oh. Uh, and he tapped out. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, I mean, if he's your friend, you shouldn't be but, so happy for him. I mean, yeah, but you 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 ask him, I talk to Sean a lot. Like, yeah, Sean did that just as a favor to me. Like, he, did, he, didn't, he didn't have any business with Andy or whatever. He did that just as a favor to me. Yes, I talked to Sean, and I'm very proud of Sean. Was that the biggest upset in UFC or MMA history? Well, not officially. Uh, again, it was a six to one spread. This is off the top of my head, but I know when Holly knocked out Ronda, that was seven to yeah, one. Yeah, you can't go like you know. I, like I'm talking about the eye test here, like what you were feeling, the shock, who the you know what I mean. Like those I, odds are are nonsense. Was that the biggest? I, I like that. I like that you said that. Right, we don't have to be literal. We know what we're talking about. Yeah. I, I like that you just cut me off there. I, um, Matt, Matt, Sarah beating Saint Pierre is still for me the biggest uh, jaw dropping moment. 
it's I think it's very helpful to Sean that it went to a decision. If Sean would have put him down in the first round, we all oh he got lucky and it was a right. fluke, right? The conversation right. would be very different. You have a long, drawn-out battle, give another guy 25 minutes to get even with you, and he can't do it. I think that he won the right way, and it would be the biggest upset in a decade, but ever I gotta I gotta say no. I actually feel like it is, and I'm 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 like Mr. Sarah GSP. I mean, I think GSP is the greatest of all time. That to me is the most, but like because it was five rounds of dominance, because of Izzy having a longer run as champion and more title defenses. Remember, GSP was a new champion at that time. So we did, we think of GSP now, but he wasn't the GSP of today or the guy who retired in 2017. He was the GSP of 2006. Um, it's a different guy. And Sarah had been around the block, right? He had been a veteran of the sport. I just think this is way more shocking. No one saw this coming. Sean Strickland, in a striking battle without a single takedown defense, beating Izzy at his own game, five rounds, essentially four to one. You could give the first round a 10-8. He drops him with a 1-2, defends the whole time. I mean, not a scratch on his face. Man, I think the fact that he went five rounds, Chael, makes it a bigger upset than Sarah's stoppage of GSP. I'm listening too. I'm listening to everything you're saying. You're 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 convincing me. It's, it's one of those hard things to know, right? Because it's just your own internal. How did you feel? How did I feel in this moment versus how did I feel in that moment? I knew going into this that Sean could beat him. I thought he'd have to be ugly, steal those words from Coach Nixick. I knew he'd have to get on top, really clinch him, and 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 do some maybe poke him in the eye a time or two. But I did know that he could do it, and I did not think Sarah could beat George St. Pierre. So maybe for me, it was just more of that odd mm. moment but i love what you're saying as far as upsets go you don't usually see them like this where the where it's a long drawn out battle where you give the guy every single opportunity you ever could including home field advantage you give him everything and you still take his belt away i like what you're saying partner you're, you're winning me over yeah the last time i felt that way honestly was ufc 117 where i was like oh my god two rounds left one round left um it, it just felt like this 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 inevitability and you just couldn't believe it as it was uh, trans transpiring and unfolding. Unbelievable. Uh, one last thing before I let you go. Speaking of crazy upsets, we thought, why? You're you're having fun? I mean, Well, I, I was enjoying myself a little bit. I mean, and, oh, and you started this whole thing by saying mean tweets that I sent to you. Yeah, but you didn't give mean. any praise to the ones I don't. Like, for example, when you misdiagnosed Rose and told the world that she had a broken finger, and yeah. I tried to correct it and say it looks dislocated to me, I never gave you a hard time about it. In fact, mm. I never even mentioned it. Well, I don't know if I said, did I say broken? I just said this was her hand, to be honest. Might have been other people. Aaron, what do you think? I don't have better things to do than sit around and remember what your captions on Twitter were for. (laughs) I I don't know. This is, I love the visual uh, of this, of you, who who still doesn't follow me after all these years, going, uh, searching. I know how you do it. You search. You search for the dirt sheets, and then you search for, you search, and you're looking for the news, and all you're getting is a steady stream of Canada basketball tweets, soccer tweets. I actually... I don't know if you've noticed, but I've now started. I've now started to tag you just to ensure that you're getting the tweets and the. I just want to let you know. In fact, someone wrote an article about this. I was tagging you to get your thoughts, but you've now decided to ignore me. I've noticed since I've done this. Why? Well, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. They were not. They were done in like the spirit of hell, fellow well met. Like I wasn't really trying to put you down, but also I am being serious. That I know you don't watch that crap. I, no, I, I mean, do. like you're not that boring of a guy. Could you imagine you go over to guys either watching darts, pro wrestling, or or is baseball? What I mean, like, come on, man.
there is no way your wife would leave you. Your kids would would revolt. Like you, that would be that the world's nerdiest guy. I'm worldly. I have uh, many layers. Many layers. I, I do like this messy character though. This thing came out on messy. Said that he met his wife when he was like seven yeah. years old, and he has never touched another girl. Won't even do pictures with them. I like that guy. I didn't. I didn't realize all that. That was that's a pretty cool story. I thought you were saying like you like that I'm messy because like I, I I swear sometimes now. You mean Lionel Messi? The soccer player. The soccer player. I don't know what his first name is, but yes, the soccer player. Yes, Lionel. Big interview came out. My son was reading it. My son told my wife and I, he was in the back of the car and he read it on his iPad. Says that when he when he does pictures with girls, he doesn't touch her, like makes a fist or something like this. He won't he won't actually touch anyone but his wife. Respect. Respect. Uh Grasso yeah, Shevchenko cool. rematch. More of the same. Or do we get Shevchenko? I gotta back? tell you, I didn't. I didn't see the first fight. I keep being told that these two are fighting. When, when is their fight? Is it this weekend? Yes. What do you mean? It Look, was, I'm not trying to be fun. I'm trying to help. Was, so free. So free TV. Free World TV. title. Free TV this Saturday. How about that? It was co-main event of John Jones, Cyril Gunn. You didn't watch that, or you just watched the main event these days? No, I did. I mean, I I know all about that night, but it, it did slip past me. It, it kind of did slip past me. Uh, yeah, and a rematch. I mean, Valentina. I don't know that she's ever main evented. She's so, so, so off of a, she could have made a event as a champion, but she can't off of a loss. And I'm not doing I'm not doing my put down thing here. I'm sharing with you. Like one thing that she could do is like get the word out. I should know. There's a world title fight. Oh, by the way, it's on ESPN. Oh, by the way, I work for ESPN. I should know when she's fighting. I wasn't trying to be funny to you right there. No, I'm no. clarifying. I'm trying. I'm trying to be a good company man and help. So there is a world title fight on free TV this Saturday. Grosso versus Shevchenko. Is that an accurate statement? Yes. Boom. Now they've, now they've told at least somebody. By the way, I got the press release that you were back. So happy to see that. Uh, I, I would say I was Thank one you. of the few who supported you in your time of need. I was waiting for the line in the press release where it was like, oh, and the return of Aaron on the back. I didn't get Like, I don't know if it didn't make page one. I was wait. I saw the big, but I didn't see that line. So I, I wasn't sure if there was like a, you know, like a footnote or something or a page two. Do you have any Buddy, that is one of the missed. One of the great missed programs. I think that was a missed opportunity. Not by you and I, either. Mm. I think that was a missed opportunity. I still get people that ask me about Errol the Bad Guy. There's searches that are done online for Errol the Bad Guy. They're still looking for it. They're still hoping for it. They still got their fingers crossed. By the way, can Grasso beat her? Mm. You know, you had made a really great point, Errol, and I and I back, I started backing it up, but it's a point that I got from you. And I know you're in a hurry, by the way. I will no. get out right after this. But, Errol, you, you made a point and said, don't do the immediate rematch. And you said, don't do the immediate rematch because if the bullet wins – it will essentially act like history will look back and it will kind of, you won't see the gap and it will be as though Grosso never got it done in the first place. And I really liked that argument. A, a lack of 125 powders that are compelling, a lack of 125 powders that are willing has always kind of uh, seemed like a problem. But here we are. And I mean, what do you think? Can Grosso, can Grosso beat her? I think she could do it. Yeah, I really do. Um, and this is a much different fight, right? Like, she wasn't winning the entire fight. It was a submission. It wasn't a knockout. Usually when it's a knockout, the person who got knocked out doesn't win uh, in the rematch. Uh, I, th I think it's going to be a, a close fight, but I think she could do it. I think that that unlocked something in Alexa Grasso, confidence-wise, that she could beat right. Valentina Shevchenko. And I think that there was there was evidence to suggest that Shevchenko was, you know, declining a little bit, right? Uh, some of her previous performances. Yeah. Man, 125 is going to be fascinating with Blanchfield coming up and Mano Fioro. I mean, it's it's now the best division in women's MMA. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad you are as well. Are you working the card for ESPN? No, I no, I just do the pay-per-view. Oh, look pay -per -view. at you, Mr. Pay-per-view. Yeah. 
Well, Chad. That did sound arrogant the yeah, way I said no, it, but no. I, I, there's no other way to say it. That's the only, only time I get to participate is is. I'll put in a call. Maybe if you if you want to be a part of it, I'll put in a call. I appreciate it. I feel like you have another guest. You have something mm. to do. You know, well, whatever it is, I want. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on. Well, in other news, Volkov beat Tai Tuivasa, but you're 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 in a hurry. <laughs> you're busy. You don't have time to talk about co-main events. I understand. Goodbye. There he is, Chill Sun, and everyone. Uh, that was actually the uh, chief support. I want to let everyone know uh, Alexander Volkov beat Tai Tuivasa. We'll get to the rest of the card back into the show. For now, though, uh, let's stick with our. 185-pound theme. Let's talk to one of the rising stars. Perhaps this time next year, he's the champion of the 185 and 170-pound division. Maybe he's a double champion. Who the hell knows with what's going on in this crazy, crazy sport? Let's talk to Ian Machado-Gary, who's coming off that big win over Neil Magny. There he is. Hello, Ian. How are you? How are you, sir? It's great to be back. Uh, man, what a crazy weekend. Great to be back as well, and great to talk to you after Boston. I want to get to uh, Boston in a moment, but uh, did you watch Saturday night? And if so, what did you make of that result in the main event? Yeah, I watched it, obviously. Um, you know, I feel I feel like Izzy lost the fight more than Sean Strickland won the fight. Wow, okay. This is different than our previous two guests. Please uh, elaborate I for us. I feel like there was a certain point in that fight where I feel like Izzy was afraid to lose more than he wanted to win. And that that essentially meant that his efficiency, his output, his shot selection wasn't as elite as it normally is. And it gave Sean Strickland the, the opportunity for his awkwardness to have success and his constant pressure to have success. And I feel like if you run that fight back, there's no way... Sean Strickland gets his hand raised again. That's my that's my opinion. But at the end of the day, Sean Strickland got his hand raised, and I, I can never shoot a man for reaching his dream. Wow! So that that is fascinating insight. So you think your takeaway is that was more about what Izzy didn't do than what Sean did? The, the truth is, Ariel, when you watch the fight back, what did Sean do that was elite? But wasn't it just like? He stuck to the basics, and he was just really good at what he did. He done this for most of the fight. Yeah. Threw a jab and threw fuck-all kicks. <laughs> so there was no wrestling involved. There was no kicks involved. There was a, a couple of punches every now and then, and just constant pressure. I feel like if, if Izzy had, a, had the output that he usually does or the, the efficiency that he usually does, and I can't, I can't knock. Sean for having a part of that awkwardness and that lack of efficiency from Izzy. Obviously, his awkwardness played into the into the, the fight, but I just feel like Izzy wasn't picking the, the shots he normally would, and he wasn't operating on full cylinders. And I think if they run that back, Izzy, Izzy dominates. And I feel like I know I would. I know from watching that fight, there's no way on earth that I wouldn't have gone in there and picked him apart. And I know Izzy's brain, I see the way it works. It's It's output it's efficiency and it's shot selection and i just feel like whatever it was i think izzy was afraid of losing more than he was a will and a want to win as an elite fighter you watch that you watch one of the the greatest champions in recent ufc history greatest strikers just not show up how do you react to that are you afraid that something like that can happen to you no, because I'm a very new generation of fighter. I've told you this. I'm a competitor more than I'm a fighter, Ariel. I am 
someone who, no matter who it's against, I will find a way to win because that's what I love to do more than anything. I love to get my hand raised and a challenge is exciting for me. So when I step into the octagon, if I, for example, if I want to go in there and be the best in the world, I've got to do whatever it takes to win that fight. Whether it's out grapple the best grappler in the world or whether it's out strike the best striker in the world, the will to want to win is the most important thing for me. I don't care how it gets done, if it's a sloppy decision, if it's a, a dominant victory, if it's a viral knockout. As long as I get my hand raised, that's all that matters to me. And that's all that will matter in the legacy. So you you got your hand raised once again, uh, less than a month ago in Boston. Uh, that weekend, that week felt like like a turning point in your career. It felt like like this was different now. This wasn't, D-Rod was a big win. The debut MSG was, a, but this felt different. Now you're in a different stratosphere. Do you agree? Absolutely. I'm, I've earned it. I've worked hard to get here. I've been, I, you, look, you've been on the bandwagon for a long time. You understand how good I am and you understand where I'm going. You understand the trajectory area. I've done everything I've said I'm going to do. I'm the second ever welterweight to go 6-0 in the UFC. Me and Usman. I've just come off a historic scorecard in the 30-24. The last time we've seen that was Khabib versus Barbosa. The levels, the names that, I, that you're, you have to put me in brackets with now is stuff that we haven't seen. I am a new generation of the sport. This stuff that I'm doing outside, like I'm, I am traveling the world soaking up knowledge I'm learning from the best I possibly can. I've hired my strength and conditioning coach, Brandon Gallagher, to be full-time with me, travel the world with me, work only with me and focus on me and my abilities to get me to be the best athlete I possibly can be. And shout out to him, by the way. He's going for his uh, coach of the year at the MMA Awards, and I'm very excited for him, and I hope you do as well. Um, but I'm changing the game. I'm focusing on being the best athlete I possibly can be. And... All of the work that I've been working towards is shown in every single fight. I get better and better and better. Who have you seen dominate Neil Magny the way I dominated him? 30-24. No, I mean, it was, it was incredible. It was unbelievable. It was very, very one-sided. Short notice. And it was done with ease. That's the thing. It was done with very little skill set. It was just a couple of shots. I've gone, right, this is a short notice fight. I'm going to use these shots and I'm going to dominate the fight. It was a very smart play. It was a very, very smart, intelligent fight, and I absolutely walked them for the whole 15 minutes. You know, I saw uh, what you did on the Friday night, um, like the, the, the fan meet and greet, open workout, and it's great. And it's great to get the people behind you and emotionally invested in your journey. You're doing a lot of that with your social media as well. But I couldn't help but think in the back of my mind, and I know you're going to scoff at this. I was like, man, if it doesn't pan out the way he want like <laughs> everyone will go back to this and say, "Look what he was doing on the Friday, right?" Like you know that, right? Every they're always as big as you get. There are people that are waiting for you to fall, and so it, does that ever cross your mind? Like, hey, we shouldn't go too. No, it doesn't even. The thought doesn't even cross your mind. If and Ariel, this is something I literally I'm going to repeat something I said today to someone else. If don't equate in my brain. What if it goes wrong? What if this happens? What if they don't they don't calculate in here? What about whatever happened to the attitude of what happens when you go out there and knock them out and you do that? What if everything in the world works out just as it should and goes the way I plan? There's nothing that makes you question yourself. You never have a moment where you have a little bit of self-doubt. 
not when you work as hard as I do, not when you've got a team that surrounds you that give you love and support and genuinely keep you grounded, not when you've got a wife who, if you step foot out of line or say the wrong thing, will put you right back in your box because she's the best person for me to be around, not when you've got teammates and friends in the in in my little future family that if you're saying something or doing something that isn't isn't what you said you wanted to do, then why are you doing it? I have a very clear goal in my favor. I want to be one of the greatest fighters to ever live. I also want to be a good father, good husband, and a good man. And if I'm not on that trajectory, if my path, if I stray off path, I've got a team that pull me back in and show me, show me what I said I wanted to do. But there is never, ever any doubt, no doubt in my mind, because when I operate with faith, everything just happens. It falls into place. I've said this before, I'll say it again. I am already blessed. I am gifted to be on this earth and I am just here to receive. I have to show up, enjoy my life, have fun because when I'm fighting with fun, there is no one in the world that can beat me. What was the reception like? And, 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 and if you can answer this and not include the Conor McGregor uh, training session yet, but like you go home after the turning point, you're back home. I saw you doing some media outside the three arena. What did it feel like to now come back as a 6-0 UFC fighter on this run, on pay-per-view, like all that has now happened and now you come back home. What was that like? It was very special to return home and feel the power of being back on home soil, to see friends, family, people, to just see people that I've never met have given me so much respect in the streets. And I mean respect as in not coming up and asking for photos sometimes. Just literally knows me don't. Like, it's not... That, that's him, like that's him. Just the reception, the the warm welcome, the the respect. It it makes me so happy and so fulfilled to go forward and want to achieve more. To to go back there and give my country more joy, more success. And I'm telling you now, Ariel, Dublin 2024, the UFC are gonna return when I go out and do the stuff that I say I'm gonna do. I am going to bring so much joy back to Irish MMA and so much excitement back into the fan base. It's going to be so exciting. When do you think that card happens? I want to fight December again this year. So December, uh, we, why not do a Paddy's Day? Why not do it on March? You know what I mean? Do it in March. Do it on a Paddy's Day weekend. Go wild with it. 2024, first quarter of the year, though, I reckon it happens. Okay. And I'll be, I'll be annoyed if it doesn't because I want to keep this activity rolling. I don't want to stop. I've fought three times in five months, and I don't have any plans on slowing down. So for me, ideally, December, let's go March again. Okay, December is interesting. Uh, I had not heard that. Is that is that a done deal? No. And it's not a done deal, but I've made it very clear and obvious to the UFC and everyone everyone involved what I want. I want December 16th. I want the UFC pay-per-view in Las Vegas and I want to fight Stephen Wonder Boy Thompson. And I want it over five rounds because I think about the fans in that situation. Could you imagine five rounds of me versus Wonder Boy to prove who the greatest striker in the welterweight division is? That's a barn burner. So I, I've heard you talk about Wonder Boy that's been uh, over the last few weeks. Have, have you or your management expressed this to the UFC? Are they open to it? Is he open to it? I've, I've mentioned it to you. See, I said it to Sean, I said it to Hunter, and I said it to Dana the day before I beat Magni. I said it to the night. I said the night I beat Magni. I said, I want Wonderboy, and I want it by the end of this year. And they, look, 
it's on them now to figure it out. I'm game. I'm getting ready. I'm preparing for December. Hmm. Now, it's going to take everything for me not to fight him because everything about that fight is so exciting, right? When you look at Wonderboy and you look at his last two opponents, he wants to fight strikers. He wants to fight people that he can go in there and have a camp that he enjoys. He doesn't want to be going in there against an Usman or Kobe and getting wrestled and putting his back side. He doesn't find that enjoyable. And I understand that. He wants to win against a Kevin Holland and put on a show. He was willing to fight Michelle Pereira, number 15 in the world, put on a show because he knows it's going to be striking. But both of those guys were unranked and 15 in the world. I'm 11 in the world, undefeated, and one of the biggest prospects the sport's ever seen. But it's so much hype for me and Wonderboy to go in there and put on a show. And the fans, over five rounds, Ariel, of just the most beautiful technical striking you've ever seen. I'll bring that, I'll finish Wonderboy in the fourth and fifth round. I'm not going to do it early, I'll do it later. But I will have so much fun waking up every morning and being excited for that camp, being excited for Wonderboy. I get to fight Wonderboy in Vegas on a pay-per-view. That's a dream for me. That's a fight that I'm excited for, and I believe it's going to happen. And and by the way, like whatever your desire may be, I mean, you just talked about it from like a technical standpoint. Is there any sort of personal issue between you and Wonderboy, or is it strictly that you want to match yourself? No, up against it's quite him? the opposite. It's quite the opposite area. We're, he's friends with my wife. He's friends with my family. He's friends with my, like, he, he knows us though. Um, my wife and him work together on, on karate combat. I've met him. I've talked to him. I've trained him. He's really, really lovely. He's such a nice guy. It's out of no malice, no beef. It's only out of respect. He is arguably, when you mention the greatest strikers the sport has ever seen, he has to be in that argument. There's no question about that. And for me to want to be one of the greatest strikers, I have to beat guys of that status for me to have that. I need to beat a Wonderboy to be one of the best, one of the best strikers the UFC has ever seen. I have to go out and do that. That's what excites me, is the challenge of going out there and proving to the world just how good I am, because I already know. But I have to go out there and actually do it. And that's fun. That's exciting. That, to me, that will, that will wake me up in the morning early what if he says thanks but no thanks? What if the UFC says we can't make this happen? How will you feel? Well, you're gonna want to go in there and fight Usman and get wrestling stuff for three rounds and it'd be a boring fight? No. Listen, it's in Wonderboy's best interest to fight me, <laughs> as well as it is my best interest to fight him. And that's the that's God's honest truth. Because anyone else in the division, they're gonna grapple him and take him down and put him on his arse. And it's gonna be a, a, a terrible fight to watch. I, as a fan of the sport, I have no interest in watching him on his backside against Usman. Do you? No, no. This is a much more uh, fan-friendly matchup. And if, look, if in, if in the reality of this, we're in an entertainment business area, you want to put bums in the seat, you want to get some of that, that pay-per-view, you put me and Wonderboy on the card. And that's it. That would be the best fight that I could I could have right now and the most enjoyable fight I could have right now and the ones that the fans would enjoy the most. How many takedown attempts do you think in that fight? Absolutely fucking none. <laughs> There's no, the, the only takedowns that are going to come is when I shot this fucking calf and I put my ass a couple of times like I did with Magnum. There's going to be no takedown attempts. None. That's going to be my most serious submission attempt. Do you know what I mean? Might try, try something flying, might jump on something for the crack just to scare him a little bit, keep in a box. But no takedown attempts, none whatsoever. 
Have you? You don't get you don't get this guy to being the best the best striker in the division by going out there and taking him down. Who's the opponent? Let's say in March, St. Paddy's weekend, Ireland. Who's the dream opponent? Or a Kobe Covington. Ah, uh, Kobe Covington. I would love to pump them out off him, Ariel. Oh my God, at home. The only thing that annoys me about that is I I have more fun doing that in Miami. Why? In his backyard, mm. walk into Miami, slap them out off him in front of all of his fans. I would have, I, and I have no problem playing the heel. I have no problem going out there and being the bad guy for a weekend because at the end of the day, when I point unconscious, I'm going to have a smile on my face. Okay, so I feel like Dublin, I even feel like March is possible. I feel like that one is far-fetched, if only because his next fight is probably December or January. I think it might be December. I think it might be that December 16th card, by the way, against Leon. And we start a little bit of beef early. And we start a little sure, bit of beef early. You know he's not turning around. He's not turning around three months later. I mean, the guy fights once every two years. That, that is true. That is true. Um, I Look, you asked me what my dream opponent would fair, be. It fair. would be Toby Covington. That would be the dream opponent in Ireland to go in there and absolutely starch him. That'd be unbelievable. Does he beat Leon? No. No. But I look, I've, I've obviously never trained with Kobe. I've only seen his fights. And the biggest thing that Kobe has ever done, and I said this before and I'll say it again, he's lost to Kamaru Usman twice. That's the biggest thing Kobe has ever done. Leon's gone out there and knocked out and dominated a fight against Usman. I also think that Usman is a tougher matchup when it comes to Leon and Kobe. I think Leon is so well-rounded, so talented on the feet, so talented. His grappling and his wrestling is so clean. I've, I've had the, the pleasure of training with him, and I will have the pleasure of training with him very, very soon again. He's so good everywhere, Ariel. He's so, so good. And I just don't see where where Kobe beats him. Uh, by the way, will you be training with him in Florida? Uh, uh, Leon? Oh, who are you talking about saying you'll have the pleasure of... Uh... Sure. Oh, no, I'm talking about Leon. I'm oh, going to be oh. with Leon again. I'm going to go back to Birmingham. No, but the, the only time I ever want to see Kobe going is when I walk into the octagon and I watch him circle in and I'm like, yes, here we go. Let me do something I've been dreaming of for a couple of years. Slap them out of that melty little hole. Oh, the I, guy was going to get dropped. The guy was going to get dropped by the UFC because he wasn't interested. And he brings out this heel character, and it is a fake character. We all know it. And you know what? Fair play to him. He went out and he made himself interesting, and he made himself a star. Trust me, I will crack that man so many times, and I will hurt him, and I will dominate him in ways that we've not seen. By the way, I understand what you're saying about, like, you know, uh, Usman beating twice, Leon beats Usman. But we just saw on Saturday, right? You know, Strickland beats Izzy. Strickland loses to Pereira, Strickland loses to Cannoneer, Cannoneer loses to... It, it doesn't always work out that way, right? No, the MMA match never works yeah. out. It never worked out all the time. But it's just like, when we see... When, when we see Kobe Covington's style, Kobe Covington doesn't hit hard with the hand. We've never seen him blast someone with a knockout. No, it's, it's output, it's consistency. It's ba 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 It's rat a tat tat And then it takes... Down, and then another takedown, and then pressure, and then takedown. Usman has that one-punch power. He has that weird, methodical approach where you've got to respect that he does that faint for the legs. You have to give respect to because if you don't, it's going to grab a hold of you. 
Mm. And he will take you down and he will stick to you. I feel like Leon's kicks, Leon's movement and his jab is going to shut Kobe down. It's going to shut him down and it's just going to make it an awkward night for Kobe. And I think Kobe's wrestling is very chain wrestling based. And the way he fights the hands is it, it, it shuts down chain wrestling. And I think Leon will just separate, go back to his feet and just bash Kobe for the whole 25, 25 minutes if he needs to. How did the link up with Conor McGregor come about? Oh, uh, a DM. I sent him a DM. I sent him a DM and all the magic happened off that. And you know what? It was one of the most surreal experiences of my life. Like, so what happens? Says, like, you say you DM, you say like, you want to go spar or do you just want to meet? Like, how, how does, how do you go from DM to sparring? I don't need, I'm not going to sit here and talk about all the things you talk about privately, but I, I said we should link up and he ended up saying, I'll see you at the gym. I was like, all right, cool. Let's go. Let's have some fun. And that was how it came about. And honestly, it was, it was one of the most surreal experiences because obviously being a fan and being emotionally invested in everything that man did and then getting to have the ability to stand, train with the guy, talk to the guy, go have dinner with the guy afterwards and do it like in a, in a way where it's like, Honestly, Eric, we, we met up three times and I feel like he's my best mate now. I've <laughs> never met someone so like me in my life. Honestly, it's nuts. The biggest takeaway for me and Connor is the fact that I have a friendship now that I believe is very powerful and very special. And someone who I can look up to and learn from. Someone who's done it all in the sport. Someone who's had all the highs, all the lows, all the, the biggest things in the sport all have his names attached to it. And he's, he's the one who's changed the game more than anybody. So to be able to have that friendship, and it's so powerful and it's so special, and I'm so grateful. Uh, will you train with him for your next fight? Ariel, if I... <laughs> I joked about it with the team. If I trained with Connor, leading up to my next fight, the amount of shit that I would say at a press conference, because the energy that me and him had, the buzz that we had together, honestly, it was like we've been friends... For 20 years it was just instant instant fucking friendship instant connection a good laugh and he's just the most genuine real person i've seen in a long time who like he just says it as it is does what he does what he wants and doesn't give a fuck and that's exactly how i am and i love it and he's doing everything in the sport and he still maintained that attitude i love it um and i would love to train him for this camp i would love to have that energy leading up to the fight because it's fun. It's a passion. It's an excitement. And it was a conversation that we had. If you're not enjoying what you're doing, if you're not enjoying the training every single day, if you're not excited to get up out of bed and look forward to the challenges that life has thrown at you, then why the fuck are you doing this? Go do something else. Because there's a lot of other things we can do in life. But that man, the energy that he brings to me, the energy that I bring to him, the fun that we can have leading up to a fight, in a heartbeat, I would travel the world to spend a week with that man leading him to avoid. Was was that like the most amount of time? I, I know, like the, the the famous picture at the um, what was the name of the shoot up? The show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know that. Yeah. I know you guys were, like met back, but like, was that the most amount of time you spent together? Ariel, <laughs> I met him for five minutes in a shoot shop. I talked to Pink. I talked about I talked about getting a photo. I chatted about a new tattoo, and I chatted to him about how I'd love to get into MMA one day. That was a five minute conversation nine years ago. Right. 
I got to sit down and have dinner with the guy. I got to sit down. I got to spar the guy. I got to train with the guy. We then, we met up twice. We met up one day. We did boxing sparring that he shared photos of. We then met up the next day. did MMA sparring. I was there the day he got his black belt. So, I mean, I got to meet up with the guy on three separate occasions and sit down and have a meal with the guy afterwards. Honestly, it was just such an amazing experience, such an amazing energy and I fucking, look, I love the guy 10 times more than I, than I already did because of his energy and everything that he brings. And he's a smart man. We had dinner in the Black Forge. We did. We went and had dinner in the Black Did you have the steak on the stone? Did you have the steak on the stone? The infant? I'm vegan. Ah, I'm black-based. Okay. I, I had the leek and potato soup. I was delicious. But my, my strength and conditioning coach did. And Connor had it in front of me. And look, it looked good. They enjoyed it. And that's what matters. But I tell you what, that's a buzz, that place. The Black Forge is a buzz. And to be able to to be there with the man himself and, and the whole family. Like, we brought little baby Leo. Baby Leo fell asleep on the beanbag. Uh-huh. We all chatted about, like, business, about fucking pleasure, work, everything. We talked about so much. And it was just an amazing experience, and I'm very, very grateful to be able to be in that position. By the way, have you always been a vegan? I've, I So I made the move to be plant-based a year now, a year fully. Oh, wow. And, and, and I made that move towards being plant-based about two years ago. I made it, I didn't want to do it straight away and put my body through a lot of stuff. So yeah, for the last two years, I've been focusing on being plant-based. Um, and the reasons, the reason, health, immune, immune system, to give my body the absolute best chance of being the best competitor that I possibly can be, to give my body the best chance of, of dealing with stress during weight cuts, to dealing with what everything that the fight game brings. And I have proven in the last three fights that it's working. Mm. And I'm excited to become a champion, plant based. I'm excited to become a double champ, like you said at the start of the show, plant yeah. based. I'm excited for it. And it's it's a move that I'm very, very blessed to have the knowledge about because the thing is, it's growing up, I didn't know the knowledge behind being plant based, being vegan. I didn't have this interest, I didn't have this understanding. I grew up on chicken and chips and I grew up on steak and potatoes. That was it. A pizza in the oven. Now I've had the ability to travel the world and understand different countries, different cultures, different foods, tastes, and understand the way the world works. And my palate has definitely changed and my, my understanding for what food can do for your body and how it can help you reach an elite level is massively underrated in the world. So I'm excited to go on my own journey and prove to the world just how powerful plant-based is. Before I let you go, I'm just curious. Um, it's been it's been like a mixed bag as far as Irish MMA is concerned because on the one hand, there's an influx of new talent, right? <laughs> but on the other hand, yeah. there's only one person winning. And unfortunately, once again, <laughs> this, we- this weekend, uh, Kiefer Crosby lost in his debut. And uh, the weekend before, we had two losses. And you know, a lot of these are tough matchups. Some of them are short notice. But but in the end, they're not producing wins. What is your take on the current state of Irish MMA, and in particular in the UFC? I said this a while ago, and I'll say it again. As long as Irish MMA has made, Irish MMA is booming. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing in the world. There was only one Connor. And look what he did. Look at the fucking chaos that he caused. It only takes one person to fuel the energy behind a whole nation, to get that excitement. We don't need 12. We don't need 20. We just need one, an aerial. 
you said it yourself. I think it was, um, do you want to repeat it yourself? Ian Gary is the future. Irish dream. Oh, the Irish dream. No, yeah, Irish that's, right. that's right. Yes, yes. I'm yes. the Irish dream. That's all that matters. As long as I'm representing Ireland, as long as I step into that octagon, we've got someone flying the tricolor and we've got someone doing it for Irish MMA. That's what matters most. I am carrying that flag and I am doing the heavy lifting. All I need and all I, all I ask of the guys that are coming behind me is just go out there and enjoy the process. I'll do all the heavy lifting. I'll get them back to Dublin. I'll break into the top 10. I'll become a world champion. Just put on a show and have fun and do what you're doing because this is a very special life that we get to live. Do you- so I'll do everything. I'll do it all. I'll take all of the, I'll take it all on my back and I will carry it all the way to the end. But do you need a couple of them to win as well in order to produce that, uh, that Dublin card? No. No, we don't need anyone once we have me, Ariel. And I mean that. I mean, if you put me and Colby Covington as a main event in Dublin, Ireland, you'd set out on that fight alone. Mm. You don't need any other co-main prelims, early prelims. You don't need anything else. That would set it out alone. Having other Irish guys to be able to win that and show the skill set of Irish MMA, great, cool, that's a benefit. But at the end of the day, we only need one person flying the flag for it to work. Okay. And we've, we've seen that with history. I, I Look at coming. That's all that matters. By the way, we need a uh, we need an Ian Gary and uh, Evan Ferguson link up. Do you know Evan Ferguson? I don't know who's Evan Ferguson. Evan Ferguson is an incredible footballer. He is 18 years old. He just had a hat trick two weekends ago. He plays for Brighton. He is the next big thing. Oh, They're saying he's the hundred million dollar man. He is unbelievable. I do know who you're talking about. Yeah, I do. I know. Who you're, I, I don't know him enough, but I've seen him. He's on, he is the next great Irish footballer, and he's 18. I believe one of the youngest in Premier League history to have a hat trick in one game, obviously. And so I feel like you guys are the, uh, you know, the the next look, great Irish uh, athletes, young Irish look, athletes. I, I, look, any anybody who's having success in any sport, I would always always find interest in meeting up and talking about mindset, about everything, because it's so important. And football, of all things, like to the Americans that are watching, soccer is huge mm. to an extent that people do not understand. It is the biggest and most popular sport in the world, and it is just the amount of publicity and attention that comes with that. As an 18-year-old, getting a hat-trick in the Premier League, my God, I wish that kid not more best, but I, know, I do know who you're talking about. Yes, I've not watched him enough, but I wish him all the success in the world. Dare I say a hat trick in the Premier League, sort of like a thirty to twenty four against someone like Neil Magny? No, a hat trick in the Premier League is a okay, triple win. <laughs> we'll get to that when I put some toys on. Let me get one, let me get two, and then I'll talk about three. And I've said I'll do three. Well, I've been saying to my team, I'll be the first person to go in there and do three. I don't need to weigh two hundred five. I just need to weigh about one ninety, one ninety five, wow. and I can do that with ease. Give me a couple of years, let me build up the muscle, let me get ready, and I'll go in there. And I'm promising you now. Mark it now with Ariel as history. The first time I said it on camera to anyone, triple A world champion. Triple first time. Jesus. All right. We'll see. Next up. That was a very Irish Jason. Yeah, you like that. That's right. That's for my guy, P.T. Carroll. He taught me all the lingo. Uh, much love to you, Ian. Uh, well done. Congrats on the win. Uh, last month, looking forward to seeing you hopefully in December against Wonderboy. And then, of course, uh, first quarter of next year in Dublin. Appreciate the time as always, my friend. Thank you so much as always. And as always, you are the best at this. Cheers. Thank you for that, Ian. There he is, Ian Machado Gary, coming off that incredible win 
over one uh, Neil Magny. And wow, what a scene that would be. Him versus Colby Covington in, in Dublin would be incredible. Uh, him versus Wonderboy, first things first, would be tremendous as well. Wow. Uh, December 16th. We still don't quite know what is going on with December 16th, by the way. Is it going to be Leon versus Colby? I hope. I don't think it will be on the MSG card. Uh, is it going to be Yuri versus Alex? I wonder. Still TBD. I feel like it's going to be Leon Colby. I wonder if they go to Brazil in January, do you save Yuri Alex for that? Wouldn't make sense to have Alex fight uh, for the vacant title in Brazil. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions to be answered as far as that main event. I, I, I kind of, like some people are asking me like MSG co-main or chief support. I don't know if you're getting one as far as like another title fight. Um, I think you might get two title fights in December. You also have Pantoja out there. If they go to Brazil in January, you would think Pantoja would be uh, on the Brazil card in January. Maybe do a Pantoja, Royville, Komain, Yuri, Alex, Maine. That's a solid pay-per-view for Brazil. Um, December 16th, Leon. Sugar Sean wants to return. Do you, do you end the year with... Imagine you end the year with Leon, Colby, Sean, Cheeto, Ian versus Wonderboy. I think a little too soon for Volkanovski. Eventually, we'll get Volkanovski to Poria. I don't think Izzy and Strickland are going to run it back by December. Zhang Weili, not quite yet. Grasso's fighting this weekend. Fascinating times, my friend. And what's going on with women's bantamweight? That has to factor into the uh, the equation as well. But what a time to be alive. Still to come, by the way. Someone who knows a thing or two about the uh, women's flyweight division is Casey O'Neill. Always love talking to Casey. Her picture is right over there forever in perpetuity because she showed up to the uh, media day with a thug nose. We have that picture right here on this. Uh, there it is. There she is right over there. That was in... Uh, that was in February of, was it this year or last year? No, last year. It's been almost two years. Golly, time is flying. Uh, also, by the way, what are the odds in the uh, Grasso-Shevchenko fight? That's what we should be talking about here. Yeah, uh, Valentina's still a favorite. Wow. How big? It's 180 right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Grasso, plus 150 coming back. Bigger? Like it's growing in her favor? Uh no, it's it's kind of a roller coaster. She opened up as like a minus two forty, then she was down to like a minus one fifty five or something, and now she's growing a little bit. Okay, all right. Well, uh, we will keep our eye on that. Someone who I'm sure will be watching very closely on Saturday it is her division. After all, and I'm sure she was watching closely over the weekend. In fact, I know she was because she was tweeting about it. Unless that was someone else on her behalf. Our old friend, friend of the program, the one and only King Casey O'Neill. It's been a while. Hello, Casey. How are you? Long time. What's up, Ariel? Yeah, it's been a while. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you on. Uh, first of all, how are you feeling? First things first, can we get an update? I know you were disappointed to not be uh, fighting this past weekend. How's how's the body feeling? Yeah, I feel great right now um, because, you know, obviously I've been recovering for the last six or so weeks, but uh, finally healthy again. Got the all clear from the doctor at the last... Uh, last check-in, I guess, and ready to get back into training. Super disappointed that I missed uh, Australia, but it seemed like the crowd was good. The energy was good. I'm sure they're going to go back real soon. So I'm excited to get on another Australia card as soon as possible. How how difficult was it for you to watch that on Saturday? 
Um, I turned it off for a little bit because it was hard. You know, I was sad. Um, it would have been my first time fighting for the UFC in Australia, obviously. And I started my career in Australia, so it would have been a big deal. But um, I'm just happy for everybody who did get to, you know, fight on the card. And obviously it was an up and down night for the Aussies, but um, the crowd stayed pretty good and it was awesome to watch. Obviously, we saw you back in March. Uh, the big comeback didn't quite go your way. Do you feel like you're over it or do you think you'll only be over that performance, that result, once you get back in there and get back, you know, to your winning ways? Um, I don't know. I think that I go like between the two. Obviously, as I've always said, like being undefeated was like never the goal. Just being the best in the world um, is the goal. So like I'm not super disappointed over a loss, but I'm more disappointed that I know that I could have done better in that fight. Um think like for the first time ever in my career I just like didn't show up on the night and it was like a super weird feeling I just couldn't like shake myself out of whatever was happening like um I don't know in, in between rounds I felt great and then just when the round would start it would like like shut down almost like my brain would just like not work and the only thing that I could like figure out what to do was like walk forward um which wasn't the game plan either um so so yeah I don't know it's a bit of a mixed bag of emotions over that because that wasn't like me at my best so I can't be like too upset but at the same time I still did lose and I didn't get the big um comeback that I wanted to have and then obviously the second injury put me further back again because I didn't get to come back and avenge the loss. So um, it's been a trying year again for me, two, two in a row. By the way, uh, just curious, was there anything that happened that week or that fight day that made you feel like you weren't going to, quote-unquote, show up? Like, were, were you, did you feel off at all in the locker room, fight week, hotel, etc.? No, I felt great. Honestly, like I had like a really easy weight cut. I only ended up cutting like three or four pounds, which is like my smallest weight cut ever. Um, I had dieted really well. I was in great shape. I just felt like so good. So then um, it was weird. Like I felt great in the locker room even. Like I didn't feel weird until as soon as I like got into the cage, uh, something changed in my mind. I don't know what happened. So um, I'm still trying to figure that out. In retrospect, do you think you came back too fast? Probably, but I wouldn't change it because that was my main goal. Like I wanted to come back so bad, win or lose, like it didn't matter. That was the date that I had set for myself and I wanted to make sure that I got to it and I did. So um, we didn't win, but I still did what I wanted to do. So it's okay. Um, I know you said you you turned it off. I'm, I'm assuming you turned the uh, the event back on on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Uh, you train at Extreme Couture with Sean Strickland. I don't know. Are you are you good mates? Or do you guys hang out? Do you go to In and Out together? How would you describe your relationship uh, with Sean? Um, we have like a testy relationship. I'm sure you guys see on social media. You know, we like to poke fun at each other. I think we're both just really big um, personalities. I guess so. Sometimes that clashes. Like, I actually I like Sean. I think that you know, like he is authentic and he is himself, but sometimes I don't like what he says or what he stands for. So I can't always agree with the guy. What What is he like in the gym? Is he like the guy that we see on camera or is he any different? 
Um, he's a great teammate, you know, like he is always there for all of the big guys. Um, I see that a lot. You know, he'll give everybody rounds. He'll try and help people. Um, people come in to help him. He'll make sure that they get extra rounds with other people and stuff. So he is a very good teammate um, when it comes to like stuff in the gym. And he works really, really hard. So he definitely deserved the opportunity that he got. I was shocked at how he beat Izzy and everything, but like seeing how much he trains and how hard he works. I knew it was always going to be a possibility, but I just didn't expect him to stand there and bang with Izzy and then, you know, come out on top. And just curious if if, if I may, I, I know you have a great relationship with Izzy as well, and you're part of the chosen few uh, with Tim Simpson as your managers, um, or as your manager for the both of you, um, among others, Tai Tuivasa as well. Who Who were you rooting for in that fight? I wasn't. I was like, I really wanted um, Eric to do well, you know, like Eric is also my coach. So I was like nervous and I wanted the team to do well. But then obviously I want Tim to succeed all the time as well. So it was a really hard one for me. I just wanted to, you know, I wanted either way it to be a great fight. And I think, you know, it did deliver a great fight and everyone seems to be okay. And um, moving forward, I'm sure I think they're going to do the rematch. So We'll see what happens after that. But uh, fair to say you were shocked at the way the fight played out? Yeah, I think everybody was shocked at that. It just seemed like uh, Sean might have had his best performance ever. And, you know, Izzy definitely didn't have his best performance. But um, leading up, like during the week, you've seen Sean and stuff. I kept thinking he looked really nervous. Like I'd never seen Sean avoid eye contact and like stuff like that. But I guess it was like a, a game that he was playing mentally maybe or something, because as soon as he got into the cage, all that seemed to like, you know, go the other way. And it was, it was crazy. It is amazing. Like even with the, the, the face-offs, like can't even hold it for two seconds. He's talking and he's moving around and all that stuff. And then when you see him walk out, you think maybe he's a little nervous, trepidatious. And then you see him perform like that. Do you think that was more about what Izzy didn't do than what Sean did? Or was that more about what Sean did and Izzy did? Like, who 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 is the reason for that performance? It's both, you know. Um, Sean definitely showed up. And, you know, you watch Sean's fights. He always has that bully mentality. He always pressures forward and he stays in your face. Like, a whole fight, you have to really put him out in order to, you know, beat him. But Izzy just allowed that pressure and he was sort of like on the back foot for, you know, 25 minutes. So after the first round, I don't know how much he was able to recover either. That right hand that dropped him was crazy. I thought we were going to get a new champ after the first round. It was I was jumping up. I was going crazy. I was like, what is happening? (laughs) Felt like I was in like an alternate universe, like Sean dropped Izzy. It just didn't make sense in my head. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that both sides played into it. Um, Israel's corner, you know, they were saying we don't have an adjustment for what he was doing. So I think that Israel was trying to find something in between in the rounds. And I think he was just thinking too much. And I think that Sean stayed busy on his like one, two and just didn't allow Izzy to set things up. So um, I think Sean had a great performance. Were you surprised that the Australian crowd seemed to like Sean way more than Izzy? No, um, like both are polarizing figures, you know, as he is very authentic and he's very himself and sometimes people don't like that. And then Sean is also the same, but people seem to love it. Like, I don't, I don't know, like it at first, when I first met Sean Strickland, like at the gym, I thought it was a gimmick, but that is actually Sean. 
Like he just like says these crazy outlandish things and like some people love it and they're there for it. And sometimes I'm like, what are you saying? Like, stop talking, you know, but um, yeah, they loved it over there. I don't know. Do you, do you get into arguments with him? Like friendly arguments about things at the gym? All the time. We literally fight all the time. About you know? what? Can you tell us about what? Uh, anything. Honestly, it could be anything. Like he could be talking about guns and like stuff like that. Shooting people. I don't know. He just like, he just goes too far. You know, like a conversation will start here and Sean like gets here in the next sentence. And I'm like, what, how did you get there? Like we weren't talking about that at all. I don't know. Uh, the one about Khalil Roundtree, obviously we had a, a little argument about that, about what really happened when Khalil came into the, the gym. But, you know, it's all love there. I still like want him to do well and everything. We just have little arguments, I think, because we're both strong personalities. Can I ask you about Eric Nixick? I, I was, uh, I, he's one of my favorite people in the sport. I, I love how he conducts himself. I love listening to him in the corner. Everyone seems to speak very highly of him. Uh, from your perspective, what is he like as a coach? Um, he's just got this like thing that I've never really had with anyone else, like this motivational way of talking to you and like pulling things out of you, you know, like, um, in the gym at like sparring and stuff, but also in fights, like you see it, you know, he has like a connection and I don't know if it's like from him playing football for a long time or something like that, but he just has this way to like, make sure that you give your all, you know, like even when I'm sparring and say it's a tough round or whatever, the next round is always my best round just because of the pep talk that he gives you in the corner. He focuses a lot on like giving you just like clear information and like short bursts, but he also like makes sure that you know that why you're there and why you're doing it, you know? So um, I think he just pulls motivation out of people. Uh, by the way, back to uh, Izzy and Sean, why do you think People hate Izzy because he is so open in himself and authentic, but people love Sean for those same reasons. I guess they just stand for different things, I think, you know, so I'm not I'm not 100% sure um, because I love, you know, I love Izzy. I think that he stands for great um, things. I think that he's done great things for the sport and I'm not really sure why, but also I'm sure you've heard him talk about it and a lot of people talk about it. In Australia, there is this like weird tall poppy syndrome where people don't want to see um, people where from where they're from do well. Um, and it's really weird. You know, I think that they kind of like clap at people's like demise, which mm. is like really shit. Um, sorry, I don't know if I meant to swear. No, but no, go ahead. Is and I've seen it and I've felt it, you know, like even after my last fight, people were like, Astro, you don't claim you, like blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that it's a little bit about being from there as well. You know, they don't want to see see you do better than them sometimes. You were getting that kind of stuff after your last fight? Yeah, yeah. We I get that win or lose though you know like I don't know if it's because I'm from Scotland and moved to Australia and I claim both of them but I kind of get it on both sides sometimes you get it from Scottish fans too sometimes yeah people are really mean online because you know nothing can happen so I just take it with a grain of salt and don't really listen to that and I've started like being better at the old like posting ghost type ah, thing smart um whenever I post I don't really read the comments anymore. I just post it and leave it and move on. Imagine being an athlete in the 90s where none of this came to play. Like, there's no 
part of your brain that is occupied by any of the stuff that you... I, I can't imagine being an athlete in 2023, having a tough night at the quote-unquote office and then having to read that shit. I can't imagine. Like, I can't imagine what's going on in Izzy's, you know, inbox or his mentions right now. Could you imagine the cesspool that it must be? Yeah, I mean, you can see it. Like, you go onto his page and look at the comments, you can see it. But uh, he's one of the people that's, like, super strong world i'm sure that he's not paying any attention to that um i think that the fight with alex Pereira probably hurt more and look what he came back and did so i'm sure that he's going to come back and you know put on another great performance and everybody will turn the other way the same people that comment that they hate you when you lose comment that you're the best after you win so um you're never gonna win everybody over we'll never know until we talk to him, I actually think this one will hurt him more than the Alex one because the Alex one he had already lost him a couple times and he was winning that fight. I, I think mm -hmm. this one will will sit with him for a very long time because I think he feels deep down inside that he is much better than Sean. Um, he probably does believe that. I don't know whether you know he's just been fighting very very often. Whether he just needs a break, he might be better to tell you than me but in my opinion it looks like he probably just needs a break and yeah. um obviously all that stuff with Drakus that happened had to be emotionally challenging and then he had to turn around fairly quickly and then start focusing on someone else so probably just a little bit of burnout which uh every athlete experiences but he definitely wanted to be on the card and you know, put on a show for Australia and New Zealand, being from there. So I think that people need to give him a little bit of give him his flowers still as well, because without him, you know, who's to say what that main event would have been? Right. By the way, if you're Tim and Izzy and the team, are you pushing for an immediate rematch or are you uh I'm sure they are. Yeah. I'm sure they are. I think Israel's main goal is to be the best from everything that I've ever seen. So I'm sure that fighting for the belt again would be has on top of his mind right now. What about that MMA Hours on Fire song last week? I mean, wasn't that incredible? I loved it. Thank I you. loved Thank it. It's very so, kind of you. I know I already texted you, but it was crazy. I literally listened to that song on the way to the gym in the morning. And then I opened Instagram and like saw you did that song. And I just thought it was great. Isn't that amazing? Now, do you usually listen to that kind of music on the way to training? That's that's like old school Billy Joel. Not really. Honestly, it was like a really weird day. Like I was listening to like, a bunch of random music that I don't really listen to. I usually listen to hip hop. So that's why I thought it was so weird. It like stuck out to yeah. me. Yeah. What kind of hip hop? Um, Everything, honestly. Old school, no school, whatever. You don't have a Just not the, uh, not the mumble rap stuff, you know, like. The mumble rap? Yeah. What is that? Um, I don't know, like all those littles, like little babies, oh. baby and those people that just came out nba young Why? boy those i just don't like it okay so i like, I like biggie i like tupac okay i like school. all that kind of, yeah, yeah drake do you like drake? i know i love drake i love drake people yeah. want to hate on drake all the time here. he was he was just here. yeah but it was 400 dollars a ticket so i wasn't going to that but was that uh did he play in the stadium allegiance stadium or t-mobile yeah i think oh i don't know I don't know which one it was. Do you it was like a big, big you, deal anyway. I'm big into Central C these days. You like Central C? Not really. Hmm. You don't no. like the UK rap? I, rap? I do, I do. Um, I like RD. Do you know who RD no, is? No, I don't know that. I like him. Look up the song RD Flowers. I like that song is a it, lot. Is, it, is, is his name RD, like the letter RD? 
No, it's A-R-R-D-E-E. Oh, gosh. All right. I screwed that up. All right. Yeah. I will check that out. Uh, I, you know, I yeah. didn't think that you'd be an old school rap gal. I didn't think that you would listen to like, really? yeah, Biggie. That's like my dad ever listened to growing up. So I kind of got like forced into it by him. That was his favorite. How old is your dad? He just turned 50. Wow. Happy so, birthday. Yeah. So he's 59. I saw the shout outs for Eternal MMA uh, throughout the, uh, the night. That must feel good, mm-hmm. right? To see them get shine on a UFC broadcast. Yeah, he um he has a deal with obviously UFC Fight Pass, so they put on a card the night before every UFC event that's oh. in Australia. So he had a show in um Sydney last on Friday night, I mm-hmm. think, in Australia, Saturday night. I don't know. It was weird because it was a Sunday card. It might have been Saturday night fights. Right. Um, but yeah, and then obviously he helps me a lot with my grappling show, King's Cup. And uh, we have a tournament this Saturday, so he's been very Wait a busy. second, wait a second. What's your grappling? How do I not know about this? You have a grappling show? King's Cup. You don't follow? You don't follow what? King's Cup on Instagram, Ariel? No, I don't. Apparently not. Yeah. Tell us I'm about hurt. it. What is this? Um, okay, so it's we have two different styles. We have a round robin, which is what's happening this weekend coming in Australia, which is the tournament style. You sign up to your divisions and you just go and compete. And then we also have the invitational style, which Phil Hawes, uh, my last invitational Phil Hawes was my main event, uh, main event, sorry, and he got a massive win. So um, yeah, this will be the third show this year so wow it's called king's cup that's the name of the i I apologize i didn't know i'm I'm sorry i've been trying to be less online as well believe it or not right um right so it's and where is it taking place uh this one is in brisbane the last tournament was in sydney so we're just gonna like keep going around in australia and obviously the invitationals i'm hoping to bring stateside as well um next year probably early next year and will you be in attendance for this no, because of my visa with the United mm. States right now, it's a little bit messed up. So, which is why I also wasn't there in person this weekend, uh. unfortunately. Um, but hopefully, that gets all sorted out real quick. Was it better to not be there, or would you have preferred if you couldn't fight? Would you like to be there or not like to be there? Um, I don't know because I haven't done that yet. Or right. was I at International Fight Week? I don't think I even went to that. So. Um, it was pretty hard. You can't really turn it off if you're there, right? So right. Uh, I'm not sure. But maybe the fans would have made it better. And just like being there and interacting with them could have possibly made it better. Who knows? But why I will you... be there. So I'm going to ask awesome. you about this weekend in a second. But why did you go to International Fight Week? I think I just had surgery on uh, my knee. Okay. I think. I'm talking like when I was meant to fight Jessica. Yeah, I, yeah, not yeah. this year. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought you were talking about this year. Were you not there this year? No, no. Um, I think I was there. Okay. I think so. I remember. I think I was. Do you think you'll fight again this year? Yeah, I'm I hopefully want to fight December sixteenth. Oh. In in yeah. a perfect world against who? Um, I'm not sure. I've been talking to Mech a little bit and um a couple of ideas that I had got shut down, but right. um <laughs> Because I think that a lot of people are booked in my division. It's been moving really fast. Like a lot of people have fights coming up right now or just fought. And a couple of girls have had some injuries as well. So, um, so yeah, it's whoever's going to be available. I just want to get back in there before the year's end. That's my main goal. Okay, so you say that you'll be there on Saturday, T-Mobile, Noche UFC. They're celebrating right. Mex- Mexican Independence Day weekend. And it's Grasso, Shevchenko 2, your division. Mm-hmm. 
What do you think? Does Grasso, uh, does she pull? By the way, I see a person moving behind you. Be careful. I don't know if that's an intruder or something. I see the reflection uh, of someone walking around. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of popped I up. I had to come upstairs because the kitchen was occupied. My boyfriend was making food, but he's now followed me upstairs. Now he followed, but he just it. wants to shine. All right. Um, yeah. Who wins? Maybe one day. Um, I don't know. You know, I think that Alexa would have taken a lot of confidence away from the last fight with Valentina after finishing her. And I think she'll start harder. But I also think that Valentina does well when her back's up against the wall, like when she needs a win and needs to prove herself. Um, so I think that it's going to be great. I think I'll, I'm leaning towards Alexa oh, wow. because I do want to see, you know, our division have movement and like uh, a new girl on top, I guess, would be awesome um, because Valentina did it for so long. But then I wouldn't be surprised if Valentina pulled it off. It is a little bit weird when you have these like immediate rematches and then the the former champ going into the fight becomes the champ again. And now you're like, well, what? Like, was the universe just trying to correct itself there? It, it is nice to see, you know, it happened with Juliana and Amanda too. Like, it's, sometimes it's nice to see the 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 new face going to run. Uh, this is going to be a tough test for Alexa. And then if Alexa wins, like you said, do you go Blanchfield or do you go Furor? Or do you have them fight each other to see who's the number one contender? Or is there someone else that I'm not thinking of? Um, I think that Blanchfield and Fior will fight each other um, just because I think this was a pretty quick turnaround, right, for both girls, Alexa and Valentina. So I think that they might have a little bit of a break. So I think the UFC will want to solidify who's next because I did hear Dana saying that he wasn't sure which one between the two of them would get it. So I think it's only fair to make them fight. Um, but someone could come through and have a big performance and take the title shot away from them. Um, maybe, you know, who knows? Are you referring to yourself? Yes. <laughs> All right. You think one more? We we get back in there, we get on the horse, we win, and we make everyone forget about everyone else. Um, at the moment I'm just focused on one more and getting a win. And, you know, depends, I guess, on my dance partner and whoever it is. Um, maybe if they're a big name and I get a really big win, like a finish, because both of those girls got decisions, I think, did they? Fior and Blanchfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Honestly, I probably am shooting too high here. I probably have more than one if I'm being completely honest with myself. But, you know, the confidence is there. So I'm ready for whatever comes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, will you be at the yeah. gym tomorrow for the big uh, Sean Strickland homecoming? I will be at the gym. Is I think he's back today already, though. Yeah, but is there I like think, is there like a big uh, like does 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 someone reach out to all the fighters, all the pros, and say please be at the gym by X o'clock? We're gonna welcome Sean. Like, is is that what happens when someone comes back from a big win, a title win? No, we all show up to every practice anyway. So mm. usually the. Mm person who wins their fight comes in on the monday and after pro practice you know we all have a sit down and we all congratulate them and have a little chat and they talk to us and stuff so i'm sure that'll be what happens one day you'll have that homecoming that big yeah exactly yeah the king coming home beautiful well it's good to catch up with you again all the best yeah, thanks for having me speedy yeah. recovery appreciate the insight uh, good luck on uh, Saturday watching. I hope everything goes the way you want it to go. Maybe maybe Grasso winning is better for you. Maybe it f opens things. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I could see it going both ways, right? I don't know if either is better for me. Yeah. I just think that in terms of like watching and like enjoyment, I think that the fans would like it to be someone new for a little while. Yeah. 
maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they can tell me. I'm sure that Valentina has a lot of fans that will tell me otherwise. But, you know, it is always exciting when you've got a new person to chase as well for all of us girls. So we've all been looking at Valentina for years and it would be nice to shift the focus, you know, train for something new. Of course. You also have fellow uh, Aussie and chosen a few member JDM on the card for some strange reason fighting a week after the Sydney card, but this happens sometimes. Uh, um, I heard it's because they didn't want to go to Australia because of the, the tax reasons. Ah, they meaning Kevin? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But which is, to be honest, fair enough. I think it's 46% or something Jeez, like that. I really? Heard. Is it that much? Crazy. Yeah. I don't, I don't quote me on the number, but I heard that it's a lot. Wow. Well, that's a big opportunity yeah. for him. So I'd rather fight someone like Kevin outside of my home country as opposed to fighting a lesser opponent in my home country. I would think he's gotten a chance to fight close to home. I think he's from Brisbane, right? So he, no, not no, Perth, 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 Perth. He was there last February, right? Or this past oh. February, right, right, right. I was thinking Brisbane because I was thinking of the King's more, Cup. Yeah, he cares more about the opponent than uh, than the place. I know that firsthand. He was a little disappointed about everything that happened in the last crazy craziness going up last fight obviously so yeah casey a a pleasure as always we still have your picture here just in case you thought yeah yeah, you thought for a minute we were gonna yeah you thought we were gonna take it down one time i think you thought you moved it behind you to under you so then you know i didn't see it and someone messaged me telling me that it was not there anymore yeah and i was and then i put it in a better spot and then you felt a little silly for calling me out I don't know about Sally. I have to keep you on your toes. So. All right. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, all the best. Thanks for coming on. Great to see you. Great to talk to you. And hopefully we'll see you back in there in December. Yeah. Thanks, Ariel. Appreciate it. All right. There she Bye. is. King Casey O'Neill. Uh, great insight from her on Saturday's card. Yeah. She's uh, good friends with Izzy and uh, teammates with uh, Sean Strickland. What a crazy time in the world of MMA. And Saturday should be fun as well. Uh, looking forward to Grasso Shevchenko too. It's a nice little card on Saturday in Las Vegas. Noche UFC. By the way, is it ESPN? Is it ESPN Plus? I think it's just ESPN Plus, the whole card, which is crazy. Title fight only on ESPN Plus. Not ESPN Plus pay-per-view. Not ESPN 2, not ESPN. Not even ESPN U or News. Grasso Shevchenko, Holland, JDM. Raul Rosas coming back against Terrence Mitchell. Christos Jagos against Daniel Zellhuber. Fernando Padilla against Kyle Nelson. Lupi Godinez against Elise Reed. Roman Kapilov against Josh Fremd. Edgar Chárez against Daniel Lacerda. Tracy Cortez against Yasmin Yasadavishis, friend of the program. Josephine Crutzen against Merrick Mann. By the way, I wonder, I don't have everyone. You know what? I'm going to go on Tapology right now. Does every fight on the card feature a Latino fighter except for the co-main? The chief support? Let's see. Main event, yes. Nah, copy love friend. Yeah. Uh, Tapology has Raul Rosas from America, born in America, but has that lineage, right? Uh, next one here, Canada, Canada, Mexico. Yeah, copy love. No, is that the only other one? Uh, Tracy Cortez, but you know, 
Latina, right? She has the roots as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nuts oh, and man ten. to start it out too. Oh yeah. Weird. Why they do that? Uh, they had a few of these are replacement fights. Uh, they've had a holy shit one, one two, two three, three four <laughs> five six seven eight nine fights fall through. Fudge. Yeah. Yeah, we were supposed to have Shavkat and Gaslam, oh, yeah. Rod and Ponzinibbio. Chris Curtis. Your boy Natan Levy was supposed to be on this card. Oh, Jasmine Lucindo was supposed to be on the card. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was supposed to be Kapilov Hernandez. Mm. Should still be fun. Sick yeah. poster. Sick yeah, the poster is solid. Of, one of my favorite posters of the year so far. Love, like, the the design stuff. If you go on the website, like, they have a bunch of Noche UFC stuff. It's... Uh, I got some cool designs for it. Any merch? Uh, not that I've seen, but Grasso's getting that custom belt. Oh, yeah, I that? love that. Yeah, similar to the Yair one. Well, I, I, I think it's like someone from Mexico who's making these belts, but... Could yeah, I think it's a Mexican for, artist. Could we just do it for all the champs? I'm sure the Mexican artist could do it for everyone. Get a red, white, and blue one for Strickland? Oh, my God, you know yourself. <laughs> the people would love it. Um, you know what's amazing? We've been doing the show now for three hours and 15 minutes. Other than Chael briefly mentioning Volkov and Tuivasa, I haven't mentioned a single other fight from 293. <laughs> and I think and I think it's apropos. I have no regrets. I think the uh, the result was that damn big. Volkov did beat Tai Tuivasa in a very entertaining affair. He won via Ezekiel Choke. Shout out to Alexi Olenek. And, uh, you know, you, you feel for Tai that's now three in a row, but Volkov is one of the very best at heavyweight. And uh, Tai hung in there and took some big shots in particular at the end of the first round. That was always going to be a tough matchup for him. But he is in that Derek Lewis, Donald Cerrone, Dan Hooker territory where he's just beloved and he can lose four in a row, five in a row, and I think people would still love him. What about Manel Cape? What a week for him. Golly. He doesn't get to fight often due to some bad luck, but he showed up in a very big way, had the thing with Kai Kair France at the presser, had the thing with Izzy also at the presser, then has the big win over Felipe Dos Santos, uh, fight of the night winner. And then on the microphone, they built up a fight. You know, it's rare that a flyweight non-title fight gets that kind of attention and buzz, but it was happening and it was going so well until he drops the slur and then it gets super awkward. I saw a lot of people asking me, like, what's going to happen? Do you think something's going to... Nothing's going to happen, obviously. And, and Dana's comments at the post-presser, um, in particular, you know, regarding Radke, would suggest that nothing is going to happen. But this is... The UFC positions itself in interviews as the, you know, the uncancelable or whatever the hell word it is, organization. No one's getting canceled. There was once a time, by the way, that people were getting fired over tweets. I just want to remind all of you, the Miguel Torres of the world... Uh, that that was a very famous one, and then he got his job back. People have gone in trouble over these things in the past, but not anymore. Um, and you know what? Do you go ahead? Uh, Justin Taffa with Austin Lane in there. That was an incredible scene. Seeing those two guys, Lane is so tall, Taffa is so strong. Uh, just kind of built like a free. I mean, he's like the second coming of Mark Hunt out there, and uh, it looked like it was going to end prematurely but it didn't and then Tafa knocked him out in the first round thought about walking away doing the old hunt walk off and uh then he was like you know what let me just actually finish this off so a big win for Justin Tafa big fan favorite in Australia speaking of fan favorites what about Tyson Pedro what a story for him guy's out for four years and uh he, he kind of out of sight out of mind recently linked up with CKB City Kickboxing and has been absolutely amazing 
um, since returning. A huge win for him. He looked fantastic. And, uh, you know, it seemed like the pleasure man, Anton Turkali, was uh, stealing all the headlines and what a character he is. And then Pedro came out and reminded everyone that he's just a little bit better. So that was a big win for him. Carlos Alberg was fantastic. Eugene Behrman at the post-presser. Izzy showed up for a minute and then Eugene uh, handled the duties afterwards. Talked about how um, Alberg couldn't walk all week. Like his right leg, he said, was incapacitated. And he showed up against probably his toughest opponent to date, Daun Jung, and looked fantastic. It looked like for a second that he was going to win via unanimous decision. And then they go back to the the tape. Shout out to Herb Dean and Mark Goddard. Shout out to all the officials on the night. Referees. Yes. And and uh, yeah, thank you for that, Frank. And uh, and judges. I thought everyone had a great night. Maybe it's the the morning cards. Everyone's just on their P's and Q's. Uh, but they went to the tape and they they noticed that Daun Jung actually tapped with 11 seconds to go. So it ended up being a submission via rear naked choke for Black Jag himself. Amazing. Carlos Solberg. Uh, Chepi Mariscal had the win over Jack Jenkins, and it was absolutely gruesome. They said at the post-presser that it was just a dislocation, posting up with the arm like that, and it just popped. It was very hard to watch. Um, that, that was one of the, the more gruesome ones as of late. Jamie Malarkey and John McDessie had a fun one, ultimately won by Jamie Malarkey. Nasrat Hakparas fought with a heavy heart after the earthquake that hit Morocco uh, over the weekend. Uh, he ended up showing up and uh, fought pretty damn well against Landon Quinones. He won via unanimous decision. As I said, Charles Radke fortunately clouded his victory a little bit with his words, but did post shortly thereafter on social media apologizing um, for his comments. He beat Mike Mathetha. Uh, Gabriel Miranda beat Shane Young. Veer Beer Naked Choke 59 seconds into the first round. And Kevin Jusset of City Kickboxing hails from France beat Kiefer Crosby via rear naked choke in the first round of their fight. So a big debut. City Kickboxing in the end went 3-3. Three and three. three wins, three losses for City Kickboxing. Over the weekend as well, we had the Gamebred Bare Knuckle MMA card. Main event was won by uh, JDS over Fabrizio Verdum. Uh, shout out to Jorge Masvidal on his team. I think it went up to like 112,000 concurrent viewers on YouTube. Was it something like that? It was like staying at one at seventy five, and then it got up to I think a hundred and something for the main event. That's yeah, I saw pretty, like one twenty two during the main event. One twenty two. Wow, that's pretty huge for uh, for any organization. And obviously, it's free on YouTube. But you know, get the eyeballs on it, sell some ads. Uh, that's that's really big for them to get those kind of numbers on a Friday night. And I do want to give a shout out to our old friend Tiffany Van Seuss, Tiffany Timebomb who retired on Saturday after a big win at the Glory Card in France. Uh, we didn't get the Badahari main event. Uh, it's kind of a surreal scene. He's in the, the middle of the ring talking about how he's not going to fight against James McSweeney because his heart and mind wasn't in things, uh, into the fight after the, uh, the, the, the earthquake in Morocco, and uh, hard to, to question that or to criticize him for that. So the main event ended up being the Tiffany Van Seuss Retirement fight, she avenges a previous loss. Big win for her. One of the greatest of all time goes out with a win. This is like a very rare bobblehead, by the way. I don't know if there are that many of these. And so here we go. Tiffany Van Seuss with the big win. I wanted to give her a shout out. As well, 
Anything you guys want to say about the rest of the card, 293? I mean, Ty with the, the yeah, tough Yeah, it, it, it was tough. Tough to watch Ty like that. It was just such a hard matchup for him. I mean, the size difference was was jarring. Uh, so, yeah, was hoping that maybe he'd have, like, a, a big moment or something in the fight, but, but Volkov fought excellently. Uh, what else? Carlos they, Olberg, seen him go 15 minutes. That was impressive. They got to do Cape versus KKF, right? Oh, dude, you have to. If you, if you book either of them in a different fight that's that's a failure i mean the the heat there not only from the press conference but also in the post-fight interview ha- have to do it the build-up was amazing like the post-fight scene they they went they went split screen there and i was like wow this is incredible like it's rare that a non-title flyweight fight breaks through but th- that could be a main event yeah i mean we already saw him in a main event uh this year i'd, I'd be super down for a fight night main event, cop versus care friends. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, how you guys did. Yeah, sure. Let's do it, man. Um, do we have got? to? I mean, the <laughs> parlay pals are just in the dumps, man. And it's like, it got to be like six straight. Uh, What's happening? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, Frank, uh, you know, unfortunately with the Jack Jenkins, uh, you know, the Doctor could have been a stoppage. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? I was just joking. There was a stoppage. I mean, uh, his arm was broken. Therefore, <laughs> the bet lost. Yeah. Uh, if only someone had told you to go over one and a half, it wasn't an uh, option. It was an option. I mean, you could have taken it, but I mean, uh, I mean uh, Rick. Uh, I think is that four four straight misses for Rick. At least he's consistent. <laughs> I mean, we're in the dumps, dude. I don't know what to say. I've, I've, are we embarrassing ourselves in front of uh, Juliana Pena? She lost last time. Yeah, but we've lost every time with her. I think we're 0-4 since, since Pena joined the Parlay Palace. Really? Yeah. Are is. we blaming Juliana? No, I didn't say that. Okay. I didn't say that. I'm just saying. I just, I, I don't know what you're implying. I'm not implying anything. <laughs> she's ne- she's never been the sole coster. That's true. That's true. If, she, maybe if, she, if just her had cost us all four times, then yeah, we'd have to pass a little blame along. But she has never been the sole person that's cost the Parlay. Sure, sure. See, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, uh, does it feel like as you go up, as you have this uh, renaissance, the parlay pals are going the opposite way? Yeah, that's what it does kind of feel like. Though I, I had a little get back this week. I, I did. What I was that? Uh, okay, where, where, am I getting ahead of myself? No, 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 no. We, we can get into that in a sec. Um, yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I guess we just continue what we're doing here. Something's got to change. We need, we need a dub. Do you, do you, do you think it's how long have we been doing parlay pals for? Like. 14 months. The Parley Boys is the I mean, we've, we've Boys thing. Pals, yeah. We've done 53 parlays. Is it time to switch it up? Are we, like, what, what do we think? What do we switch it up to? I don't know. This is your domain, not mine. I mean, I'm open to ideas. We New York going. Rick? New York Rick, uh, very, is he, is he out? Did he step out? He's very silent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He left. Oh, really? I'm here. I'm oh, here. all right. I oh, believe you. He's back. Do you have any thoughts? Nah, we just got to get on the winning track. Got to have faith. All right. I got Good week to do it, I guess, right? You mean this upcoming week? Yeah, I guess. Sure. <laughs> no better week to do it than this week. I'm just happy I jumped off that. Uh, that <laughs> People are saying that you need to get back in. People are saying you, you I need jumped to off, like, the Titanic. First put emotions like, yeah, I'm out of here. Out. I'm out of here. See you guys. My life has been infinitely better since I jumped off that uh, sinking ship. Just want to let you know. Wow, now it's sinking a sinking ship. ship. Well, I remember I mean, a locker room speech a few weeks ago. <laughs> you don't get off the bus. Yeah. Now it's not Parley Boys. It's yeah. sinking ship. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? 
Uh, all right, over, on, on to my picks. Not not too much better news here. Uh, we do all right. Actually, no, we don't. We go two and four in the singles. Uh, had Izzy in a couple parlays. Obviously, neither of those hit. Uh, Would have had a winning week had he won. He did not. Um, yeah, so some regression, but we can still see the light at the end of the tunnel. I feel a nice bounce back coming on Noche. But I'd say this officially stamps the end of the the hot streak. Mm. We were hot. We had won eight of the last nine weeks. We were we were on a big tear. This time to time to build back into a hot streak. Uh, you know, try and prevent this uh, from becoming a a cold streak. Um, but I didn't. Where was your total at at the end of twenty twenty two? Plus seventy seven. Oh, you're almost point, there. Point seven nine. Yeah, we are, we are almost there. We were closer last week though. Mm. We're bouncing back this week. I feel good about Noche, Noche UFC. Uh, get a nice, go for some Mexican food in the afternoon, set the tone. Oh, yeah. What are you, what are you, what are you, what are you looking at? Any particular place? In, in no particular place yet, but, I mean, something for sure. Quidoba? Come on, man. <laughs> Have a little respect. No? No, I'm not going to Quidoba. I, uh, I was in Phoenix for a day yesterday. I had one of the all-time best burritos that I've ever had. Yesterday. Did I say that yesterday? Yeah. I'm fucking tired, Frank, all right? A burrow. 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 What did I say? A burrito. Fuck, I screwed it up. What was the name of the place? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it I was in... <laughs> no, I, I went to the Filibertos uh, Frank keeps talking about. It's all right. I'm curious if somebody took him to Filibertos. What is that? I don't know. Even know. You mean Joe Burrows? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I had something called... I asked them, what is a burrow? And they said, uh, it's like a burrito. And I said, okay, but it had cheese and sauce. It had green and red sauce on it. So that feels like, that feels more enchilada. And then the person I was with actually called it a Christmas burrito. Ooh. I actually like switching it up, getting a little queso or red and a green and and having it. And some sour cream. You know, like Mexican style. So good. Um, I've been doing a new thing where I'm not really eating before the show. And I have to say, I'm especially. We heard all the crunching and everything. Nerves getting to you? No, you know what? Don't want to have a full stomach. Yeah, I just want to. Be, I don't want to feel heavy. It's nice to keep the butterflies, man. No, you still care. <laughs> uh, I do have to shout out some big hitters. Okay, yeah, but uh, wait, one more thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, continue, continue. Okay, wow. yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No, Alex, Alex has got somewhere no. to go. He's got somewhere Not to go. Not today. He's got Monday night, to be. you know, football. Yeah, yeah. Or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I thought the bro story was done. Please. No, I just had a good burrito. That was it. That was it. I really had a great burrito. I know I was on the uh, campus of Arizona State. What a nice campus that was. I didn't get to go to the Walter Cronkite Center, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you you know about that, Frank? The Walter Cronkite campus downtown? Yeah, yeah, the journalism school. Yeah, I I know. I walked to the school. But you weren't anywhere near there. Nah, I wasn't anywhere near. Uh, Anyway, please, please, please. I don't want to hold you back. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, let's dive right in. Our man Jay Singh, we just keep calling him out because he just keeps in sending insane slips in. He puts $300 on an eight-pick same-game parlay. Uh, goes Carlos Olberg, tie on takedowns, Olberg most significant strikes, Sean Strickland most significant strikes, tie on takedowns, which is crazy to think that no one was going to go for takedowns, but he thought Strickland was going to outland him. Uh, all in all. Three hundred dollars into twenty five thousand, just just insane. So shout out the to Jay Singh. Got to shout out the Strickland betters, man. They 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 put the nuts on the table. 
And uh, we'll go with our guy, Matty Betts. I got a lot of these. Could only choose choose one for each method. Matty Betts, though, $1,000. Full G on Strickland returns, $62.50. Uh, just an incredible call by him, man. Shout out. A couple more here. Mitch Wheeler, 96. He takes Sean Strickland by points. Turns $75 into $975 plus Twelve hundred on that one, insane. And then to round out the Strickland bets, our man Mason Pennington goes Strickland to win by unanimous decision. He wasn't just confident enough in him winning a decision; he called it unanimous. Five dollars to win a hundred. A couple more crazy ones that I have to shout out. A lot when there's these huge upsets, you get a lot of crazy ones. This one did not involve the main event. Parlay all day, hot sauce diamond. Talk about how crazy this is, the emotions that you go through here. $5 to win 1400 plus 28740 Took Chepe Mariscal to win by submission, which I believe originally was called a TKO because of the arm snap on Jack Jenkins, but they say because he verbally submitted, it got flipped to a submission. Then, we're down with that leg. Leg two, Carlos Olberg by submission. It looked like it went to a decision after further review. It gets called a submission. This ticket goes from a winner to a loser. Shout out to him. Insane call. We stay with the Olberg fight. David Sandine, Super Dave. Carlos Olberg to win by submission in round three plus 10,000. He was like, oh my gosh. I don't know if what he saw when he was watching it live. When we were watching it live, I was like, did he just tap? I think he just tapped. I wonder if he saw the same thing because I would have been going insane. Uh, a lot of people were mad who had Alberg by uh, decision. Oh, like, oh that must have hurt. I'm so glad I wasn't. Or if you had, if, even if you just had Alberg inside the distance, I know that was a pretty popular pick as well. He turns five five dollars into five hundred. Oh, I can't imagine the like what it was like when they were going back to review it. I would have whoo pins and needles. Uh, another shout out. Love this. Absolutely love this parlay from Andrew Storms. Andy. Uh, he goes with the Sean Sean Champ Parlay. Sean O'Malley from 292 sits on it. Sean Strickland for this one. Uh, plus 1280 turns $36 into 496 And last but not least, our man, Marky Nude, back at it. Marcus Allen. 20-leg parlay. I know this is blurry because the ticket's so gigantic. He turns a 20-leg parlay. I believe it's a $20 bonus bet or a $50 bonus bet, one of the two, into $102,346. Uh, it didn't finish until this weekend, but he mostly had UFC Paris picks on there. Fareed Basharat, uh, Jacqueline Cavalcanti, Morgan Charrier, William Gomi, Volkan Ozdemir, Benoit saint and then a bunch of just like, I mean, we got the Gold Coast Titans on there, uh, the Cronulla Sharks, uh, Brisbane against Port Adelaide, the Newcastle Knights. Um, got a couple of U.S. Open bets in there. I mean, insane, though. Uh, bonus bet into $102,000. So uh, shout-out to him. Speaking of the U.S. Open, shout-out to my guy, 24 yeah. out there. Coco. Uh, Coco, too. Amazing. Amazing stuff. I want to see the uh, the slip from the guy who had Sean Strickland champ by the end of 2023. That's what I really want to see. Does that exist? Do you think there's any person on the planet who made that bet? Was there even a line for that? Our, our man Jedi Goodman sent me the odds, and it was 50 to 1. 
at the beginning of the year. Could you imagine placing that bet? He, he's <laughs> on a two-fight right? losing streak, and he would have just lost two weeks prior. I, I don't know Harry if there's Kennedy. a person on the planet who makes that bet. I want it. And more than a dollar. Like, not just like a 50-cent bet. I want to see like a... Honestly, re- even like, if you had the presence of mind to spend the time to put the dollar bet, you deserve credit for that. Right, okay. To spend the two minutes... If anybody's got that it. That it took to... If anybody's got it. Like, who's even doing I that? I want to see the date, too, from... It was like at the beginning of the year. Who's the person who... End of 2024 is champion that right now is like Sean Strickland last year. You know what I mean? I don't know. No one can know. How could you know? That's what's so crazy about this. Like Taitui Vasa, heavyweight champion, 2024, right? <laughs> that's like how, that's how like unbelievable it was. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's impossible to predict because this, predict it. this was all predicated on Israel Adesanya having to fight in Sydney and not having the first three options. And no, I know. Pushing for, like, it's just an impossibility. You, you, you can't. Uh, it's, that's it, what make it special. That it's, yeah, I'm with you. The, maybe the, like the, a, I mean, uh, maybe this incentivizes you to throw throw a few bucks on every single option that they've presented. Maybe a, moving forward, a Giga Chikatse featherweight champ, Josh Emmett featherweight champ. Josh Emmett featherweight champ. Yeah, I mean, like, who, it has to be someone that's. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it has to be someone who's on a losing streak, right? Gilbert Burns, welterweight champ. I mean, th- things that just sound like borderline nonsensical at this point. Gilbert Burns isn't that nonsensical. Well, I mean, he at this point, with yeah. the way that welterweight's shaping up, he, he also did just lose a five rounder to Bilal. So, like, Bilal has to be above him. Uh, I mean, Covington's above him. You would think Usman would probably be above him. Shavkat, too. Do you think Ian Gary's fighting Covington in Dublin? No. No, no, I don't. But if Ian Gary does a main event in Ireland, do you think Ian Gary is fighting trip to make in Ireland in the first yes. quarter? Yeah, yes. Do you think uh, he's fighting Wonder Boy in December? Yes, they yeah. they gotta make that right. I do. I Plus do think so. Well, Wonder Boy has said he's down for it too. If I'm Wonder Boy, I'd much rather fight Ian Gary than Kamar Usman. Even though, like, Lord. there's the pros and cons, right? One guy's a lot older; he's coming off the losses, more more miles on his tires, but Stylistically, the matchup yeah. is much more favorable. Who do you think is the favorite going into that fight? Gary. Yeah. Big time? I wouldn't be surprised if he was a decent-sized favorite. Man. He's got momentum. He's a very popular fighter from that perspective, or like at least talked-about fighter. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the line... Remember Gary at the end of last year? like you know, His performances were a little underwhelming against lesser opponent like this year he's in the running for most improved too Dude, like or breakout ago he got dropped by song yeah. in the first round yeah he's lucky. albeit he fought back and, and got a brilliant finish by the end of it but yeah like we're talking like six months ago it was just like man he hasn't really like fully shown out and now these last two performances have been through the roof yeah great year for him he and gary dublin i'm trying to make the trip let me be honest with you guys um Here's the thing, guys. <laughs> That's a bad. It's a, I'm not as good as Izzy. You guys. It's not bad. I mean, it, you're right. You notice Izzy. that every response starts with you guys. And I or actually, here's the thing, or you know, I, I actually feel like that's part of the brilliance as well because I feel like it, it makes you like to someone listening, he's like, this guy's my friend. Yeah, this they're speaking to me. You're it's right. Like, you're talking about Strickland? Yes. Yeah. You oh, guys. yeah, that was a horrendous impression. Oh. <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. It definitely wasn't as good as Izzy. Izzy kind of nailed it. Izzy nailed like, it. Izzy had it. Um, 
you're right. There is a certain disarming quality. There is a certain like every man quality to like speaking like that. Because when you sit up there at the press conference, the top guys tend to feel a little more eloquent, like kind of rehearsed, almost yeah. like perfect. And polished. He does not feel polished at all, which is uh, which is interesting. Speaking of polished, uh, big time press conference on Thursday of last week in London, Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury. Did Tyson Fury's physique give you no. any pause? No. All right. No, come on. I mean, that's Tyson Fury. This is the this story was a, li- of Tyson a little Fury. bit more than. Nah. That's more. How about more than when he was 350, 400 pounds? Yeah, but he wasn't pounds. fighting the hardest-hitting puncher in the history of punching. Dude, he's, he's he's also, he's fought Deontay Wilder three times. Yeah, but he, he wasn't. He actually one. did fight the, the hardest-hitting nah, puncher in the history uh, of punching. Guinness Book of uh, Records, they said. has Francis Ngannou. Yeah, Ford Escort or whatever it was. Um, he did fight the hardest puncher in Deontay Wilder. Also, he's not fighting him tomorrow. He'll be in better shape right. by the time by the time it's time to fight. But to be honest, like that doesn't concern me at all about Tyson Fury. Physique is not it's not a it's not a bodybuilding contest and he is never gonna win that. After this weekend, I'm laying lumber on Francis. Really? No, I'm not just because of the craziness <laughs> of But of, I, I wouldn't be game. surprised. I don't think anything should surprise us at this point. It would I me. agree with you. It would still surprise me. What would be a bigger shock? Francis beating Tyson or Sean Strickland beating Izzy? I think it depends it depends on the way that I think they Strickland do it. beating if, Izzy. If, Strickland if, beating nah, Izzy in a striking battle. If Francis Ngannou wins a a, a, a boxing match, yes, a decision boxing match, I will be ten times yes, more shocked. Twenty times, times more shocked. I'm, I think you're saying that because you saw Strickland beat Izzy. Strickland nice. beating Izzy this time last week was If Ngannou outboxes if, Tyson Fury to a decision, you'll be less shocked. No way. No Please way. Please yes. Stop. Yes. You're stop. crazy. Strickland. Sean Strickland. Tyson Fury. Sagano in a boxing match. Yes. Yes. Please. Yes. Stop. You're out of your Please mind. Stop. I'm being serious. No. There's no, no way no, that any no, of us not. thought that Strickland would do that to Izzy. Dude, yeah. There is no way. I, there is no way that Francis Ngano is going to outbox Tyson Fury over 10, 12 rounds. He'll win seven. Here's what I would say to you. He'll win six out of four. If you. If you believe that that was actually crazier, what happened on Saturday, you should now run to a betting window yeah. and put a ticket for Francis Ngannou by decision because if that happens, it's going to be plus $10 million. Please. Francis Ngannou has a puncher's chance. No chance. No chance that that is, cr- that that is a, a more likely outcome. And Tyson, uh, Mike Tyson. Although I feel like the Mike Tyson thing is more promotional. I don't know. Which is smart. Yeah, I think it's, it's brilliant. brilliant. No, the, it's, it's, it's super Like, smart. do we think Mike Tyson is actually going to be in his corner? Maybe. I mean, it'd be smart, too. Yeah. I just feel weird. Like, Tyson Fury is named after you. How, how do you it, think it John feels... Fury feels about all of this? Not great. Okay, Not great. Why is John Fury... Like, when I see interviews with Tommy Fury, why is John sitting there and at the presser... Talking more, too. Yes. More. And he ended the, the press conference prematurely, the Misfits one. Like, why, <laughs> why does he always have to be there? What do you mean? He's great theater. John Fury? If I if I was in charge, if I was Mams Taylor, Misfits had a Misfits, I I would have been annoyed that he ended the press. It was just warming up. It was just warming up. Half the time, half the time that there's any news out of these press conferences, it's John Fury ripping the shirt off or wants to fight a guy. Maybe it was, but you win more than you lose by having John Fury involved in these things. I would I would have him at every single thing. He's he's the man. Um Speaking of boxing, can we just give a shout-out real quickly to the Matchroom boxing team? Oh, please. We definitely should. I have to give a shout-out to Alex Haynes in particular and the entire team over there. Uh, there's a great group of people 
Tom Cochran is is working over there as well, and uh, several others who I got to meet um, in in Dublin when I was there for the uh, Katie Taylor Chantal Cameron fight. I mentioned this when uh, Eddie Hearn was last on the program. There's a promo that they put out for the Lee Wood Josh Warrington fight on October seventh, which is a great fight, and it's it's Nottingham versus Leeds. They put out a great promo. And I mentioned it to uh, Eddie, and they deserve all the credit. And then today, I see this morning coming into the studio, I've mentioned that Wes Anderson is one of my favorite directors, and I love the style, and Royal Tenenbaums is one of my favorite movies of all time. And then I see that they do a sort of Wes Anderson-esque, I mean, it's not even esque, it is a Wes Anderson-like promo for an upcoming Joe Cordina fight on the zone. This is amazing. I've watched it now like four or five times. And the little details, the little intricacies that make it truly like a Wes Anderson-like trailer, promo, whatever. This might be my favorite promo of all time. And I want to give it the Promo of the Year award, but it's for a boxing match. And I know the purists wouldn't like that. In any event, in case you missed it, and I hope that you can appreciate this if you know what a Wes Anderson trailer looks like and a Wes Anderson film, like the filter... The shot, the camera, everything is perfect. They couldn't have nailed this any better. This is a 12 out of 10. Take a look at this. That is just outside. I mean, well done. Well done, Alex and the team. That is just unbelievable. Can we play that one more time, Sans Audio? I just need to react to, to some of the things because it is just so... You guys can react as well. Imagine if we uh, got something like this instead Okay, of, like uh, this. What's up, you guys? The globe. Even like Eddie like fixing the shirt. What Joe is wearing, and they, they write... Okay, so it's that the map is so on point. The freaking telescope looking at Monte Carlo from London is amazing. This map, the trail, that that camera move right there, Cordina with the wink, the briefcase, the lighting, the filter. Frank, you're a big Wes Anderson guy. Isn't this incredible? Yeah. It's outstanding, right? <laughs> That's all you got? Give me something. I mean, I think it's great. Wow. <laughs> Guys, this is, isn't this tremendous? I mean, the Monte Carlo theme. Yes, I'm 100% with you. Oh my gosh, well done. Well, this is how you get people talking about a fight. I might have to go to Monte Carlo just because of the promo. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Right, now we're talking. Yeah. Uh, Roadshow, guys, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just absolutely fantastic. Well done. I love that stuff. I love when they think outside the box. In fact, uh, we have the uh, Nottingham Leeds Wood Warrington promo. Uh, let's give them all their flowers. Take a look at this. Leaving home, 
doesn't mean you're leaving alone. Leaving home doesn't mean you become a stranger. In fact, wherever you go, they will follow. Follow through the mist that rolls in from the treads. They will march, march on together. Until they meet. Nottingham. Leeds. Wood. Face to face, in the battleground, in the middle ground, there's no turning back. Tremendous. Well done, guys. Well done. Well done. That's how you. That's how you get people invested. That's how you get people talking. That's how you get people excited about upcoming fights. So love that stuff. And by the way, speaking of Wales, uh, which is where. Joe Cordina is from. Uh, shout out to Aljamain Sterling getting back on the horse. He's going up against Nathaniel Wood in a grappling match. Perlaris 25, September 30th in Cardiff, Wales. Uh, so Sterling Wood. Any odds for that yet, GC? For the grappling match? Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> no, all right. I mean, do they not do that? <laughs> not that I've seen, no. Did they ever come out with bare knuckle uh, odds? They did, yeah. They did. Yeah. I mean, they'll probably come out with, with odds for this, but, I mean, it's three weeks away. And what were the odds, my friends, uh, that on Wednesday's program we would have old friend of the show, DDP on. Drickus Duplessis will be joining us. Right. That's going to be something, right? Yeah. Get his take on uh, Izzy's big win, or excuse me, big loss, and uh, Sean Strickland's big win, and uh, the state of the middleweight division and where he goes from here. Uh, uh, Chell was saying that he might be the odd man out, right? Uh, so I'm excited to talk to uh, DDP. Eric Nixick going to join us as well, head Let's coach go. for the new champion, uh, Sean Strickland, and working on others. It's only Monday, guys. It's only Monday. Uh, but, shaping uh, up, though. Yeah, shaping up. It's, uh, it's always big. Post-pay-per-view week, always a big one on the program. So looking forward to that and uh, many exciting things to come. Uh, but I do think for now, though, we're out of time. Got to get home. Big Monday night game. Huge. Frank, where else would you rather be than uh, right here, right now? Maybe at MetLife, but... Let me give a shout-out to my good friends over at the Buffalo Bills for this uh, this little gift that they gave us. What is this? Uh, Fisher-Price? What do we got here? Dawson Knox, Josh Allen, Vaughn Miller, and a fan who kind of looks like Frank right over here. Yeah, with the horns. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Got to respect um yeah very excited about that so we uh we get back uh on the horse tonight the drive to las vegas by the way if the ufc does a pay-per-view on the saturday before the super bowl in las vegas that would be pretty damn big you know uh they did it last year right uh where was the so, super but it, bowl? i mean it was obviously in australia no no i'm talking about like in vegas yeah super bowl in vegas so yeah it'd be amazing they had a show they had a a fight night in houston when when the the Super Bowl was on Fox and the Super Falcons Bowl was Patriots. in Houston, was it the Houston? Was it was it the Falcons Patriots? I think that was the last time the Super Bowl was in Houston. Yeah. Okay, yeah, they had a fight night. I think um, Korean Zombie. Who was it? Korean Zombie was on the card. Uh, was it was it was it Ricardo Lamas? Frank uh, Eric. Who was it? 
Dennis Bermudez. Remember that? February 4th, 2017. Was that the one? Was that? Yeah. Was, yeah, those Falcons Patriots. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh, how about this? In the Chiefs support that night, Felice Herrig beat Alexa <laughs> Grasso. Chiefs support. We, we got to stop. We got to stop. What? What? Stop. what? Stop. What do you mean, what? You come in here and start calling co-mains Chiefs support. What is this? What, this he's decided that he's going to do it. And yes. We're, we're, we're veto. Yeah. No, no, no. Why? This is, this is not happening. I just need an explanation. What is this? It's we're, from boxing. It's, it's from boxing. Oh, it's boxing? Well, and, in particular, it's a very like British it. boxing thing no, because no, we're, we're not no because forward. first of all, it's a little classier than co-main, and not all co-main events are co-main events. Do you agree with that? A co-main not event, not all chief support is chief support. <laughs> no. Penul- penultimate fight of the evening. <laughs> By the way, I like penultimate way better than uh, co-main event. AK, AK Lee original. Um, we call everything the co-main. The last, the second to last fight is not a co-main. Not always. If it's just some like. Scrubby fight. Is it is it definitively chief support? I yeah, hundred percent. So. Chief. What's su- the difference in your in your estimation? No, no, no. And I just want to be clear. I'm not getting rid of the term co-main. I'm just adding chief support to the vernacular oh. because let's say let's say for, for example, let's say the December pay per view is Leon Colby, Sean O'Malley versus Cheeto, right? Yeah. Whomever is the main event. Co-main. The second fight there is the co-main, like. What does that mean? That means that if the main event, for some reason or another, falls through, this one can move up and is a very suitable, perfect co-main. Not all second-to-last fights are so basically only title of that fights. description. Only title fights or big-time fights. No, you know, like if uh, if Connor is fighting Nate Diaz under, he's not going to be in the, no, in he's the main like event. Strickland, Izzy, Connor, Diaz. Yeah, Connor's headlighting that card. Okay, if it's Connor Diaz Strickland Izzy, and so that's title fight. Yeah, so all, only title fights. So no, you're there's, taking there's... away the validity of Kennedy and Zuchukwu Ion Kutalaba last year when it was the co-main event and then became Chief the main support. event. So so Chief support is it was Hamza, the main event of the evening. Is Hamzat and Ka- and uh, Costa a, a co-main or a chief support? Thousand percent a co-main. co-main. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. See? So, not just title fights. Differentiating. Yeah. And then when is it the penultimate fight? Now, of are you the lowest of the that's low? That's lowest. <laughs> are you, are that's you, apex. Are like you flat. denigrating chief yeah. support? Are you using it almost flippantly? Are you disrespecting No, I love it. I love it. No, no. Support. Listen, not everyone can be a main event. Not everyone can be a co-main event. Wow. Taitui Vasa, Alexander Volkov was a perfect chief support. It's so We're talking about the, main. the, second, the second fight of the night. Second, second to last, last fight yeah. of the night is the, the levels are co-main, chief support. Penultimate fight of the night. thousand percent. All right. Uh, you, we could even add another one. We could go co-headline. Oh, so that's... What, what's what's that the difference the between that and co-headline? That's when there's like two title fights? Yeah, it's very boxing, uh, co-headline. I'll, I'll go this. Co-headline is massive. I mean, like you are headlining what, the bill. What is the differentiator between that and co-main? I'll tell you. Um, tell me. Leon Colby would be a co-headline to okay. uh, Sean Cheeto. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't they both make the poster? And, okay, and uh, stick with me. Grasso Shevchenko one was co-main to Jones gone. Okay, you understand the difference? Not co. No, I don't. Uh, Not yeah, co-head. yeah. So, so, so. I it, don't. Let's just say December is Leon Colby backslash uh, Sugar Cheeto. That's a co-headline. They're on the same level. All right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. If if okay, here's another one. Co-main is not on the same level. No, no. Here's the other one. Yuri Alex January 
mm-hmm. is the main event. Okay. Pantoja Royville, co-main event. Okay. Not co-headline. Yeah. These you, are good examples. By creating these tiers, you are now assigning value to fights as opposed yeah, of to course. I mean, where curtain it's jerker. Just, I, I, I introduce that. Not, not that's not could, assigning value. That's just first fight. Right? Yeah, that's second first to last fight. fight. Not everything could be. If Ian Garrett. You're, you are assigning value. So I'm saying. Yeah, this, what, this, what do we live in? Some sort of fantasy system. land here? We, we live in Sean Strickland's MMA objective. universe, all right? We got to be honest with our feelings. This previous system was objective. Now you're inserting objectivity. You know, you're just you're you're deciding what are good fights and what. I'm are not just good trying fights. to be accurate in my description of what these fights are. Not everything is based on your. Based how could everything criteria. be a co-main event? Explain to me how could everything because be because it's the second to last fight of the night. Johnny Eblen, yeah, Fabian Edwards main event. Where are we placing Aaron Pico, Pedro Carvalho? Is that is there a date for that yet? Yeah, it's in uh, oh Dublin. It's it's literally next week. Yeah. <laughs> Bellator two ninety nine. I can't believe you just threw a Bellator example at me. Um, He's going to say chief support. That is a thousand percent of chief support. <laughs> Are you Definition kidding me? Yes, yeah, that support. is the that is the absolute definition. That I might was e- just wondering. By the way, that might even be penultimate. Wow. wow. No respect for Aaron Pico and Pedro Carvalho. This Carvalho. is a problem. You're getting yourself into dicey territory dicey. because now now you're deciding what has value and what doesn't. This is dicey. When Pico this has is, the knockout of the year and then you ask him dangerous. to come on, he's going to be like, wow. I oh, penultimate. penultimate. Oh, penultimate, huh? Here's where it gets dicey if you want to throw it back in my face, but this is the type of person. I, I, I'm, I'm giving myself tough questions to answer. What is JDM Holland? What is it? You I don't know. I, I I don't know. This is this is what I'm thinking about right now. See, now that you've created the co-headline yeah. here, you're going to say that's co-main because but you've given yourself an out. Then to... you need to you need to put the value at the of the card in. You know, you have to put that in respect. I, I think that's a co-main for, for team. Here's a here's a question: Are there going to be main events that you don't even consider a main event? Are you even going to give them main event status? Are there going to be certain apex Has cards that you be. can't even call it a main event? In, in the grander scheme of the sport, yes. But ultimately, I'm a purist in the sense that the last fight has to be the main event. So the second to last doesn't even have to no, be co-main? No. no. This, this no. logic is not tracked. No. This be- logic no. is not tracked. <laughs> yes. No. Nope. Yes. Nope. Because the main event is an honor. It's a poster. It's, it's, it's you know, a little more media. Second to last fight isn't always main event worthy. It doesn't have to be. It has to be co-main event worthy. There's... There's co-headline. There's co-main event. <laughs> Grand Dawson, Bobby Green. Oh, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Joe Pfeiffer, <laughs> Abdul Razak you, you, You've selected that main event has objectivity and no subjectivity. Chief support? Yeah. Wow, for our guy Pfeiffer? No, no. By the way, chief support is, is a term of endearment. It's, it's not only the third highest out of four, you know? Listen, if you want me to alter my, my take on main event, uh, I'm okay with going with like, uh, I think you need to alter your take on main event if you're gonna if you're gonna introduce obje- yeah, uh, right. subjectivity right. into yeah, it. Tier okay. System. You cannot. Headli- okay, main event headliner. Big difference between main event and headliner. Sure, I don't agree, but sure. Uh, just I will like grant you. okay, so grant so, you. so 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 what was the last one? You, so so Grant Dawson versus Sadiq Youssef. No, Sadiq no, Youssef Grant versus Dawson, Bobby Green. Grant Dawson Bobby, Bobby Green is a headliner for an Apex card. So headliner. Wait a minute. Co-headliner is above co-main event, but headliner is above. I mean, uh, co- yeah, uh, main yeah. event is above headliner. See, this, not, this not is all, all out of whack. Not all this labels. Is all out of whack. Headliner. Okay, I like that. I like. Can that. We go back to the the original gripe that you guys had. What's so bad about chief support? 
It's it a, just it's just the way you force yeah, it. I don't without, <laughs> without any explanation. You're overdoing it. You're, overdoing you're like it. the guy that that comes up with some new slang term and fits it into the hundred percent nailed it. You know what? GC just nailed that. You know what? It, it, that's rich, and I don't expect you to know this because you weren't around. For, but rich from you, Rick. You were in that chair, different place, when I introduced People's Main Event into the lexicon. I introduced it. I go made it up. Go, go back to it because that's the better one. No, no, no. No, but you didn't make up chief support. I, f- I forced it into the lexicon, and yeah. now I'm forcing this into the lexicon. And soon you'll go on it's, Urban it's Dictionary, thing. and you'll it's, see chief support, yeah. and you'll see Ari Hawani introduce this. And it's, soon it'll it's be the Joe Martinez saying, like, time now for the chief support of the Ar- evening. Ariel Hawani introduced this to MMA as a tiered system where it is under co-main yes. and underneath yes. co-headline, yes. but above... Uh, penultimate fight of the. Of this the- is something I'm glad we addressed it on the show. This was something that you know, if we let it go on, was long this enough, was this becoming a thing? Kind of, Were you we guys talking? Say, we started saying it behind the scenes. We're like, why does he keep saying chief support? What is that? Like, is that his new thing? And then it goes on for weeks before we finally ask you about it. Uh, I'm glad we nipped this in the bud and we have the tier system. Mm. Uh, I also love you using nip this in the bud properly. That just got that popped me. Bud, like yeah, that. D not T T. Um, like Glamro, put it on the poll, okay? What do you like better? <laughs> <laughs> uh, chief support or Comey? I mean, I like it. I actually, I actually feel very good about myself when I say it. I actually like the tier system. Okay, I, I agree. Not all Comeys are created. Here's my. Here's I, I. I'd rather just scrap it all. Why do we have to have tiers for the second rate fight, main event, and that's it? I don't care about. That. Okay, so you agree with me ultimately? No, I. I don't. You're Maybe you're they're... you're shading in different levels of the second fight. I don't care. If you're not the last fight of the night, you ain't nothing. That's it. Wow. You ain't nothing. Zero. Wow. So wait. Not so, worth, so, so, not worth so, so JDM Holland. Not nothing. worth the title. Wow. wow. Not worth the, title. The, f- the fight that happened. It's a fight that happened. It what ain't is, even five rounds. What is it worth? The, well, the main we, event is the only one that we need a, a special What about when for. it is a title, though? What about when it is for a title? And that's the second That's the second title fight on that card, and that's it. So you just wow. want to get rid of co-main event altogether? There's Jesus. no. Why do we need a distinction for the second fight? I feel like we're kind of saying the same thing here. No, uh, no. You're you're adding six different <laughs> tiers of four, distinction. It's only four tiers. I'm I'm cutting them all out. What do we care? You're not last. You ain't. You, it doesn't matter. Main event. That's it. I really main event. I I really I'm uh, actually a little bit surprised. Frank, can you be the voice of reason here? Chief support, like yay or nay? Having the tears. He's just leaned back, texting. Makes everything. <laughs> are you? I mean, you guys are literally going at each other, and you brought this up last week. What the chief support? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you brought it up on the Wednesday you did. show. You said you were going to do it. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was there. By the way, no one stopped me when I said it. Right. We, yeah, this could have been a to, Con- chat. Oh, to Connor's point. To Connor's oh, point, you're 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 forcing. You're forcing now. Yeah, you're not letting it happen. I'm not forcing not anything. It. I saw. Well, I don't even know how it came up. I saw something. I was like, oh, this is the chief support. And then you were also just like Saturday night's chief support. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Us and Alexander Volkov. You, you corrected were... yourself. You were reading yeah. something. You're like, Come, I mean, chief support. No, I did not do that. Yeah. <laughs> Earlier today. You're such a liar. I'm going to find the clip. Oh, my God. Um, I'm looking at for... the chat here, but they're all talking about a football game. I don't know what they're talking about in the Smart, chat. Smart, honestly. Yeah. I was bad for all those chief support fighters out there. That sucks. No. Oh, thanks, Alex. Quality content right here. Can't tell if he's being facetious or not. What does it say? He just says quality content. That's it. Nice. But they're talking about kicking a ball. I don't know what's going on in this chat. What a crap chat we have going on right here. Can you guys step they, up your they game? They are engaged in wow. a conversation. No Let them love. be. No, I'm just saying. Like you guys are talking are they about the chief support of chats right now, or no. maybe penultimate. <laughs> no, penultimate they're, they're legit talking about. Is there a football game going on? Oh, is there soccer going on right now? 
they're allowed to talk what they want to talk about. You tell me, man. I mean, yeah, you I could just I, talk about I'm random the wrong, stuff. I'm the wrong one. Oh, they are a community. Chief supporters, no whack, Ariel. Now they're starting to. Uh, wow, now chief supporters, whack. Yeah, now that they got your eyes, <laughs> you they're the gonna let you have it. Uh, all right, is uh, Wales playing? Croatia beat Armenia. Oh, now I get it. Rugby World Cup. Oh, rugby. World oh, wow. Cup. Not even football. Wow, moderator Lewis turning on me, huh? What do you say? Mm. Chief support is a bit tryhard. Sorry, Ariel. Love you. Wow, a bit tryhard. Wow, I par mean, for the course. Moderator, moderator Lewis, Lewis left us high and dry. He's out of the moderator the game. Wow. Turned his back on me. That's rough. Wow. Once, but twice this past week. We're not even going to give him a send-off. We're just going to bury him. That's how. I mean, doing. he just buried me. <laughs> he just buried me. Have you guys been watching the Rugby World Cup? No. No. I didn't even know what was going on until are, ta- yeah, are we in it? seconds ago. Is the U.S. Uh, in it? Mm, I don't think so. Then I watched a little bit of it. England against... Um, Wait a minute. We've gone this long. We haven't even talked about Canada defeating the U.S.? Oh, I said it at the very top of the show. Oh, oh. okay. I missed oh, that. Oh, it was huge. I mean, we, I, I, I wish I could do a 30-minute segment. I love this whole thing. It's like, oh, LeBron is, uh, he's gathering Cap, the you Avengers. Mean Cap, you mean Captain America? He's gathering the Avengers. I'm yeah, all in on this. Yeah, I saw that list, by the way. It's an impressive list. It Durant, is a good list. Devin Booker, yeah. LeBron, Steph Curry. Let, let Guess who's you. missing from that list? Dylan Effin Brooks. Can, on, I, can I ask you something? I have a very serious, <laughs> serious question. I have a serious question. Like, 39 on. points he dropped on your asses. I could give 39 points. For a bronze medal at the oh. World Cup. We're going, for, we're going for Olympic gold. We got Bron. We got Steph. We got the Rams. Connor's, Connor, Connor's you know, speaking with emotion, which I understand, and I'm with him because Captain America has rallied the, the Avengers here. But I have a serious question for you, like a, an honest question. Is this coming from a place that, you're just disappointed that Jalen Brunson was riding the pine every single fourth quarter. Couldn't even. Yesa. I was I was rooting for that. You know why? Because I got my guy RJ, Captain Canada, leading the way. Is he now yes. the best? By the way, I said this last I said this last week. When when Canada plays Team USA, we have the best two players on the court. And yesterday <laughs> that was proven. What do you mean? What, 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 what are you laughing? Ant Evans. Uh, Ant Evans. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ant Evans will love that. By the way, shout out to Ant Evans. Uh, Ant Edwards is not the second best player on that court. Uh, there was a game, just like Strickland is better than Izzy right now. There was a game yesterday that proved that the two best players on the court are SGA and Dylan Brooks. Thirty nine points oh, he dropped on your asses. Oh man! What did he not? Brooks. Did he not? Did he not? The second only, best player. Reason, the, the only reason that game See, went into overtime man. was because Mikel Bridges hit a freaking out of this world shot in the corner with four point four seconds left. You you reap what you sow, and when LeBron is wait. throwing alley oops to I can't God wait. knows who off the off the backboard. Wait. Oh, I can't wait! It's gonna be globetrotters. It's gonna be globetrotters. I can't wait. This is Jamal Murray too. coming to save the day. Andrew Wiggins. I can't wait. I can't bring them. Yeah, bring them. Because LeBron and KD and Steph are coming. Oh, I can't wait. It's I over. Wait. Remember it's this. It's over. Clip this. I will remember this. If we have our team, it's, it's a wrap. It's done. Anthony Davis patrolling the paint as the center. I mean, this How is... How about Germany? Kelly Olenek, Dwight Powell. What do you got? Oh, I got to admit. I got to admit. We just beat you guys, and you guys are brushing this off. That's it's pretty. Up. It's pretty cool to see how, how the far bronze. the different world teams have come. I gotta be honest. What do you mean the world teams? Oh, the like rest the, of the just world. different rest of the world. Like it is pretty cool to see how far they've come. How about Serbia making the final without uh, Jokic? Yeah, like that's just dope. I Did love someone calling Chael and uh, get his two cents on all of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, didn't we say we were about to leave? Like, yeah, yeah. Sorry, twenty five minutes. All right, all right, I mean, Alex is over here sweating. <laughs> He's got places to be, people to see. Uh, th- this is probably something we could have talked about in our post show yes. chat. But you know what? Yes. Do we have any viewers left? Yeah. 
Got a ton. Talking about a rugby match. Yeah, they're freaking not even listening to us, all right? (laughs) What a time. What a time. All right, Frank. Let's go home. Yeah, who said it? Uh, Chris Curtis said it. Welcome to the uh, Sean Strickland era. Who would have thought, right? Unbelievable. I still can't quite process that we are living in this era, but again, it's what makes the sport fun and all the different talking points and, and debates and angles to come about the state of the middleweight division. Like it's it's fun sometimes when there's a title fight and you know, all right, this guy's next. There's no if ands or buts, this guy's next or this woman is next. In, in this case, like there's a scenario where Izzy's next, where Drickus is next. I don't think Robert could be next. Cannoneer is next. Winner of Hamzat Paolo is next. And that's like four or five options. And I disagree with Chael on this one. I like to, I, I like letting Chael cook when he's on the show. When we were doing Arrow and the Bad Guy back in the day, I was, I was, I was encouraged to chime in. And, and, but here he's the guest, so I like to let him cook. I think Paolo versus Hamza was always, especially for Hamza, a number one contender fight. That's what I think. So I don't think that status necessarily has changed. I think it's still co-main. It was a co-main last week. It's a co-main this week. I tell you what, if they give the title shot to Drickus, then it gets downgraded to a cheap support. So we'll wait. In any event, uh, a great show. Thanks to all of them. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to our guests today, uh, Chris Curtis, Chael Sonnen, Ian Mashadagari, and King Casey O'Neill. Back on Wednesday, same time and place until then I say... Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources,